The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Hello, Joe. How are you, my friend? I'm great, man. I'm psyched to be here. Cheers, sir. Cheers, brother. So Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Great to see you. Mm. Mm. Always. That's good. My friend, it's just strange times, and uh, we're both departing this land. I know. Greener pastures. I keep thinking back to when we first became friends and the strange path since from there to here and all our predictions and all the things that we we never would have imagined this, you know, specifically like that there would be this fucking global pandemic that we would suddenly be like. Some kind of like refugee is way too dramatic a word for it, but suddenly just part of this diaspora of comedians pouring out of L.A. Like, yeah. and not just comedians, but just people leave, leaving. Man, well, <coughs> um, I talked to Joey today from New Jersey. I called you know, I called him. He's in New Jersey, and it was just such so strange. I'm like, you're in Jersey. He's like, that's right, motherfucker. Yeah, you know, he's he's all happy in Jersey. You know, he was the last, like, you leaving was intense, but I was still like, you know, maybe we'll stick around and see what happens. And then, like, I'd been getting all these, you know, the problem with me is, like, I get weird vibes all the time. And, not, like, the last I was on here, I legitimately thought a meteor was going to hit the earth. I'm, I, <laughs> I really thought that. So I, I work very hard on not listening to that part of me most of the time. But I was getting this real weird vibe from LA and I'm like come on man you're just like superstitious it's it's probably nothing and then then my wife would say like I'm getting a really weird vibe like we maybe maybe I don't know if we should stay here renting if we should stay in the place and I didn't want to tell her oh I've been getting a weird vibe too because I didn't want to amplify whatever that was and then I got on the phone with Diaz and he's like yeah I'm leaving getting the fuck out of here and that was it yeah, Diaz like, was telling me Burbank was sketchy where he lives in Burbank, my neighborhood turned to shit, like instantly. Dude, it's like, yeah, it's 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 not, and it's not just any one thing, you know. No. It's like not just like some of the stuff I get, stuff had to get shut down, and because stuff was shut down, it got a little more weathered than usual. And it's like the you know the homeless encampments. I was in Echo Park, man, and like I really feel like, you know, like the. Red state people, one of the things they love to tweet is like, don't bring your liberal bullshit here, right? And They're like, right. Well, this, that's where I'm eating shit a little bit because, yeah. you know, I am, I do still believe that we need to uh, decriminalize drugs, that the, yes. the drug policy is bullshit, the way we're handling it's all wrong. But they, there used to be a way that they could get people who are like camping out on the streets. And a lot of the times that was possession of like illegal drugs. And because that that stuff got removed, uh, suddenly you were witnessing like, holy shit, man, there's people who are making like real uh, like ra a rational decision from the perspective of a heroin addict, which is they love heroin so much. You know, that Doug Stanhope joke, some things are better than life mm -hmm. like they love heroin so much. They're addicted to it. They love it. And the shelters that are apparently available won't let them do drugs in the shelters. They want you to kick it. Yeah. And yeah. so that's ridiculous. But now I could be wrong about that, but that is what I've heard is one of the reasons these people are staying out in the street 
is not because they don't want to be in a shelter. It's because they don't want to be prevented from getting high. Yeah. And so this has produced this like situation in a lot of the big cities, which is we're seeing like massive tent cities. And by the way, the tent city thing aesthetically, it's not a, it's not the best look, but the stuff that I began to experience in Echo Park, man, I took, I, mean, I took my kid to the playground, right? And there's like a dude that looks like he emerged from a time portal, from an apocalypse. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about like, you know, run of the mill, like somebody who's a junkie, who's like, I'm talking like covered in like soot, like mm. pure dilated eyes, not wearing like, you know, the disheveled clothes you might expect from someone who's been addicted to heroin for a long time, but like wearing like like he broke into wherever the costumes from Mad Max were, like some kind of weird leather vest thing and like like creepy fucking cut off shorts, and he had a, a machete. Oh jeez! And he's Christ. throwing it into the ground of the playground and pulling it out like he's practicing throwing a machete. I'm with my fucking toddler, man. And, you know, it's like, and so obviously we didn't go to the playground, but that was, you know, my, you know, it was not uncommon in that area to see completely naked people. Just not that that's bad, but not naked like the way covered I, in dirt, wandering aimlessly. Yeah, even worse than wandering aimlessly, wandering with what seems to be a purpose in their eyes. Some of them seeming like they're late. Where the fuck are you going naked that you're late for? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you being summoned? Uh, like, that was, that was, but that wasn't just it, man. You know, it's a lot of other things, too. And it all just started piling on top of it. Dude, I don't think this is sustainable. Living in giant groups of people. I think it's when, it's, when it works great, it was wonderful. Yeah. When, when L.A. Was, was working well, it was fantastic. When the comedy store was packed and restaurants were doing well and the economy was doing yeah. well and the, the crime wasn't high, it's great. But when things go bad, there's no sense of community. So yeah. then there's a sense of like people capitalizing on other people who either own stores or who aren't home or whatever. People who are desperate. There's too, there's too many people. Yeah. If you're in a community that's a small town and something goes wrong, you can kind of bunch up together and help each other. Yeah. Because you feel like you need each other and you feel like you're you're a part of something. Yeah. People don't feel like they're a part of something here. They're right. all transient. Everybody's moved here from someone else, yeah. from somewhere else. Everybody thinks they can go somewhere else and they can and they probably will. I mean, I you know, we all came from you were North Carolina, I came from uh, New York at the time. We all everybody who comes to LA in show business, God, what are the percentage of like how many do we know that are just straight LA? Like Christina Pazitsky, she's straight LA. Yeah. Who else? Um Sebastian came from Chicago, Theo came from Nashville. Did he, Nashville's already came from? No. No, Louisiana. That's right. I mean, Joey, obviously, Jersey. Yeah. Well, it's a gypsy town. Gypsy gypsy town. town. Which is something I've always loved about it. I've loved that element of, like, just this wild vortex of artists and narcissists and people who've just gone insane. And, like, it's a a, a lot of uh, the sparks fly in, in that kind of insane cauldron of identity. All that stuff is super cool. It's it's beautiful. That's yeah. one of the things I loved about it is like the place we all know this is no the place is the place where you make illusion. Yeah. That was the idea. You make things that aren't real seem real and people like to watch that. That's the whole TV movie industry. The whole place is based on it. 
creating an identity that you like somehow monetize or a studio yep. makes uh, monetizes your identity or something. It was something magical and beautiful in all of that. But not, it seems like there's a real emperor wears no clothes thing happening right now, not just in L.A. And by, I feel bad talking shit about L.A. because, man, it's, she's been so good to both of us. Yeah. I mean, this city is like I will. I, always love this place it's not the problem is not the city this is the this i've been thinking about this a lot lately and here's an issue um i am progressive on just about every issue across the board yeah uh gay rights civil rights women's rights whatever women's right to choose fill in the blank pro medicaid pro universal basic income um pro so many things but there's a thing that happens in large cities where large cities are always blue and I'm trying to figure this out because like New York so and I used to think it's always oh, because they're educated You know and educated people are more likely to be compassionate and compassionate people are more yeah. likely to be Democrats <sighs> But there's a balance that has to be achieved and When the shit hits the fan you need law and order and I think that some people who are Democrats who are pro progressive people they don't understand that aspect of human nature or they want to deny that aspect of human nature like when the mayor of Seattle was dealing with that whole six area lockdown yeah. little small little country that they had put up barriers and shit and, and like literally were had armed guards there that uh what was it called again chop chop, chop or chaz right the, the mayor said maybe this is our summer of love like no it's not summer of love some people took over other people's businesses with force like, just because they think the way you think, or they subscribe to liberal ideas like you, like you're a liberal too, so these, this is like your gang of thugs that you have to support when they take over other people's businesses? No, we have to be able to call out everybody. And just because somebody is on your side, you can't let them take over city blocks and just institute their own government and then say it's the summer of love. This is crazy talk. And this is how, it, this is gets, gets cities destroyed. And this is what gets the police defunded. And this is what, what gets people saying crazy things. Like we, we need to disband, release everyone from prison and no more prisons and no more laws and no more police. And like, no. The way things go well is you have to be safe. The only way you're safe is if you have a strong military and a strong police force. And there's something about liberals that don't want to believe that. They see the bad cops, they see these videos, and we all agree, we gotta get rid of bad cops. They gotta reform the police, they have to. But those are not all the cops, that's crazy. You just only see the bad, no one's, t no one's filming Excellent interactions with friendly cops and compliant uh, people. That's not what you're filming. Not going to get a lot of it's YouTube not gonna get downloads. Views, but that's the majority of these interactions. But we have this distorted perception based on what we're exposed to, which is viral videos of cops being cunts. Because there are cops that are cunts. Because there's people that are cunts. And there's who knows how many fucking hundreds of thousands, if not millions of cops there are. The odds that they're not hundreds and thousands of cunts is, is outrageous. Well, you know what I've been doing with this whole fucking thing, man? Uh, because if I get, because, because you know me, the way my mind goes is not going to be like red state consciousness when it comes to that shit. Cause when no. I saw that autonomous zone pop up, I'm like, let's do it, baby. <laughs> Spread it out. Come on. But what did you think would be good? What could good could have come of that? Well, I mean, the history of America is, 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 is this in beautiful yet somewhat like there's a, there's a mania, a utopian mania in the heart of, I think, the American spirit, which mm. is like Americans 
identify with this. It's you know, and George Carlin did a great job of desiccating it by saying it's called the American Dream because you got to be asleep to believe it. I love that joke, yeah. but I love the American Dream. And the, what's so beautiful about it is it's this idea of like I think together we can do something new that's going to be better than anything that happened before. And from that spirit, you get all great innovation that goes across all political right. ideologies, right? So to me, you know, and they always call it, I've always loved that they call it the American experiment. I fucking yeah. love that, man, because yeah. it's an experiment. It's like, let's see what we could do here together. And for an experiment to work, we need to be able to look at what didn't work in the experiment and improve upon it. Now, that being said, it's like, for me, I've been trying to, like, pull myself out of the, even though I, I identify as a progressive, I'm going to vote Democrat. I'm, that's just what I'm going to do. But that being said, I try to pull myself out of that because I don't want to be cubbyhole, man. And I have a lot of friends who are, like, hardcore conservatives. And I know that there is this idea, and I think a lot of the, uh, the idea gets perpetrated by people who are into tribalism, blue, red. Mm -hmm. And so the, the blue people, they propagate a conceptualization of the red people, which is kind of what you said. They're, well, they're not compassionate. Yeah. It's like, shut the fuck up. Ridiculous. Get the fuck out of here. These are some of the most compassionate people I've ever met in my fucking life. They would die for people that they've never met. They Do would... you think a big problem is the figurehead right now, the Republican Party, is Trump? And yes. Trump is such a polarizing figure, and he doesn't seem to have much empathy, if, if any. They no. seem, you know, I mean, that's, it's, you don't know who he is really because you don't talk to him privately, but his public persona is that of a winner who doesn't give a fuck and you're fired. I mean, that's, that's a non-empathetic perspective. And we asso associate people who support him with also lacking empathy. Then you add into it children in cages at, at the border yep. and you see those videos. You know what bothered me more than anything about the kids in cages? There was one video that really bothered me where Mike Pence went to visit. Like he's on the ground. Like next to the cages. See if you can find that. Mike Pence visiting the, uh. the border cages. Now, apparently these cages had been put up through Obama. And that's what's interesting about this whole border wall and border discussion and immigration discussion. Because Obama, particularly when he was running for president, he was very tough on illegal immigration. I mean, he, uh, he said a lot of the same things that Trump said. If you listen to the speeches that Obama said, people believed him and, and agreed with him because it wasn't. A Republican talking point it was just a safety talking point and it was also a way that he could get people that were more like more concerned about the problem with illegal immigration or more you know he could he could tie that up with just saying listen we have to follow the rule of law and you know they they had these talks and they built these these cages they did that during the Obama administration right uh, yeah. See if you can, so here, here's this. So sir, these, these are the guys that fled from Mexico and who knows where else and came through the Mexican border. And then Pence is standing there in front of these guys. So, like, imagine you're a dude, you live in, you know, Ecuador, and you make your way up through Mexico because you have a fucking dream. Like, America is the land where people can make it. Like, yeah. This is a guy who fights in the UFC. His name's Marlon Vera. And uh, he's a bad motherfucker, and he just won this weekend. And he's, I believe he's from Ecuador, right? That's Marlon's, yeah, yes. And he um, talked about it in his, his victory speech. 
He was talking about, you know, how, hey, man, you know, you can, you can actually do it. He came over here. He was talking about it in the Countdown show, too. He came over here. He lived a year without his family, just building up money, fighting to try to get money to bring his family over. And then he brought his family over. And then as time has gone on, yeah. he keeps winning. He's on, like, a seven-fight win streak. And now he's, like, a top-ten contender in the UFC. And he could have been one of those dudes. That's right. See, this, this, this is not – these are just people that are in a fucking terrible place and they're trying to get out. Putting him in cages, like – it just it's a bad look and it's an even worse imagine you're that guy who comes over from Ecuador yeah. and you're in this cage and you see Pence he could touch him you could touch him if that cage wasn't there you could reach yeah. over and, and touch him on the shoulder yeah. he's right there right the fucking guy who's second in line to the the, the most powerful army yeah. the world has ever known the, the Trump's the commander-in-chief that's number two yeah and he's right there in front of a cage and he doesn't seem to care like play this it's weird and I don't know how I want him to to look, but he's not like looking at the people. He's kind of like looking away. He's kind of like ignoring the people. I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Are you supposed to look at them? Would that would that fill you with sorrow and despair? Would you not be able to uh, rationalize and disconnect yourself from the humans that are suffering? When you think about all of us, we're basically yeah. the products of a fucking enormous chain of events not one thing but look at they they have foil blankets man i mean this is crazy shit they're stacked in there stacked on top of each other wearing foil blankets yeah, yeah. it's terrible that it, it, and it's look at that guy he's thinking about his kids yes and, and he's got a family back home oh, I bet. no no his yeah. kids got separated from him yeah that too that's what Could he's thinking too. about Could and and you know the and again man it's like <clears throat> i keep trying to uh, get out of the, like, I, I keep trying to get out of, cause I, I, this is what I've realized. Cause I love flipping through. I go from, I will jump back and forth from like Fox news to CNN, to MSNBC. I'll yeah. check out some Tucker Carlson blast over to Rachel Maddow, find these like, like polar opposites. And what I, I feel like what's happening just as a result of the entertainment that is news is that we're getting a very non-nuanced, uh, we're being told what we are, basically. Do you, do you listen to the or watch The Hill? No. You should watch Rising, The Hill. It's uh, Crystal and Sager. And Sager is a Republican and Crystal is a Democrat. And But both of them super smart and really rational. And they're honest. That's cool. They're honest. And they, they're nonpartisan. And they break things down based on their honest interpretation of what's going on. Yeah. And it's so refreshing. These two right here, Crystal cool. Ball and Sagar and Getty, they are fucking fantastic. And they, I love the fact that they're friends, yet she's left, he's right. And it's not bullshit. They're not frauds. You think her real and name's Crystal Ball? Um, if I, my last name was Ball, I'd name my daughter Crystal. It's dope. Come on. Yeah. You would not name her. I call her. her Magic Crystal Ball. <laughs> it's, it's like, I don't know, Why man. Not? Well, because you do that. And you're gonna like. I didn't even notice it until now because I'm not nameophobic. I'm not name of. My name's Duncan. I, I am name. <laughs> yeah, how do you think? I, I, I just I'm sensitive to names like that because if their real name is Crystal Ball, yeah. be a third grader named Crystal Ball. Have fun <laughs> with well, that. Third grader, you might be able to get away with it, but tenth grade, you're gonna get tortured. By the time girls reach fifteen, hey, Crystal Balls. Yeah, yes. you know, it's oh like God. a never-ending. You know, anyway, the, what I'm the, to me, it's like. The the propaganda, it's propaganda, mm -hmm. and uh, 
the, the reality of it is like I, I, I'm trying to figure out well, what do we all have in common? It sounds like a cheesy thing. And what we all have in common is we want to be happy. Yeah. When I talk to my, my, my liberal friends, they want to be happy. When I talk to my conservative friends, they want to be happy. And then you add to it. Now, this is where shit gets weird. A lot of people want to be a hero. And why wouldn't you? A lot of people want to help other people. They have a service mentality. They would. They want to die for something good. A lot of people really do want to help. And then that's, to me, where the problems start is because that's being subverted. And the way it's being subverted is, you know what sucks, man, when you're around somebody who's telling you how you feel? Yeah. Have you ever had that happen where you're around someone they're like, why are you unhappy today? And you're not unhappy. Ugh. But if you're not careful... You'll be like, maybe I'm unhappy. Yes. And then you then you become the unhappy thing and they've like sucked you into a thing you're not. Yeah. And so for me, this is the danger of the news, is they kind of tell us how we are, how we feel. They first of all, this ridiculous red, blue bullshit. It's like, stop. I mean, every single person I've ever met would i I don't think I've ever met anybody who wouldn't try to help someone who is drowning. I think yeah. most people I meet would are like that, and I think that transcends politics. But somehow they've got us thinking we're all different and separate. And then on top of it, the thing that really bothers me and annoys me, obviously, man, I'm no fucking Trump fan. That guy's a lunatic and he's driving people crazy. But what bothers me, <laughs> he is. It's like. Can you pass that lighter? You're right. No, you're for sure. He's driving people nuts. And, and It's what, just the way you said it. And, 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 and what, what bothers me is that the response from like really intelligent people who consider themselves uh liberals is they're shaming these people they're shaming them they're saying oh they're idiots they're rednecks they're dumb they're peasants the stupid peasants how could you like him it's like how uh, they liked this guy because they thought that he was going to help their families they were fucking they were not doing great economically he they bought into a thing and they invested themselves in it and if they are starting to like it's dawning on them that they succumb to another American tradition, mm -hmm. which is the con artist. This is an American <laughs> tradition. It's yes, American to be yes. a con artist, and it's American to get sucked in by one. Yep. Happens to the best of us. It's happened to me at a Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> we wanted to buy 100 hits of fucking acid. This son of a bitch got us a sheet of acid, convinced us to try to sell it to make more money, to get more acid. We left there with one mushroom stem on the way back to Hendersonville. I've been conned. I know what it's like. It's a very American thing, but it's like... So there was no acid at all? Dude, he's no, he we got we he took our money to buy acid. <laughs> and then he's like, we could sell this acid and buy more acid. And oh. then, you know, we're like, yeah, let's do it. And then he sold the acid, I guess, and then we were gonna buy more acid. The point is like You started a business. What he my friend almost gave him his fucking car. Like this was a very Whoa. charismatic hippie. He was like looked exactly the way you'd expect him, a, a fucking hippie bandana, big hippie beard. Dude, some long... people are good at that and it's weird. Yeah. And they do weird things. Like they talk a little too close to you, they make you uncomfortable. Yeah, they use uh what's just... it neurolinguistic programming. They like they like yeah. they just get you and they know and... how to talk you. You know, when I used to work at Newport Creamery, uh some I'd work the register sometimes and we had lessons on how to deal with flim flam artists. That's what they called them, flim flam oh, yeah. artists. So they would teach you. So we had to uh, sit there and be taught, like how someone will fuck you up, like sell something that costs three bucks, and they'll give you a twenty, and they'll say, "Hey, uh, can you give me a ten and a five, and then the rest in quarters?" And you're like, "What? Yeah, how much is that?" 
And then before you know it, he's saying something else and talking over you, and you think you owe him forty dollars. Yeah, like you're giving him more money. It's like I gave you a fifty, so you give me the twenty, that twenty, and then what is it? It was three bucks, so you yeah. owe me forty-seven. So like before you know it, you're giving money away, and you don't understand what's happening. That's right. Especially when you're a kid. I was like, I think I was sixteen when I was yeah. working there. I was a monkey, basically a monkey, right? And you know these people travel all over the place, and they do this to folks. They just trick them. They pickpocket them. Yeah. Like watching David Blaine do card tricks, okay? From as close as you are to me, I don't get it. I don't know what he's doing. He could get me right. every time. He's right. gonna, just going to trick me every time. He's so good at it. Yeah. And there's guys that are, I don't know if they're at that level, but there's guys at a level that you or I can't perceive, and they'll steal your watch. Yeah. Like there's guys who can get your watch off. Yeah. Like they can get your watch off. I don't know how they do it, but it's a known thing. It's a known thing that guys know how to get your watch off. Fucking guys. I mean, how many videos on YouTube? There's awesome videos of, like, children doing this to people. You could see, like, kids, like, get trained to do Dude. this. It's like they – it's hacking our operating system, essentially. He stuffed a card into my friend Jeff's watch band, and Jeff didn't even know it was in there. And he's like, look, it's there. And he's like, what? Yeah. And he looks at his watch band. He's like, pull it out. And it's the card he was looking for. Folded up, tucked into his watch band. You're like, what, do you, what did you just do? So if that guy's a thief, if he was like some, like, oh, is this someone stealing something? Yeah. There's Bunch a of whole genre of YouTube kids? video. Oh, boy. Look at that. Wow. Little tiny kids. Yeah. They're wow. trained. Wow. They're trained to they steal practice. shit. They practice. Yeah, they practice to do it. I mean, this is just a look. We see this on the human realm, and we're like, oh my God, they're children. You see a coral reef and a little fish come and take food from another fish. It's like just totally normal. I mean, it's not even, this is just part of being in a hive. You Did know? that guy just steal that guy's watch? Yeah. Is that what just happened? I don't know. Bro, back that up. That was crazy. Look, watch how this guy bumps into this guy. He takes his watch. Watch this. Is that what he did? No. No, the guy still had a watch on. What did he steal? You'll never know. I'm, I'm too high for this. I'm too high for this. But I've, I've never seen anybody take someone's watch off, but I know it's a real thing. Like, guys can actually take your watch off. Like, yeah. I mean, like, one with a strap where they do the buckle. It's annoying for you to do. Yeah. Dude, I, like, to me, this is a natural part of the environment we're in. How many things camouflage themselves as other things, take energy out of a system using the camouflage. Mm -hmm. It's completely fucking sure, normal. It's nature. 100%. Nature. Yeah. And so you, you get this Trump. And you get people who fell for it, and now those people are deeply invested in that hip, like magic trick, which he did. And by the way, this is another thing. It's like, look, you don't have to like somebody. Like, I don't like Charles Manson. Yeah. But, man, I do recognize, like, how fucking entertaining he is. You know what I mean? Like, that's a oh, very yeah. entertaining cult leader. Similarly with Trump, not a fan. I, you know, the moment he said he implied you should shoot looters, all the – look, we can go on and on with anti I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying the problem is that, that our tactic as Americans is not supposed to be we listen to the state and get our cues about how to be good people from the state. Our, as Americans, what we do is we have like basic fundamental ideas that are really fucking beautiful. One of them being that we like believe that people have a right to be free and seek their own personal happiness. That's beautiful, man. That's not, we shouldn't have the state telling us different versions of what that is. We, we have to be intelligent and autonomous enough to do that for ourselves. And then from that, like really be a, a United States. And, and like what's happening now is these motherfuckers uh, are, are not unifying us. No. This is supposed to be the United States of America. That's what it's supposed to be. So if you're in a government official here, 
and you're doing a thing that's making it all divided and fucked up and yeah. you're telling lies and you're shaming people for telling the truth. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Whatever you are is, as far as I'm concerned, anti-American, yeah. which is like, man, Americans and, and fuck anybody who gets mad at me for saying this. Americans are beautiful people. We, we both tour. We get to meet people all over the fucking place and talk to them. And, and they're always generally wonderful. Yes, some of them will take your fucking watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but still, still, you know, in general, in general, that you, uh, you encounter very when things were going well. See, this is the thing yeah. that shifts everything is COVID. The reason why everybody's ramped up, I mean, it's not no small feat. It's not just about getting sick. It's about everybody being scared that they're going to lose loved ones or they're going to die or they're yeah. going to lose lung function. You can't work, so you're worried about your income. There's so many people whose businesses are eroding right before yeah. eyes, their eyes. I mean, imagine if you own commercial real estate now. Jesus Christ. And you, you, you start thinking of the prospect of leasing a building that you invested all your money in out to some folks they're not going to have offices like that anymore people are going to do shit from home there's a lot of people that are actually more productive working from home i know it's it's a fucked up time so everybody's on eight everybody's walking around on that's eight right. trying to keep it together that's right and so a guy like trump exacerbates it yeah because he doesn't ever come out with a unity speech yeah it's always like a he's always the strong boss you're fired i'm the man yeah so i mean this is the message and it works with a lot of people it's a good look it's it's like comedy or music not not everything works on everybody but there's a lot of people that vibe with his fucking real cartoonish version of being the boss mm. right mm. but it's not a bring everybody together thing and that's this is what we need we need the guy in the movie that stands on top of the hill the guy yeah. that says we have more in similarity than we do that we disagree with yeah man we're together we're friends most people most of our issues we could work out amicably we yeah. could talk most of our issues the uh, vast majority and we need to not just dwell on those but embrace those mm. like embrace all the things we like we want safe s schools for our kids we want safe streets yeah. we, we want a, a, a fucking a br bridge maintenance so the bridges don't collapse we want everybody to be okay yeah man we want no crime yeah. we want we we don't want unjust prison we don't want people being unjustly accused and then sentenced to life in jail yeah. and other people to work forever to get them. We don't want any of that. We yeah. don't want any prosecutors that hide evidence that shows that a person was innocent. That's real today in 2020. Yeah. They don't even get in trouble for it. Yeah, man. It's right. It's it's true. And I think that the only, the, maybe this is naive. I think we got to get over our addiction to the person on the hill. We got to get over our addiction to the idea that the way we govern is the only way to govern. That's it. And that's why when I see that, what was it called again? A Chaz? Mm -hmm. You know, again, like, like, yeah, nah, to me, it's not it's, to me. What I'm seeing there is at the very least a radical experiment in a potential. Now, it's a temper tantrum by some 20 year old kids who hate capitalism. How old were the founding fathers? And, and, That's a good question. And, and, but, you know, they and, didn't have YouTube. And again, I think they would have formed a much better opinion. Well, the, the whole and this is the other part of it. Like, so I, I keep thinking about and again, man, this is where my case is going to start falling apart. But it's <laughs> <laughs> OK. I don't mind if my case falls apart. The For me, it's I keep thinking like, OK, so what are they telling us now how to feel? They're saying, well, either you're a socialist or a capitalist or a communist. And tell me what kind of ist I am or what ism I'm into. And I keep thinking like, man, can't there isn't it possible 
with all the technology we have, that there's a newism that, it, that no one's that, that doesn't have the first part of the right, word attached right. to it. Good point. So it's like, and 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 so at the very least, if you meet someone who's like, in passionate in a real way not in a bullshit way by the way man because like there's a big difference between like you you know right away when you run into somebody who's trying to tell you how to be it's horrible it's a pre- even even if it's in a light way it's such a it's so dronesome Ugh. like uh, uh, well, uh. Uh. some people want you sick some people want you destabilized and like unbalanced some yeah. one one thing's for sure people don't want you to know who you are because if you know who you are they can't tell you who you are but but you know, if you run into someone who's legitimately uto- a utopian, here we go. Get ready to lose fucking <laughs> viewers right now, baby. This is where people press stop on Spotify, go on to like listen to like my favorite murder or whatever. But I was at Burning Man and I- <laughs> stop, 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 stop. Stop. Hey man, I am sure Burning Man is like everything else in the world. There's a lot of profound conversations, and few of them that want to make you just bury your head in the sand. Definitely, right? and, and 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 but one, this guy came up to you, just getting these great chats, and this guy came up to me. We're just yapping, and he said, "Do you think world peace is possible?" He wasn't being a missionary or anything. Just asking. Just asking. It's a real question, but it's so cliche. That it seems like a joke question that a moron would ask you. Yeah. Isn't yeah, that funny? Like, yeah. The, what would you want more than that? World equality, world uh, financial equality, yeah. world peace. There's like four or five things you would ever say. Like, look, that might cure up a lot of shit. Yeah, that's right. And But to ask it is so yeah. cliche. Like, you everybody's could do it like, Burning Man. You what? Could, well, that's it. That's world a, peace. Well, you know, and that's the other thing. If like, let's say you're at the Venice boardwalk and some son of a bitch dressed like Uncle Sam comes and asks you that, you're going to like go the other direction. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, you're just going to leave, right? Maybe if you get out of Nicaragua, man. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, he was actually somebody who's really into Buckminster Fuller. And I think... That was something Buckminster Fuller put out there, which is like this. This question is very important, because, and you should you should ask yourself this as an individual, because if you think world peace is possible, right? Uh, even if you acknowledge that maybe right now it's not possible, but if you can invent in your mind some technology, some, or even if you can invent in your mind like an X, like an algebra for a thing you don't have the space for yet, but it could be. Right. If there's any sense in you at all that world peace is possible. Then from that point forward, you should be part of whatever it is that's going to make us have that great utopian ideal that transcends American borders. Hmm. And because that's the other problem is the American dream thing. It's confined. It's not the American dream. It's the human dream. The human dream is the intuition we all have that there's a way for us to be on the planet together that doesn't involve blowing each other up. Right. And that's I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I just don't know how it would be, how to get there necessarily. But I think it's possible. And one thing's for sure, whenever you get a Trump or any fucking pundit blowing out divisive shit into people's brains, they are not, if there's like a scale, one side's world peace, one side's chaos, they're dropping, they're dropping their, their pebbles on the chaos part of the scale. And it's like, you why, why do you think they're doing that? Because, man, let me tell you, there's a lot of money to be made in fucking chaos, man. There's a lot of money. I mean, isn't that what an engine is? An engine is kind of like controlled explosions. Do you remember when Trump talked openly once about the military industrial complex? Yeah. And they said they want to go to war? Yeah. And you're like, what? The problem is he says so many other things that are ridiculous. I know. 
If only he just if, said that. If only he just said that. The problem with him saying that is you can go, yeah, 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 but he also called this chicky fuck to horse face. Like, <laughs> you know, he would <laughs> and you go, oh, yeah, that's not that nice. Yeah. Like, he, he had... He had a he had a thing there, like a moment, like an Eisenhower moment, not quite as eloquent. But when Eisenhower was on television, he warned people about the military-industrial complex as he was leaving office. That's to this day like one of the most profound speeches I've ever seen because yeah. it, it gives me a chill because I think, well, this is black and white from how many fucking years ago? Yeah. If this shit was going on then, it's not like it stopped going on. Didn't stop. We see one of the reasons why we're in such a fucked up space politically is because this is the first time where politics have been really exposed to the general public by the internet like you you have a different access to politics you yes. never had before you have real-time things breaking you find out so like if someone like Gavin Newsom said he was gonna take a pay cut he didn't Fox News Princess it goes why and you get all these stories like oh would you have known that before cell phones and the no. internet, you've never known that he no. didn't do that. You would have to be a person who's really into politics. Yeah. And there's not that many of them. Most people are busy. So now politics relies on scandals. And scandals mm -hmm. are what weasels people through. That's it. So the thing about scandals is not everybody's a good person, right? And if you, if you do a lot of fucked up shit, but you own it the way Trump did, people didn't count on the asshole vote. Because there's a lot of assholes out there, and finally they had a king. They're like, this is our king. <laughs> Fuck yeah. MAGA. They wear the fucking sunglasses, yeah. and they talk shit to yeah. Ted Cruz at rallies. Those guys finally had a king. And th th that's like, we didn't, there was no king on the other side. There was no king, the compassionate, intelligent king who actually made sense. Well, that's the sad part. That's what part. we don't have. Think how, how depressing your very astute observation is in the sense that the idea was we weren't going to have a fucking monarchy here. Yeah. That was the whole point. And now and, we elect a monarchy. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole point, man. Yeah. And, and it's like, and again, it's like, look, if, like, if you start playing the game that you're the smart person in the room and that if people disagree with you, they must be dumb. If people have di different ideas than you, they must be stupid. And then you start shaming them. What can you, what all you're doing is creating this like, uh, you're gonna create a reaction to that. And the reaction is gonna be a celebration of every single thing you're with your great, vast, elite intelligence deriding, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, that's the problem is it's like, I, it's just, there's nothing worse than when like people who are legitimately smart, have read a bunch of fucking books, have got master's degrees, have not developed enough compassion to understand that just about every single person on the planet wants to be happy, wants to have a full stomach, doesn't want to hurt anybody, and would run into a building on fire to save somebody. Most everybody, I would say. I would say at least 90%. A large percentage. A large percentage. And these motherfuckers are, are shaming them and telling them they're idiots or they're stupid or this and that. It's like, fuck you, man. You don't know what these people came up through. You don't know. These people were born in their like, houses filled with fucking methamphetamine smoke mm -hmm. whose parents were like, you know, absolutely fucking insane and they still managed to get out and get a job and have a fucking life and pay taxes. Yep. And now you're fucking fucking ass is going to tell these people who didn't have the fucking trust fund that you had that got you into the fucking Ivy League University yeah. that they're fucking idiots? Shut the fuck up. Stop. They're not. And then I'm shaming those people. That's the problem. The idea is like... Every... You're not shaming them. You're just honestly illuminating their 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 current situation. Let's just... Let's I don't think it's shaming it. them. Let, yeah, yeah. It's time to like let go of the whole like snooty thing. It's time to... Also on the other side, it's time to let go of like every single one of these people 
school must be like burning candles to Moloch in their backyard thing too. Like, let's let go of the, all those stories for a second. I'm not saying there aren't people burning candles to Moloch. I've there never, definitely are. I've never I've met seen one. The, the Bohemian Grove video. Is that Moloch? Yes, that's Moloch the Owl God. When Alex Jones isn't and it just an owl? John Ronson's? No, it's Moloch. They they were talking about. Is it, it. Moloch? Is Molech how you pronounce the it? Owl, owl God, according to Alex. Uh, John Ronson and Alex Jones, they snuck into Bohemian Grove. This was when everybody was saying it was all bullshit. And I, I say this many times, and I'll say it some more. Give me that lighter. You got Look, it, Fred. Alex Jones, he's, he's made some mistakes and some big ones. But he's also actually exposed some real shit. And he owns up to the mistakes he's made. They're not good. He doesn't think they're good. The, there's a thing about finding conspiracies everywhere that's not good for your brain. I really believe this. I think that if you go looking for those things and that's all you look for and you look for them all the time, you can get real paranoid and real crazy. And then uh, there's also a bunch of people that are trying to stop you from doing that because you do expose some crazy shit. Yeah. You know, he was talking about Epstein a long time ago. I know. A long time ago. He was saying there is a fucking island and, the, and they take all these rich politicians and, and some celebrities and they bang these kids. And I was like, come on. He was telling me this a long time ago. So he's also the one who told me about Bohemian Grove. Well, I actually watched it. For, that's, I think this tape was actually made before I met him. So he went and snuck in to this place where, like, former presidents go. There's yeah. a photograph of it's uh, Ronald Reagan with Herbert Walker Bush and a couple other people all standing around. And it's like these are the people that used to hang out at this place, and they would put on robes. And they would worship an owl god, an owl god, and they would burn an effigy. And they're playing. And, and Alex snuck in and made video footage of this shit. And no one's denying that it's real. This really did happen. They're, so they're in with these bankers and former presidents, and they're dressed like druids. And yes. They, and some guy brings over something that it's an effigy that's supposed to be a body, a wrapped up effigy. It's also a bunch of sticks in bl in a blanket, but it's like shaped like a body. Yeah. And then they drop it on the fire, and they're all worshiping an owl god. Why is that bad? Uh, imagine if you saw those, if that's what your business is, just finding those things. How crazy do you think you get? First of all, wait. Then you add in vodka and head wounds. Wait, 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 hold on, wait. Go to the vodka and head wounds part. What That's do you Alex mean? Jones. Okay, I got you. A lot of vodka and he had a bad Look, head injury. God damn younger. it, man. When I was in liberal arts school, man, there was this great teacher who changed my life, Sam Scoville. And he, one of the things he taught was so beautiful. He still teaches there. One of the things he taught was... Figure out a way to take in all information and then filter out the shit that's not real and yes. keep the real stuff. And like, you know, Alex Jones is like, let's, yeah. It, I, Some I, of the stuff is real. Take what's real and there's throw a, out the rest. There's a good chunk of it yeah. that's real. Like, I remember he was telling me that, that there's governments using chemicals that are turning frogs gay. I was like, what? What are you talking about? He goes, yes. He goes, pesticides are turning frogs gay. And I'm like, that can't be real. No, there really is. Is that true? Yes, there's pesticides that change frogs' genders. What? Yes. Yes. But some pesticide fucks with frogs' genders. That sucks. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, depends on the frog. Maybe it's awesome for the frog. Depends Maybe on frogs the frog. don't give a fuck because they've never been taught homophobia. Why would they, they care? They don't care who they fuck. The, but, yeah. But who, there's a real thing that... Do, see if you can find that. It's... It's a pesticide that has some sort of an effect, an unintended effect on frogs' genders. Dude, that's another thing that people don't talk about. Pesticides that have been used in, like, golf courses and, like, there's people who live around those. That's a chemical dump. Yeah, golf courses are Pesticide atrazine can turn male frogs into Whoa. females. Cool. <laughs> so this is a fucking pesticide Berkeley that news. changes the gender, or should I say the sex? Is it the same thing? 
I have to talk, sex and gender. Hey, I'm not getting sucked into that fucking black hole, Rogan. You can keep that shit to yourself. But hey, I'll get sucked into another black hole. Isn't hey, that crazy though? Well, yeah. Okay, the, before else? we get into the, that that stuff, I want to say this real quick. Okay. Is that camera on me? Friends at the Bohemian Grove. Future friends, I should say. I just want you to know, I don't know much about you. I know Alex Jones. You know, probably on vodka drinks. I don't think he was then. I think he was sober. He started drinking after all this. Please don't fuck this up. For sorry, me. sorry. So you had an infiltrator. Look, I went to a summer camp. <laughs> we had bonfires. We wore robes. I mean, not like maybe what you do. I just want to say, hey, come on. Invite me, please. <laughs> I won't tell anybody anything. I've heard you guys are pretty awesome. Actually, what I've heard is the idea was to get a bunch of hardcore neocons together and then mix some artists in in the hopes that, like, having like brushing shoulders with artists would in some way, shape or form loosen some people up a little bit. <laughs> and I've also heard you have a tram that connects campsites there to other campsites, meaning you just get in the tram and suddenly you're hanging out with Dick Cheney. Listen, I won't tell anybody. I got a podcast, I won't even tell Joe. Let me in, I'll worship Moloch. I won't worship Moloch if it means hurting people. But I don't understand why people are upset about fucking, by the way, that's like that, you, that fucking Jesus video. Christ. Why is, what's wrong with worshiping? It's, nothing. This is You're the getting thing, so excited. This is the thing that I get confused about here. Okay. It's like, in our country, we've got people who are Christian. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing. And I do love Jesus. I was reading the book of Mark today regarding the parable of the sower. But that being said, I don't think it's fair necessarily to tell people they can't worship an owl or burn an effigy in front of an owl in some kind of symbolic magical ritual that represents the disintegration of your negative energy or whatever it may be i really don't know but that be you know to me that's the other problem that's happening right now is like superstition is run, running rampant i'm friends with lots of witches i know a few satanists and i know a few people who are under the occult and i don't know a single one of them that would tolerate child abuse. I don't know a single one that wouldn't kill somebody. Some of them would kill people if they thought they were hurting kids Not in, and make it so that nobody found the body. Some of the Satanists I know, they would kill, some, they would kill someone probably. I don't know for sure. I'm not trying to throw any Satanists under the bus, but I'm just saying like this idea that we can't have altern alternate pagan religions in our country right. without immediately being associated with human sacrifice or child abuse, I think that goes against the American spirit. It's like, look, because people don't want to subscribe to your particular, like, very popular global religion doesn't necessarily implicate them in, like, something that is truly a horror, which is you know, human trafficking. Right. So to me, this is the problem. It's like, man, we got to be a little bit more nuanced in our apprehend or in our conceptualization of these people. Again, I don't know what's going on at the fucking bohemian grove but from what i've heard it's basically a summer camp for billionaires where they try to get artists in there to like loosen them up a little bit that's what i've heard i could be wrong who told you this is this i, I honestly can't fucking say hmm <clears throat> hmm interesting look man i don't know and i know and have I've you seen, seen the video of the bohemian grove have you seen it the it, the, the the ritual in front of the yeah. owl guy you've seen it yeah dude go come with me to burning man and you will see that oh, every, sure. every 50 feet. Look, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't. If it involves hurting kids, it's a big deal. And if these motherfuckers are doing anything that involves human sacrifice, hurting human beings, in, 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 a, in, in any application of that, of course. Then it's the worst thing on earth, and I'm so sorry that I said anything about it. But, but if I, don't these think, are... I don't think that's what this is. I mean, 
obviously what we're seeing is not that. We don't know what else happens. But what you're seeing is them burning sticks in front of this uh, owl god. And it's like this crazy um, crazy uh, speech they're giving while it's going on. It's, it's really weird. Hey, can we hear some of it, the speech? in the video i found another mm. video where this like stabilized the footage the f oh it's like uh, but i mean before one. before this nobody really believed that listen and now they're, they're lighting the effigy on fire, and everybody's cheering. It looks fun. Stanley Kubrick had this uh, quote once to uh, Nicole Kidman, I think it was, and they were working on Eyes Wide Shut. See if you can find what she said about the elites that he, that he had said. I know I saved it. I can find it if I have a chance to look at my laptop. But it was something about him you know talking about the the powers that run the world and that they all have something on each other and that's how they all can stay together they all compromise each other and that's what skull and bones was about like that's what all that stuff's about so he had a, a much more concise yeah uh, quote on that but when you see something like that you go well I, maybe it's like fun that they do it that nobody knows they do it you know what i'm saying yeah like maybe it's like one of those rituals where you get together your dad thinks it's hilarious and you both put your hoods on you go out yeah. there and you burn the owl or you burn the sticks in front of the owl and what's fun is that you're not supposed to be doing it, and it's a secret, but nothing really is happening. That's also on the table. Yeah. It's possible. But it, it's fucking weird, man. That was weird. Imagine the if there that, was no Catholic Church. Imagine if you are a billionaire. That's what you're doing with your weekend? But imagine if there was no Catholic Church, and there was one video of a mass... Right. We would be like, what the fuck? Right. That's fucked that? up. Ima imagine any religious ceremony if there was only one version of it. Because I, right. I, I'm not trying to reduce it to summer camp fun or even like fraternity games. There's a who knows what it is, right? Well, we just we, we just could, know you can know what it is. Yeah, we, that, they'd have to tell us. But we just see yeah. something crazy. But it's not evil. I mean, what is it? Well, it's for me. It's a question mark. I don't, I don't really know. I know that my just dress weird. My my tendency whenever I have a question mark is to assign malevolence to it, just out of a basic kind of weakness in my own bias. Like right. if I don't know what a thing is, like you know, when you're waiting for the doctor to call regarding some scan they just did on you, you know, if you if you have the slightest fear of death or any kind of bias in you, then that space in between when you when maybe when, we're overlooking this. Maybe it's like their version of Renaissance Fair. And people just want to escape reality and pretend that they live with Moloch, the owl god, and throw a fucking hood over your head and, yes, please, and peace be with you. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be some kind of, like, pagan celebration. Could be, right? You know, and if you look back at, like, the history of uh, paganism or hedonism, or Terrence McKenna does such a great job talking about the Eleusidian mysteries mm -hmm. and the, you know, all these, like, things that aren't really quite as accessible as the main main religions of the world. All the re religions of the world, they have this beautiful 
quality in them, depending on the religion. And generally, one of the qualities that's so beautiful is a mechanism of self-forgiveness mm. and a mechanism of purification, a, a general assessment of the human condition as being somewhat depraved. How many, like the puking in ayahuasca, you're purging yourself from your darkness. The confession booth in Catholicism, uh, maybe you could say in Gnosticism, like true Gnosis, or in Buddhism, like connecting with the like actual reality versus your overlays of reality or you know it goes on and on this is all within each one is this idea of like there's a way for us to ritualistically uh create if you want to be a pure scientific materialist a beautiful placebo effect that gets you to drop some of your neurotic qualities or at the very least reset your intention to make the world a better place. And anything, whatever that, I don't care what the fuck it is, whatever it may be, if that's what, it, what it's all about is a recognition of like, man, you beat yourself up every day. You're so hard on yourself. You beat yourself up for all the shit you did in the past. And, and, and we live in a world right now where there's not much tolerance. There's not much forgiveness. And, and, and anything that allows a, a, a kind of like steam valve from which all that shit can get released. So from this day forward, you're born again. You're brand new. I don't care if it's an owl. Man, go if you think that's crazy, look at like Main Street Disneyland any night. Mm. You've had some crazy shit to watch too. Mm. And some people's entire lives, I'm not being like change from like having a great night anywhere. So, yeah. you know, to me, it's like ritual is not scary to me. What's scary to me, though, it is uh, anything that objectifies humans, enslaves humans, uh, uh, hurts kids. Sacrifice. And so, I, yeah, human sacrifice, any of that stuff. And if that's what's really happening there, I truly don't know, then I completely apologize for no, any defense sticks. of it. It's just sticks. The question is, sticks. was it always just sticks? Did it used to be people? Did they used to sacrifice a person? Did they stop doing it at one point in time? One widely cited Nicole Kidman interview was made up by the fake news site News Punch. You sons of bitches. God damn it. They got me. They got you. But again, does that, it say what the quote is? Yeah. What like, is the quote? Uh, he said that Hollywood's run by pedophiles or something. Like, uh, I found the Reddit page where it was put up. And God damn, they got me. Glad I asked you. Hey, you want to see something real creepy? Can you, Jamie, do, may I ask you to look something up? Sure. Look up the that there's a, a video of a van that was actually used for human trafficking. I saw that. That shit is Terrifying. chilling. Terrifying. Chilling. And yeah. it's like, to me, it's like, man, if we're going to be, it is, there's anybody who is, at the helm of the ship that's fighting those motherfuckers right now yeah. deserves medals. Mm -hmm. And I hope that they never stop what they're doing. I just want them to be very precise in their attacks. Yeah. That's all. Don't dilute your position by getting caught up in something. And again, I am not, I'm, I'm already going to get attacked for this saying like, Doug, it works for the blah, blah. I don't, I, I don't. I'm a Buddhist, and I, I go to Ramdas retreats in Burning Man. But and if they invited me to the Bohemian Grove, I go. And if I went there and I saw that, I was going to say if Stanley Kubrick can keep a secret, we can too. Are you saying you would go to the Grove with me? Yes, that'd I be awesome. Tell anybody, but you know, if you and I were invited there and we saw anything happening that was anything to do with like what people, I would think it would be a trap, and they would be setting us up. They would put on like some sort of fake thing just to make us look like fools. That we talk about it on our podcast. Do you know, man? If we ever do a movie together, that's the movie. Like it should be all of your friends going to the Bohe get invited to the Bohemian Grove. Exactly. Right. Like I become friends with some guy who's like a banker who really likes comedy. Yeah. Right. And then this guy tells you he gets drunk one night. Like I, I know the Illuminati. They're real. The Bilderberg real. Group. It's real. 
Like what? Yeah, man. Jekyll Island. It's a, they made the Federal Institute. It's not even from America, man. And you're like, what? What? And then this guy starts un, unraveling the tale of America. Can I tell you something crazy? The Federal Reserve. Yeah. People in my family used to own parts of Jekyll Island. The, okay, tell the story of Jekyll Island because that's what I'm talking about if people don't know it. Well, here's the problem. I don't know the story. Like, I like I remember hearing some. <laughs> I have shit. like two paragraphs in my head memorized. I remember hearing people in my family had some claim on land there, and that they sold it. And I, since then, I was just kind of resentful because it's like they sold it for nothing. And like, if they'd held on to it, like, you know, I would be at the fucking Bohemian Grove. <laughs> And so Jekyll Island's supposed to be the place where they invented the Federal Reserve, right? I, I went to, there, there's a great hotel. Is that it, Jamie? Does this, what does it say? Listen, this all d disclaimer. Yeah, I got where to look. We're, all three of us are morons. Yes! Okay, this is not... That's one thing that drives me crazy. This is one of the things about silencing people that are crazy online. I can tell when someone's crazy. And part of someone being crazy is you see these crazy people and you go, oh, I think they might be crazy. And then you look into it and you go, yeah, none of, their, none of what they're saying makes sense. They actually are crazy. But damn, that was pretty close. Yeah, dude. You got to be. The thing about people saying things that other people disagree with when they want to silence those people is you don't think that other people are as smart as you. You're thinking that's going to work on other people. If yeah. someone's saying that the earth is flat and there's lizard people that control the sunrise, if that was so – you, you, you'd go, okay. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It wouldn't work. Yeah. So why not let someone say it? So if someone says it, it doesn't work on you. Yeah. But what are you worried about? You're worried it's going to work on somebody else. Yes. That's what you're worried about. You're worried it's going to – and that's the weird thing about COVID because it's the one thing where you're not allowed to do that anymore. Because if you do anything that goes against the government bylines, anything that goes against what the World Health Organization thinks you should do or CDC thinks you should do, you get kicked off of YouTube. You get silenced. Everybody gets yeah. removed, whether you're right or wrong. It's the one thing where you can't talk crazy. You can talk crazy about the earth being hollow. You could talk about beings that are made out of light that fly in and out of our consciousness. Yeah. And that's responsible for all of our ideas. Yes. And you could talk about how there's an application that's coming in 2023. It's right now being vetted by the NSA to make sure that we can use it so we can communicate with the aliens. You can have all these wacko videos where you're making shit up and no one cares. But if you say that masks don't help and what we need to do is uh, get healthier. They'll remove you from YouTube. Well, that's the fire in a crowded theater thing. Yeah. Like you can't yell fire right. in a crowded theater. So, so like the pro, like look, the problem with it is to me is I like have like gone through every single stage of grief over YouTube. Mask is a bad um, analogy. Maybe a better analogy is you can open up businesses as long as you do it carefully. I used to love YouTube, man. I used to love I it. I still love it. Well, what I loved about it in the old days, I still love it. I still go on every day. But what I loved about it in the old days is what you're saying. No one's putting a cork in the champagne bottle. It was so wild. It was it was a museum of madness. Yes. And you would and what was even better is the algorithm was working in your favor. So it's like punch in hollow earth. Yes. That's gonna take you all the way oh, to like deep. some crazy deep, 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 deep shit. And, and never once in all my explorations on, on the early days of YouTube was I like, this could be real. It was more like, wow, look at how all the different versions of reality that people are processing. And and it was a joy. But I think what happened probably is like people realize like, God, like what we've got, like you talk about this sometimes, man, the nightmare when and it will happen when primates figure out how to like use friction to make fire 
You talk about this. Yes. And that's a nightmare yeah. for the planet. Like, you think the fucking shit's bad now. Wait till the chimps figure out guns. Yeah. Just fire. Just, Just fire. fire. Just, Just figure out how to make their own fire. Think, yeah. think of, like, the beginning... The when like if the proto hominid shift into like figuring out a really a, good point. You know this is trouble. Imagine it's a really how, good point. Think of how many people died in the beginning of like discovering fire. Oh my god! How many experiments were done with fire? How many things were just set on fire? <laughs> how many people just burnt? I can eat it. <sighs> I bet you can eat it. Let me eat it. I'll get its energy in my body. <laughs> Holy fuck! He melted his face off. You know, so similarly, like with with the internet, we have this fi- we have this new fire, and like people who are like in the conduits of the fire, or I think they're they're having this really rotten come to Jesus moment where they're like, because I think a lot of these, especially if you look in the Silicon Valley, these people are freaks. The early day, like the people making technology, they're nuts. I seen you that Steve Jobs mm-hmm. thing with him in a commune or whatever. These people are fucking crazy. But I think they're recognizing that like. It, oh, it's like okay. The internet is the new fire. Yeah, and 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 so and they're starting to understand that like because of them, because of their intentional manipulative coding, yeah. because of their deep study of B.F. Skinner and behaviorism, they've produced this hyper seductive, semi sentient information dispersal device that is driving people who don't have the immune system to data that you're supposed to naturally get from school crazy <laughs> that's what's happening and so people are going nuts because it's like well add that with the, the addictive quality of technology those two things together the addictive quality of just looking at like your phone and getting information off your phone and then add it to all this stuff that you're saying yeah man and and, and it's I, a crazy combination and there i think google and youtube and as much as like you know, and I do think censorship's fuck. I would hate to be in anybody's position there because on one hand, you're looking at like a very liberal, very beautiful idea, which is like everyone should be allowed to say whatever they want to say. And then it's meeting like, well, but what about these hyper charismatic, seductive people who like Hitler? Mm, uh, you know what I mean? Right, like, so now right. you run into this terrible place of like, and also we know that there's people who don't quite have the ability to discern what's real from what's not. I mean, but we I, allow, this is my beef, we allow some of that because we allow evangelists. Mm. I heard Robert Tilden on wow. one of his shows. Yeah. He goes, wow. every time you write a check to me, Satan gets a black eye. <laughs> That's good. Dude, it was in my act for a while. That Dude. was in my, I was like, where's my uh, checkbook? You uh, Satan, you son of a bitch. Dude, it's imagine you could steal money that way. It's look, man, I, I don't But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know exactly what you're saying. And it's like this type of con artistry. Also cigarettes. Oh, you know, it's like this type of con artistry. Yeah. It, generally it seems like there's some kind of grandfather clause on specific styles yes. of con of fever, of thievery and murder. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> like, cigarettes like they know they're killing people. <laughs> Imagine if you had bubblegum that killed a half a million people a year. Just bubble it's like bubblegum, but it's just people are just dying. Stop selling that. Stop shit. what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? You're seeing Well, people have a right to chew their bubblegum. A yeah. lot of people like bubbles. Yeah, that's Imagine right. Imagine if that's all it was. It's like you chewing bubbles makes you happy and everybody's dying of cancer. And 
this company's making five hundred billion dollars yeah. a year or something like how much do they make on cigarettes? Yeah. How much let's let's guess. Let's guess. What do you how much what do you think the annual by the way, I want to say this before. This is a box of cigars, okay? Mike Binder gave me that and he gave me that one over there. Another box of cigars. I'm not anti tobacco in any way, shape, or form. I'm a pro free choice person. You absolutely should be able to smoke cigarettes, and I think you absolutely should be able to sell them because I don't want to roll my own. And if I want a cigarette as a grown <laughs> fucking man, you can. You I want to be able to have a cigarette. But cigarettes do kill a half a million people in this country every year. Yeah. Or they're going to die anyway, right? Cigarettes kill them early, or they die directly because of diseases that you can get from smoking cigarettes and their kids get sick dude the worst man kids that live in greg fitzsimmons he has lung problems to this day because his parents chain smoked and they lived in massachusetts so it's smoke? cold my mom did but she quit when i was real young did she you quit ever when I was like six I were think. you in the car with her when she smoked i, I must have been with the she, windows up i don't well we lived in new jersey so it was cold in the winter i'm sure i was i don't think she smoked in the car with her kids though dude do you mind if i have a little oh, more of this fucking thank you drink it all it's man. so good it's uh, i i remember fletcher north carolina middle of winter mm. you'd go down and wait for the bus my friend jimmy fink i think it was jimmy fink his mom would like let us get in her car to wait for the bus it's wonderful very sweet but also, I think, and I'm sorry, Jimmy, if you're out there. I know we haven't talked in a long time. I still love you, though. But, like, and I'm sorry if it's not you and I'm getting confused here. But the, I just remember she smoked and, we, and, and, like, there was smoke in the car. My dad smoked. I would ride in the car with him on trips and he would smoke and Oof. you'd breathe in the smoke. And, like, so, so to me, like, where, and again, like, this is always the problem, which is, like, clearly we need, we, there has to be some regulatory principle in the world if there are people who steal watches, there mean, that means there's going to be groups of people who get together and talk about better ways to steal watches. If there's groups of people who get together and talk about better ways to steal watches, and then we create a way for them to form a thing called like a corporation. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they, 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 you, got, you need to regulate that. That's yeah. why we need regulation. Yes. So, but then the problem is, is like, who does the regulating? And what, what's the incentive for you to regulate? Is there a financial incentive? Yeah. Do what, the regulators get paid an exorbitant amount of money? Let's say you and I start a vape pen company that like is a nicotine vape mm, pen. I and like then what we you're thinking. Start pouring money into people who are against tobacco, knowing if we can make tobacco illegal but keep the vape pens <laughs> legal, we're gonna become the new tobacco. But here's the yeah. thing about vape pens. This is the real thing about vape pens. Some of them are not good for you at all. They're real bad for you. And there's a connection right. they're saying now between COVID and uh, kids that vape. Kids that vape dying of COVID are getting serious COVID problems. But it makes sense. I have a friend who's got a kid that sucks on one of them things all day long. Just just vapes constantly. Kids vape. And these kids that vape all the time, like the oils that you're taking into your lungs, that's not healthy. The idea that it's not cigarettes, so it's healthy? No. It's, there's a lot of evidence that points to some of those companies that make those oils. They don't do it in a way where, you know, there's like different kinds of oils. Yeah. And they have di- the different reactions to the heat. And some of them are like apparent. Am I saying this right? Let's, let's check on this. What is the problem with the different types of vapes? Because I think there was one type of oil that they're using, you know, because they, they have to somehow or another mix the same with the, the marijuana ones. You have to mix yeah. this stuff with the THC in some sort of uh, chemical. 
But there's yeah. different. You can do it organically. Like, I know they've done it with um, uh, uh, coconut oil. I know they've done it with like things like that. It's the same way with hash, man. I think it's like the the way people make hash varies. And some people, there's a healthy way to make it. Yeah. And the, obviously, the way using the most chemicals is the cheapest. And so. There's certain types of hash that you, that I think, are derived. And again, my friends out there, look, I don't know, but it's something like butane. Someone told me this at a at a marijuana store. I can't remember what, but yeah, man, it's I like think cheaper. The concern is the oil. Like, what kind of oil? Like, I know there's one guy that was selling them that with MCT oil. Okay, here it is. Authorities in the Food and Drug Administration and Centers for Disease Control and Prevention still aren't sure what's causing the dangerous trend, but theories range from issues with vegetable oil and vape Jesus juice Christ. to the idea that doctors are just now taking note of a problem that's been percolating for a long time. So, okay, so that was the speculation that people were using. Um, like, if you try to cook, okay, and you try to like sear a steak and you do it with olive oil, you're gonna fuck it up because olive oil is it's not like something that you really um, sear something with. Like, you put olive oil and you don't you don't want to get it that hot. Yeah, olive oil is more something that you'd like to saute with. But other yeah. oils like avocado oil or um, or beef fat. Like that stuff is amazing because you can get it really fucking hot, huh. and it has a very very high uh, temperature where it turns to smoke. Right. So it's like healthier for you. Yeah. The idea. So if you're misting this stuff into your lungs, you don't want it burnt. Right. Right. You want something that's oh, more. Yeah, right. So I would imagine if you're using these cheap. This is again. I'm a moron. I'm not a scientist, but we're doing science. If you're Let's using a vape, vape pen with like some really shitty canola oil and you're getting that burnt spray inside your lungs, like that could be terrible for terrible. you. Terrible. You got some fucking GMO corn syrup bullshit in your lungs. Yeah. You know the haunting thing, man? You go to a pharmacy, right? And you watch as the pharmacist dispenses the drugs. The, how careful he is, right? Mm. Like they are like so careful in their administration of these pills because they know if like... If for one second you give someone Xanax when they were supposed to get penicillin, Oof. you killed somebody, right? So you have to be very careful. But, like, meanwhile, look at us right now, Joe. Did you do a test on that bottle of booze? Or these, I didn't even, I honestly, it was embarrassing. I'm these like, I, I don't know how to light this blunt. But then, like, you don't know I'm how to smoking something called dad grass. I don't know what's in dad this shit. Grass. I don't do any studies here. I just, That's for people who love Steely Dan. I do, I do love Steely Dan. I do, too. They have some <laughs> great fucking songs. You know what I mean? I'm saying, like, the general, like, in, in America and anywhere, the general sense is, I'm going to eat it if you give it to me, especially if it's in a colorful box. Right. And then you're like, it must be okay. Mm. And and the problem is, is like, sometimes it's not okay. Look at thalamide, man. Like, you know, look at like the big moments in history when it was shown, like, actually, sometimes the stuff we sell you. Is that thalidomide? Thalidomide. thalidomide. Yeah, thalidomide. That's the stuff that gave kids birth defects. Defects, yeah. yeah. Or what was that radioactive shit they painted on watches? Oh, my God, dude. We did a whole show where we talked about all the diseases that people got from iridium. Was that what it was, Jamie? What was the uh, radium? Radium or iridium? The, uh, they were using it for all kinds of things, and people's faces were rotting off. Yeah. Literally, well, they have holes in their face. They were painting it on watches because it, it would glow. It was cool looking. But so, so similarly, it's like— They were using it for makeup, I think. Yeah. Right? And here we have the internet. Here we have the fucking internet. Suddenly, we have a hyper—a way to, like, super connect with every single person on the planet, but not just connect with every person on the planet. We have an artificial intelligence— based on a neural network, I don't understand how it works, suggesting who you should connect with 
You know what I mean? It's like, is the internet the thalidomide, technological thalidomide? Are we looking at a I think so. Is that what we were dealing yeah. with right now? And like, I think we're on a spaceship and we haven't quite figured out how to slow it down or where the brakes are or how to go left or right. Yeah. But the spaceship is being propelled by thoughts and ideas and social media and world events and drugs and sex and politics and power and control. And it's all just hurling through space. Yeah. And while, while it's all happened, we haven't quite figured out where the brakes are or what's the best way to be harmonious with each other. So we're all in this constant battle for control, thinking that once we get in control, we're going to set this fucking ship straight and everybody's going to be cool. We're going to be finally we're going to get along because your side won. But yeah. you're still going to have half the fucking country that hates you, half the country that doesn't agree with you, half the country that has to like be really tolerant in order to engage you in any of your ideas and admit that you're right. Right. Yeah. And this is what we're doing. And it's not real. It's not real. I don't think it's real. I think a lot of the people that have ideas in one way, if they could just talk to people in, 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 in the realm of the area where they have disagreement, I bet they could work it out. I think the problem is more people not talking than anything. Joe, tell me about the spaceship idea some more. Because <laughs> I don't think you're saying, like, knowing you like I know you, I wonder if you're saying that metaphorically or like if there's it's, some... It is metaphorically, but it's also actual. We are on a spaceship, whether we like it or not. We're spinning a thousand miles an hour, and we're driving through infinity at a pace that if you, if it was small and it passed by you, yeah. you would go, "Holy fuck!" Yeah. What was if it was if the Earth was the size of a baseball and it whipped by you in real time the way it's moving through the universe? Yeah. You'd be like, "Fuck!" Yeah. <sighs> That's what the Earth's doing, but the Earth is huge yeah it's huge and yet it's tiny and it's surrounded by things that are enormous You've got a sun that's a million times bigger than us right. just a fireball in the sky that all life on earth depends on a very clear space between earth and the sun a perfect balance perfect balance yeah. between this in unstoppable heat and just keep the water melted don't boil it man and we're hurling <laughs> through infinity and yeah. while we're doing that we're trying to pick who gets to be the leader to steal your that's tax it. money there you we're go. trying to tell you you can't go to a beauty shop because yeah. I don't want you getting a cough that's right we're trying to tell people stay home stay home Trump's trying to kill America yep it's the wrong approach like the approach they're making the, the approach they should make is should be all about positivity you know everybody who's voting knows who trump is everybody knows about the riots everybody knows about everybody knows all those things yeah talk about what you want to do yeah talk about what you want to do don't talk about how bad the orange guy is tell me what you want to do right. don't use woke lingo don't you fucking do it don't you do it tell me Tell me, yeah, for real. Don't bullshit me. Tell me what you can do to fix this. Right. Just that. Tell me you want to bring everybody together. Just that. Everybody. Right wing, left. We got to make concessions. We got to figure it. out like where we meet in the middle. There's much more that we agree with than we don't agree. Yeah. Much more. Let's concentrate on that stuff and let's be nice about this other shit. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Yes. That's it. Look, it sounds like, you know, what you're saying, it, it's beautiful. And the, what's one of the qualities that's beautiful about it is it's simple. That, I, what I saw, I got to see the Dalai Lama speak once. And it's like. Wow, you in person? 
No, at a at a he was at a like a, an event, right? But, but you were in the audience. Yeah, I was in the yeah. audience. So he was there. He in was the there with his translator. It was beautiful, man. A real like the vibe in the in the room was so sweet. And like you know, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, some people will tell you a stupid thing, like a thing on the side of a cereal box. Like, Dude, uh, I apologize for that. Be kinder for. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. But you know, I could tell you, Joe. You know what the world needs. Love and I, it's a, I do like cliches though sometimes. Sometimes well, they're accurate. Depends on who cliche. it's coming who the cliche right, is coming from. Right. If they're sincere. So the Dalai Lama is on stage and he says, You can always be kinder. And it was like oh, you could feel this wave rushing out of him. Uh, I mean it was like the essence of Buddhism just rushing out, everyone simultaneously thinking like, Yeah, he's right. And it transcends politics it yeah. transcends geopolitics and and that that is why it's what you're saying is so beautiful because it's the same thing which is like you know like this planet we're so lucky to be on a, a planet going that fast and, and 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 like we're so lucky to, to get a chance a little peephole into time we're not here that long i think this COVID thing gives us an opportunity to realize how lucky we really are i do too i, I mean too. for the people that are struggling right now financially or struggling with their health it doesn't you know it doesn't register with you and i'm sorry about that but i think for the people that aren't fucked by this there is a moment where we get to realize like oh okay we were uh taking this for granted we thought we had all this thing wired in they yeah, didn't man. have it wired. I mean, they, they got rid of the Senate. What, what was the, the pandemic? There was a pan. The White House decided like a year before Corona decided to get rid of the pandemic. What was the response? What was yeah. the actual? No, like he got office, rid of the whole the office, office based on it. They, they, they dissolved it. Just imagine. Imagine if like there's an asteroid. Like what? Well, when's it coming? 40 years. Fire everybody. Fire everyone. <laughs> We're fucked. We're fucked. Just fire everybody. The more tests, the more sick people we have. Stop the tests. Just fuck. <laughs> they did that for I real. Know. I know. I know. They, so, so from that, what did they teach us? They taught us that we have to depend on each other yeah. right now, not the state. Well, I think they should give people the opportunity to do what they want to do. I really I say this too much. I say it in almost every show, but you can't tell people they can't work. It doesn't make any sense. You should. You're not smart enough, for you to say that you, that the only thing that matters, is whether or not these people expose themselves to the virus. At this point, I think that's ridiculous. But can I tell you something the else Here's matters? The something, okay, I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. But they have to acknowledge that something else matters. They have to acknowledge that the financial problems that people are going through are almost insurmountable. They have to acknowledge that. And that, yeah. that destroys a lot of people. It creates a lot of depression, creates a lot of suicide, creates a lot of drug abuse, creates a lot of turmoil and a lot of mental health issues. That's yeah. a fact. It's true. So we're, we're, we're taking away people's sovereignty. Look, man, if you want to, that was another great American tradition. If you want to kill yourself. Well, you can do it with so many other ways. You're welcome to kill you yourself. You can go BMX flipping. No one's right. going to stop you from doing flips right. with your motorbike. That was the whole point. I mean, that's yeah. like, remember when everything got safe? Like the whole point, there was a time when everything was like all gonzo. And the problem is you're spreading it, right? So it's not just you and your motorbike. It's you crashing your motorbike into a crowd yeah, of people. That is that's the, what it's that, like. That's one of the problems. There's a that's lot a, of- That's a good way of looking at it, honestly. Yeah, right? but the bigger, to me, the bigger problem, that is a problem and it's fucked. The bigger problem is, okay, so you own an Applebee's or whatever, right? And suddenly the government's like, okay, everyone can go back to work, but <laughs> no one solved the problem. You, the owner of the Applebee's, calls the, the general manager like, hey, dude, get the waiters, wait staff back. 
we're opening it up. You're not going to be there. You're going to have the general manager come in, and you're going to have the wait staff come in. Now, the wait staff have been living off of unemployment benefits supplied by the federal government that sometimes are more than like what they were making at the place. That's not a bad thing. But all of a sudden, what happened is prior to a true reduction of this pandemic that can kill you, most of the time it doesn't, but you might be the one who steps on the landmine. All of a sudden, they've just decided, well, we got the, the economy needs to work. So now your unemployment benefits get cut off and you have to go back to work. But they haven't solved the problem yet. So you become the, the, the person who has to bear the weight of the failed uh, approach to the disease. And that's why it's fucked up. To the, yes, you're right. Man, my friend runs the New California Barbershop in Echo Park. Brian, he's one of my best. He started off as my barber. He became my best friend. He's one of the coolest people I know. And like, I like it. Like one of the reasons I want to leave LA is because that shop can't open. That's where I used to go to get my beard trimmed and my hair. But it wasn't just that. It was the it's hangout. A, it's a real barber shop. Right. And it was you have these great conversations. You beat people. He oh, like awesome. he's like gotten me a, like he's gotten me into a sublet that I once when I needed to be in that's LA for a little bit. One of the sad things about being bald. I never really developed a relationship with the barbershop. By the time I shaved it he my head, it was too late. No, we'll That's give a you, good thing can, to do. You can get like a nice straight Beard razor thing. shave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, you don't but go there's to a bar. something about that, right? It's, it's like the best. For, for girl, with girls, it's acknowledged that a lot of ladies like beauty salons. They like to get their nails done. They like to get it's their the pedicures. Best. They enjoy it. I, yeah, I really like, yeah. Like, That's all been shut down here, right? Right. And like it sucks because that, that, I, I loved going there and it's like, but, you know, the, the, the thing is, like, a lot of people, it's not time to go back to work because if there is a true risk that from making minimum wage, you're going to get a disease that probably won't kill you because you're a waiter at Applebee's. You're probably going to be okay. You're taking your vitamins, but you might be living with your aunt who has Alzheimer's mm -hmm. disease and you're going to fucking kill her because you picked up a little bit of it. And the reason you're going to kill her is because you had to go back to work because your benefits got cut off. Yep. So it's like this is the this is why it's a very complex fucked up problem that really we we it's like yes do, for me a person who i'm doing great do i i want everything open i want to go to guitar set i want to, guitar center is open but i don't want to stand in line <laughs> i want to go into guitar i want everything to be the way it was i'm probably going to be okay but this is again it's like this is a complex problem yes. i don't buy into the idea that the whole thing's a scam i think we've got exactly what that asshole not why did i say asshole too much booze that uh, is a doc he was actually the opposite of an who? asshole on your show i'm like calling a doctor Oster an home? asshole remember the joe rogan questions everything the yes. virologist who told us there's going to be another great pandemic six oh, yeah. years ago well, we should i've talked about this before but we should tell people duncan and i were in galveston texas and we went to the center for disease control and went to the very place where they experiment on Ebola and all it's these terrifying. crazy diseases that kill you instantly. And Duncan and I were in this building and we were watching. Like we watched through a window that takes you, there's like another window behind that that's like this plexiglass sealed room and they have like spacesuits on and tubes. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. So there's some shit in there that can kill everybody, yeah. like 100%. And like it's right there, and they were doing tests on it. And so these people are wearing like spacesuits, and they're walking around with these horrific, world-killing diseases. Yeah, man. <laughs> and remember, we missed the flight. Yeah, we did. We missed the flight. We had to get there. We were just high as fuck at the airport talking. talking. <laughs> 
and the flight, the flight took off. Duncan and I lost total track of time. We were barbecued. We, did we take edibles? Dude, I don't remember. We, we did something. So we were so high. We, we might have took we edibles. We might have took. My, my custom is to take an edible in the car. My custom. That's because it takes time to get to the airport, and by the time you get to the airport, the yeah. absurdity of it all just kicks in in full steam. Because it's like. I have no control at the airport. The airport is a place where you just want to give up complete control. And yes. when you're super duper duper high, that's a fun ride. You the know? best. So, so you and I were just sitting down talking about life. And that plane went, choo. And we're like, where's the plane? Like, the plane left. Like, what? We didn't just miss the plane by like 10 minutes. <laughs> like 40 minutes. <laughs> It was the ultimate dumb stoner moment. Like, if we weren't on our way to film a television show, we would have looked like the biggest losers. We looked like losers anyway, but it, but we had fun, and we took one in the morning, and we got there with very little we sleep. We made it. But we made it. But being in, like, the Galveston, Texas Centers for Disease Control mm. with, like, very This is little... different. This is the, um, this That's is Duncan. This is Duncan went to some preppers. This is one that I really loved because I didn't get a chance to be with you, so I got to watch it. You know, like from the clips and see what it was like when you Why went to that. Why didn't you get to be at that one? I was doing something else. We were trying to film two things at the same time, I think, that time. You know what, man? I was really, like, not annoyed, but, like, because I love doing the show, but I'm like, of course he doesn't show up to this motherfucker. Because, like, suddenly I end up deep in a cave. I'm deep in a cave. I would have totally done it. But I think it was when, like, there was a bunch of things that we were trying to film and we were short on time, so we couldn't do two things together. But remember we did the Skinwalker Ranch one together? You were so pissed. <laughs> it was so fake. Oh, uh, there was the problem was when we got there. Right when we got there, we heard this preposterous story from this person who threw a cigarette on the ground after he. That's what set you off. A hundred percent. Yeah, because I'm like, this is a moron. He threw a cigarette on the ground in the forest. This is a moron. Like we drove here for, and he's lying. We're we're here with a moron who's lying. I'm like, oh great, great. I actually asked him to pick it up. I'm like, come on, man. I remember that moment, dude. And yeah. it, but that to it's me, just like you can't. It's a pr beautiful Utah forest. You smoke a cigarette and you throw it down and you step on it. Like, you're not my kind of person. Joe, here's the reason you're so American. You really do believe in a utopian ideal. And Joe Rogan questions everything for real. Both of us. This is what I realized years after. We both had a sense in our heart that we might really find proof of something big. And we went into it with yeah, that attitude. We but, did. But, but we were so high. We believed what we were saying. <laughs> dude, that's the funniest thing about it. It's like, you know, most people when they do these shows, they're not going into it thinking like, I'm actually going to uncover you something. Yeah, of course. They don't go into it thinking they're going to uncover something. They go into it thinking, this is all a bunch of bullshit. And I'm going to do so. I'm going to be like, or maybe they think maybe it's real or whatever. But the main thing is they, they don't, they talk, they... They pretend it's real. That's yes, the thing. They, they pretend, pretend it's, it's real. real. We didn't pretend it's real. And we also went into it like two guys who were more high during a show. <laughs> you will not find. Yeah, it's true. You will not find <gasps> the entire Let's be barbecued <laughs> looking for Bigfoot. I mean, dude, I was barbecued. We were so high, dude. And this guy, we don't need to blow this guy's spot up. He's uh, poor Look fella. at me, my hipster face. Oh boy! Listen, people love. Maybe he believes what he's saying. Maybe, maybe all that stuff that they were telling us, they really truly believe. But they were talking about like bulletproof wolves that appear out of mist and all this stuff. And to me, that moment was when the show went south. And what was really funny was like the, the last thing the Sci-Fi Network wanted was for you to like actually like 
begin to like realize that maybe we're not going to find UFOs. And they started getting unhappy, I think, with the situation. Oh, they did get unhappy. There was actually a conversation where they're like, is he trying to debunk these things? Because they have all these shows on like UFOs <laughs> and all these shows on ghosts. And then they have this comedian asshole with his asshole buddy and they're both high as fuck. And like, this is so <laughs> fake. <laughs> like, this is so, but we wanted to know. <laughs> We wanted to know. We wanted to know if it was real or if it was remember fake. Remember the alien artifacts part? Do you remember that part? There was someone who collected all these alien little bits of yeah. dust and metal. You don't remember it, probably. I remember. I don't it. remember that because I was already given up on that point. I, 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 I had noticed a pad, unfortunately, and I feel real bad. But it was it was really a personal thing because I was dealing with my own nonsense, my own inclivity, my own inclination to uh, believe ridiculous stories even today like with the pentagon story about them having recovered uh a, a craft not made from this world I'm like yeah. please don't let it be a misquote yeah. i don't want to i don't want to read the misquote man yeah. i don't so i know that there's a real pull to believing in bullshit That's there's right. a real pull yeah. to like manipulating the actual facts of roswell so that it appears the government absolutely 100 percent colluded to keep the yeah. alien crash from the general public and there's no way it could be a weather balloon I don't know if that's right, man, because I know it in myself, because I see it in myself. I yeah. see that dirty little asshole that wants to believe in Bigfoot, that stupid fuck. They're like, hey, 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 maybe it's a bear. Yeah. Maybe it's not a lost monkey species, but I want to believe so bad. So I'm, this I don't is, think that's this a dirty is, asshole. But this is me. This is me. I've worked on this, right? This is something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. There's a lot of people out there that just lie. <laughs> They're not thinking about anything, but they, the same way, they want to believe too. They want to believe in UFOs. They want to believe in Bigfoot. They want to believe in all these things. They want to believe. Yeah. And it's not their fault. They, this is, they grew up in a fucked up town, and their, their friends were probably all drunk by the time they were four, and the whole thing's a mess. And here they are, stuck in this situation where they're just making shit up. And here you and I are. Standing there going, I don't think this guy ever really was kidnapped by Bigfoot. Yeah. And we, we get to hear these ridiculous stories. And there was too many of them, man. We, everybody we talked to had this I, I, like real obvious psychological like bend to them. There was always like, everyone, yeah. and no one had a steady chassis. No one who you were talking <laughs> to, right? Yes. You remember the fucking Bigfoot guy that said he would chop his pinky off to find out if Bigfoot was real? He was a professor. He was what? a professor. I forget. I don't that we had part. him on the podcast. We we had the foot, the footprint. See if you get... Dr. Melcher. Dr. Melcher, right? Meldrum. Meldrum. Yes. Thank you. Jamie's the wizard. Dr. Meldrum. Dr. Meldrum, he said he would cut his finger off to find out if Bigfoot was real. Would you cut your finger off to no, find out? No, I don't care. Listen, I hope it's not real. I hope it's real. I don't care. What would Either you cut? One would what, be awesome. what data set would you cut your finger off? I would cut my finger off to know if, if there was a, a intelligent design to creation on the earth. I would give them my, the very tip of my pinky for that. But then what happens? Then you run around with this information you can't share with anybody and you're freaked out all day? Well, no. Then I try to contact that thing in a more intense way. I mean, I, like the the, the, pink, the tip of the pinky is not a bad thing to get rid of. Yeah, for like knowing knowing like whether there's like, uh, again, you have to like. It's a week. First of all, what what kind of computer are you working with that you're going to have to take your pinky and like drop it in to get truth out of it? It's a stupid computer. You shouldn't trust it. If you ever want to feel you know what it's like to, to be like three again? Make your thumb wrestle your pinky. 
your pinky's like shit. You have no power <laughs> in your pinky. Cool. Your pinky's so weak. That's what it's like to be like a three-year-old straining right. against your older brother. Get That's off right. me! Get off me, asshole! Yeah. You got a pinky. That's right. Is that what a bullshit little digit? What does that thing get used I for? Work. I just look, I just look what does it get used Christ. for? Say again. I dislocated both of them. You like dislocated them. Your pinky? Yeah. They don't match up. Oh, dude. Oh, damn. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So one go. Yeah. Oh, bad. Oh, that makes Jamming sense. Them and all sorts of yeah, you use it for holding wine. You need it to like extend <sighs> yes. when you're drinking. You yes. Look, it's man. Very important. I think that. Out. Don't you like? I hurt my pinky doing that. Wrestling with my thumb, like legitimately, it hurts now. It's They're so important. weak. It's so weak. I, but I do so much with my hands. I'm I sure so there's many some, chin ups. There's some reason for it. So many kettlebell grips, and it's mostly these other fingers. Even when you draw back a, bro, a bow, my bow, I, my uh, my release doesn't even have a pinky thing. I draw back with these fingers. This bitch ass just hangs on for the ride. You're so mean to your pinky. <laughs> Why do you do that? I to love your my pinkies. Yeah, I love them. They're great. I don't want to miss them. But think of the name itself. It's but like it's weird how weak it is compared to all the other digits you and have. And they named it a pinky. Like the whole thing is like messed up. The whole thing does sound like it's. It is a a very like we. It, the name yeah. pinky itself is like. You know, I will fuck you up with this finger. This finger right here is strong as fuck. This finger gets a hold of shit. This is a strong finger. This is a bullshit finger that's not hurting anybody. We got, They're all in the same hand. It, it all, listen, everyone belongs on the hand. Like, we have Imagine to forget the pinky. if you were as strong physically as your small toe. That's life. Just everything can fuck you up. Every pebble is murderous. Every <laughs> jumping off stairs the wrong way you stub your toe, you want to die. If you're that's who you are. You are as strong as your little baby toe. Your little baby toe has zero power. Grab your little baby toe and like wrestle with it real oh, quick. Yeah. It has nothing. It's a mess. It's a baby. Yeah. They call it a baby toe because it's like a. It's not. Babies yeah. are stronger than your baby toe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look. It's a bitch ass little limb. That's. That, <laughs> yeah. That would. That's the funny thing about the human sentient projection into time is like we're probably like the little toe of the universe. You know, like. We have just enough realization to know that we're something. We're this hilarious intersection of like, you know, meat and what appear like a real feeling of like, a, you know, I, I do feel like uh, bias aside, if there isn't a part of you that hasn't like really come to the conclusion, that there seems to be a part of you that doesn't get touched by reality. The, some eternal part of you that has met time and space. Uh, I, I I feel like most people get that sense. Kids feel that. They they know that. They just actually know it. But, you know, to me, I think maybe what we are in this little temporary, whatever it may be, whether it's an aquarium, whether it's a training facility, I think it's probably a training facility. You know, like, man. I don't think it's that. I think it's a process. And I think the process has to be tumultuous because if it's not, nothing gets done. I think the struggles have to exist because if there's only harmony and peace, everybody gets stagnant. I think That's right. There's there's a steady push towards ultimate technological innovation. That's the steadiest push. If you look at the human race in terms of like what it makes, 
Like, what does it do? At the end of the day, if you have these bees and they have all this different thing, all these different social things they do and all these different things they do for covering territory and ground and all these different aspects of being a bee and laying the larva inside the honeycomb. But what do they do? They make honey. What do they, they make honey, bitch. That's what they do. They make honey. What do we do? We make robots. Yeah. We make computers. We make technology. And we yeah. make it better every fucking year. We don't make better laws every year. Like, no, 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 no. We don't revise that shit. We got yeah. stuff written with fucking ink from charcoal, you know? That's <laughs> that right. Shit's like in yeah. the, the archive somewhere. Yeah. What we do is we make better shit. Every year we make better shit. And our goal is just keep making better shit. And I'm obsessed with better shit. I'm obsessed with, like, cell phones. And I'm obsessed. I love, like, Unbox Therapy or um, any, any of those shows. Marcus Brownlee, when they're doing these unbox videos and talking about the newest, latest, and greatest technology, and they're showing these 120 hertz screens and these fucking cameras with a 100x yeah. optical Amazing. zoom, like, ah! Amazing. But what are we doing? We're moving ourselves closer and closer to some kind of technological superiority. And along the way, we're losing our humanity, and that's the weirdest, most ironic part of it. Along the way of... We're, we've never been in a, a greater technological era. If you look in terms of the things that are consumer Incredible. electronics that get released right now, whether it's laptops or iPhones or you know Samsung Note 20s or whatever the fuck yeah. they are, these things are insane, right? Never been in a time like this before. This is like this has peaked also. When have we ever had a time where there's riots in every city? Every city all across the country. And it's all, a lot of it is things that most people agree with. Right? Yeah. When you, when you say, especially if you say something like Black Lives Matter, I want to, let's have a vote. How many people don't agree with that statement? Just forget about what the, this, everybody wants, oh, the Marxist thing and these people, they, they want to destroy yeah. the nuclear family. I don't know if they do or they don't, but most people I bet who are, who are a part of that movement don't even know what that means. They don't know all that shit. Right. They just don't want people to get killed by cops. That's it. That's it. And it's not, like Michael Che has a great bit about it where it says, like, that's not even asking a lot. Like, matters? Like Black Lives Matter just matters. Like and people are like, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's this is the strangest time for us socially because of COVID. This is the strangest time because of the economy. The strangest time because Trump is president yeah. and there's chaos and the guy who's running against him is older than him. And you're like, this is madness. Yeah, like what is what is happening here? And no one knows when the fuck people are going to be able to go back to work and there's all this chaos and all this anxiety. It's all happening together at once. I know, man. I know. And That's what this is. You know, this is what I love. Like I, I work my med I work with a meditation teacher, David Nictor, and he's he's brilliant. And one of the things he tells me, and I really this is an example of how cool he is. This is when all the New York Times shit came out about the aliens. Mm. I call him, I'm like, David, New York Times, aliens. And he's like, Wow, wow. And then his response was, Duncan, where do you think thoughts come from? Do you think they are born from something? <laughs> that was his response to me telling about aliens was the question. Where do you think thoughts come from? Are thoughts like born like the way? Well, it's a good question. It's a great question. I still haven't figured it out. I've, I've asked if ideas were aliens. I've, I've, I think that, that if you think about a, a cell phone, right? I mean, obviously, there's a collaborative effort involving a lot of people that understand all sorts of different aspects of technology, but ultimately, it has to be an idea. Someone has to have the idea to come up with the original Motorola phone, the fucking yeah. brick, and then they had the idea to innovate and keep getting better and better. And these ideas eventually lead to this thing 
that can open your car door, turn your lights on, yeah. your house. You can FaceTime exactly. your kids. Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy thing, and it's all coming out of ideas. Where do so, they come from? That's the question. The question is, is it an, an inherent part of being a human being because, like all other aspects of human beings, we are not a single organism. We are a, a biosphere. The human organism is essentially an ecosystem. The human organism has untold trillions of, of, of bacteria in our gut, right? Yeah. We, we have it on our skin. Yeah. We have all sorts of weird life forms that we live synergistically in this space as a person. Why wouldn't we think ideas would be a part of that? Yeah, right. They might very well be a part of that. And the healthier your mind is, the more you're able to live with ideas, the more you're able to bounce ah, ideas around, yeah. like ideas as a life form. Just like right. the health. Like if you use antibacterial soap all over your body all the time, you get sick. Yeah, right. You get fucking rashes and shit because your body, it kills all the good bacteria too. Yeah, it's like, man, I, I, I love the question because like one of my favorite acid trips was <laughs> i was like listening to beethoven oh wow oh man and i like i'd like some i don't know how it happened but like i was like i i like had a little like a fit this beautiful girl she was so beautiful and like i was at her house we're listening to beethoven i was tripping and i started thinking and it was just like romantic and cool and that but then i started thinking like somebody thought of this mm. and then i started thinking but where did it where did it come from like if they thought of it what was it before they thought of it like this didn't exist before beethoven yeah so where was it and and i remember it that as i was like thinking that on on the best still to this day the best acid i ever had <laughs> what's the difference i'm not much of an acid connoisseur what's the difference between really good acid and mediocre acid it, apparently, it has something to do with the mechanism of production, right? The way it's yeah, yeah. Which is like listen to like Kid Charlemagne by Steely Dan. It's all mm. about uh, it's all about one of the great uh, Owsley, one of the great LSD chemists of our time, uh, who I and I met his wife and I asked her this question like why is some why is acid not as good as it used to be in the sixties, and her response was people aren't perfectionists anymore, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That was literally the response. We will sell no wine before it's time. Yeah, it was like I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know, but well, that's. But, I mean, that's a thing that we want with whiskey. Like yeah. that's one of the things about Buffalo Trace, who bottles this stuff. Yeah, they uh, they taste everything. They so taste, good. and if it's not good, they don't. They they're connoisseurs. Yeah, so that we want so. I understand that you would want that with acid. The problem is that acid's illegal. That's the real problem. The problem is you have some fucking space daddy, some dude who's at the the top of the fucking helm of this spaceship as it hurls through infinity. Space daddy. And they, they they don't want you. They have to be space daddy. If it's the president of the United States, that's yeah. space daddy, right? Yeah. The president of the United States is space daddy. He is the fucking leader of the the greatest army the world's ever known. Yeah. He's at the helm of the global empire. He, that's space daddy, and he's we're going through space. So if we are a spaceship, the president of the United States is space daddy. It's Captain Kirk. He has to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not the space daddy that's made 
LSD illegal. What's made LSD illegal was an earlier space daddy. Yeah, nineteen seventy space daddy that and, tried to disband the civil rights movement. Yeah, by making drugs like all that, Schedule One drugs. Yeah, that space daddy did it. But but good yeah, news. The, the good news is like uh, they're they're at least at the very least they're they're letting people like look at how what it is and like how it affects the brain, and they're beginning to understand that they're like everything we all knew. There's no point getting resentful about it, but we all knew this. We all knew this. And, but we're all, like, it's being validated, thank God. And it's very sweet because it's a, it's a healing drug, especially when used in, in, with therapy, you know. And uh, it's healing. It's a very powerful, beautiful, wonderful thing that exists on the planet that anyone could have access to, especially if they, like, stop this ridiculous prohibition Yes. And, and and lifted the prohibition. I, I'm not saying like don't prohibit heroin. Prohibit heroin. Prohibit methamphetamine. But pro- even even pro, pro, any prohibition. It. The the problem is I don't want anybody doing it. But I should be able to tell you not to. That's the problem. That really is right. the problem. The problem is I shouldn't be able to tell you not to. That's right. And and it's certainly like because all, it's, it's too slippery. But you right. shouldn't be able to, like, there shouldn't be a five-year mandatory minimum for no. LSD. I mean, no. that's madness. No, that's madness. And it, and it really does heal people. It's a healing. Su- look, you do your own, like, do your research, look into it. Have it, you read Chaos? No. The, the Tom O'Neill book? No. Oh, my God, dude. One of my favorite podcasts over the last year I did was with Tom O'Neill. And he's Greg Fitzsimmons' neighbor. He was Greg Fitzsimmons' neighbor for, like, 20 years wow, in Venice. Cool. And he, the whole time he was Greg's neighbor, he was working on this book. Now, Greg never brings someone to me. Never. Never says, dude, you got to have this guy on a, as a guest, ever. So out of all these years, Greg's like, dude, this guy you need to have on. Cool. This guy researched Charles Manson for 20 fucking years. Yeah. He was originally just writing an article. He was writing an article, but as he's writing this article, he starts uncovering more and more crazy shit, and he goes deeper and deeper into this, where 20 fucking years later, he finally puts out this book. And this book is basically detailing a CIA LSD operation yeah. where Charles Manson was getting dosed in prison, allegedly, and they was, he was being treated at this free clinic in Haight-Ashbury that ran for more than 50 years and closed three months after the book was released. Damn. They ran this fucking free clinic where they were dosing hippies, yeah. and they were testing them. They ran Operation Midnight Climax. It was all part of MK Ultra. He's detailing step-by-step step all these people that were directly involved in not just Charles Manson, but in fucking Jack Ruby and all these other political figures in history and it's like what in the yeah. fuck all these mind control cia lsd experiments Sad. that were real and charles manson was a part of that yeah tr- allegedly and charles manson was dosing up these hippies and not taking it himself he was using the techniques that they allegedly used on him for like seven years so while he was in federal penitentiary what a mess this is the problem with like anytime power you gotta read this book man i look i've look i've read a lot about the MK but this Ultra one's crazy stuff. this one's different it's just specifically what they did to allow Manson to run free and build these murderous hippies and get them high on LSD. This was all a part of this thing to sort of demonize the anti-war movement. There was all these wow. different strategies yeah, that they were doing to demonize the right. anti-war movement. Sense. Yeah, because you take hippies. LSD and war seems ridiculous. You right. take LSD and money seems ridiculous. You take LSD and anything that doesn't have to do with love seems insane. Yeah. It, and the, the problem is, is like, you know, and this is, you know, all the psychedelic bullshit aside, if you just look at, like, basic Buddhism 101, I was in it. Some of the be- prior to this pandemic, my favorite conversations were in Ubers, man. And I'm really? riding this Uber. 
And this Uber driver, who's clearly a Buddhist, he's got a Buddhist, a Buddhist statue on his like dashboard. And like, so we start talking about Buddhism and we're talking about it. And he said the coolest thing I've ever heard of regarding Buddhism, which is he's like, do you know how you look at letters and they, you think that they're a language? What are you before that? <laughs> it was the, Whoa. <laughs> it's so cool. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God there's people like that in the world. I know. Well, that's a true Buddhist. That's a true missionary. But yeah. but in that in, in LSD will return you to that state. So yeah. it will drop you under all of your apps that are running on the operating system of your consciousness for a little bit. Some people hate that because they've like so identify with the apps that the moment they can't like cling to the app yeah. that they become this like you know, thing before the language, which is why some people on a lot of acid can't even, they can't talk. They talk like babies. Yeah. But, but what's happening is you're encountering like original sentience prior to conditioning. Mm. And that's dangerous to uh, um, any kind of power structure. Like if I'm trying to implement a hierarchy, I depend on your consciousness flowing into these rivulets that are language, morality ethics the entire structure of whatever i'm like trying to like tell you is the way things are and, and if i can do that then i can own you because suddenly your morality isn't real morality your ethics aren't real ethics your idea of what's right isn't necessarily what's right it's what's right for capitalism what's mm. right for communism what's right for this or that right. if i can tell you if i can make your moral compass point away from service in any way, shape, or form, I can control you forever. And so anything that gets in the way of that is really like generally like delegitimized by power structures. I mean, it makes sense. Well, like, the problem is you're dealing with a, a, we have, there's a, a combination of morality and a game. And the game is trying to make money. Like when yeah. you have numbers, you know, I'm reading this book right now. I'm listening to it on tape. Um, it's called uh, Irresistible. I keep forgetting this dude's name who uh, who wrote the book, but I'm listening to it on audiobook. It's uh, Adam Alter, and it's all about addictions. It's all about particularly how addictive games are, mm. insanely addictive, like games like Tetris and Candy Crush, insanely addictive, where they've made billions and billions of dollars on Candy Crush. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So crazy. People can't put it down. Like Farmland made fucking unbelievable amounts of money. Crazy. There's something about numbers. Like you see, you look at your bank account. You go, I've got fifteen thousand dollars in the bank. I yeah. can't believe this. That's pretty fucking good. I remember when Doing I was broke. Great. And then you go, you know what? It would be great if I had fifty. Yeah. Maybe I'd just like to get twenty this year. I'm just gonna cut back on going out to eat. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna put five away. And then you're like, you know what? I need to make more. That's what I need to do. I need to make more money. I want to put in some overtime. Yeah. I'm gonna talk to the boss. I'm gonna look. I'm dedicated. I don't give a fuck. A lot of people get tired. I don't get tired, yeah. dude. I am dedicated to this fucking job, and I want to move up in this company. Locked and the in. boss is like, "Yes, come on aboard, slave man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get to work for the corporation 18 yeah. hours a day. It's great. You're 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 getting paid well. Don't get me wrong. You're not really a slave, but what you are is a slave to your own idea of what success is. Yeah. You've got you you're a slave to these the the idea that numbers equate success. Yeah. You don't notice, man. You don't notice. You don't notice. 
You get used to everywhere you live. It's nice if you live in a place that's safe. After that, you, I'm telling you, you don't, don't notice. notice. You know what you notice? You notice when your friends are around you and you're enjoying each other's company and you're laughing and having fun. You notice those things. Yeah. You notice if you do something and people enjoy it. You notice if you, you have a good interaction with someone yeah. at a store. Like they go, no, you. And then you go, no, you. And then you're both smiling and laughing yeah. and everybody's, you're, you're having, I, that's, those are nice moments, man. We have those. We still have those. Like you let somebody in front of you and they give you the peace sign. You give them the thumbs yeah. up. And these moments are still here, man. They're more than they're not. It's not like everybody's just stabbing everybody everywhere you look. Most of the interactions that people have with each other all over the place are positive. That's right. It's a very small amount. The problem is these small amounts making on fucking YouTube. And then that's all I can watch. There you I go. Just, I just watch these fucking people in Portland beat the shit out of each other and kick some guy in the head when he's sitting on his, he's sitting down when he apparently drove too close to these Antifa guys and they made him get out of the car and they're searching his belongings. This guy runs up behind him and kicks him in the head and knocks him unconscious. Horrible. And I'm like, God damn it. Horrible. But it's not most people most of the time and the problem is that's what everybody's going to pay attention to that's what everybody's going to share on facebook and instagram i saw that fucking video in my timeline like 30 times but this is what i love about humanity is like if you strip away the story and you see a person getting kicked in the head honestly man like i don't care like in general like i don't care what that guy is don't kick him in the head here's the problem dude is a natural inclination to want to fight the opposite of your tribe. Yeah. And when you're 16 years old or however old that kid, well, the kid who kicked that guy in the head, he looked young to me. I could have easily done that when I was 16. Easily. Yeah. I was so dumb. If I was in the streets at 16. He was dumb. And we pulled some guy out of his car that someone said tried to run us over. And the guy's sitting there. Easily. Me or any of the people I hung yeah. out with would have punched that guy or kicked that guy. That's the compassion. That's normal. It's normal. Yeah. The problem is the tribal right. war that we have going on. That's this, the problem. That's the, but what you just said, that's the truth. That's, that's the, the truth. truth. And it's compassionate. This this is a stupid kid. He was a fucking I think he worked at the airport. Whatever the fuck he was. This is a stupid kid. And and, and what he did is wrong. He got caught up in the wave of violence. And the, and, the mob yeah. mentality. It's normal. We have to figure out listen, man, here here's the thing. We must discover you're not first of all you're not going to find this on the map i like going off the map but there's not a map for this so that's liberating to me we got to get off the map number one we got to get off the map like first everyone this is what's so crazy people are really legitimately tuning into like the like human trafficking in the united states it's a big business it's one of the biggest businesses actually human trafficking yeah i man. was reading a post today that somebody sent me and i don't know if it's verified or real or whatever where a girl was saying that she was headed to uh, a bathroom at a uh, gas station somewhere and uh someone she noticed that someone was had their camera turned around so they like had the selfie camera on while they're yeah. on facetime and they pointed to this lady and they said what about her she, yeah. she heard her say, what about her? Do you like her? And the girl looked at them, and, and the lady turned and looked at her, and she ran back to her car, got in the car, and the guy who was with them went and ran up to the side of the car like she thinks they were trying to kidnap 100% they were. And that 
that happens. That happens. That happens. That's a real business. This is not like this is not a, a fucking story. This but, is not a magazine right. article where people are you know someone wrote some fiction. This, this is, is right. And the funny thing, not funny, but what's what's ironic about the sudden horror at human trafficking is a lot of the very same people who are fighting against this thing that they're they're realizing is happening in the country simultaneously don't want to look back into the history of the United States, which was 100% based on human trafficking. 100%. Our country's foundation is human trafficking. They fucking kidnapped black people and made them work for free. And somewhere in between that horror and now, people have gotten this delusion that that stopped. It didn't stop. Our country is was literally founded. George Washington, did you know this? Was the number one slaveholder in uh, Virginia, wherever the fuck he was. He was the number one slave. Supposedly his wooden teeth thing, it was slave teeth. <gasps> yeah, he was the number one slaveholder. Yeah. Did he have wooden gums? Is that what it was? I don't know. The whole wooden teeth thing was a replacement of the truth, which is this motherfucker was a human trafficker. So people try to like, they try to revise. So the idea is like, you know, Let's look at this. Look at this. Washington's dentures were likely sourced from the teeth of slaves. Sourced! There you go! They're gonna say sourced! That wasn't sourced. They were ripped out of the fucking mouth of human hostages. Mm. Don't say sourced! I source avocados to my fucking Mexican restaurant. I don't source teeth, motherfucker! Why Ooh. would you use that language? Why would you use that language? Yeah, it's not sourced! Go, go back to that, Jamie. Can I read the rest of it? Um, records at Mount Vernon show that he bought teeth from slaves. Uh, bought them! But that's records. <laughs> the, who knows if the slaves actually got the money? The poor and enslaved had been selling teeth as a means of making money since the Middle Ages, which were sold as dentures or implants to those of financial means. Either way, man. So, so you know, Jeffrey Epstein... Jesus he, Christ. Jeffrey Epstein sourced teeth from some of the young mm. girls he was fucking, and it was actually common for the young girls they to sell their rent. teeth for money. Yes. Like, it's a, that, that right there, that right there is the root of the fucking problem, which is like, this country... George Washington was a human trafficker who had in his mouth the teeth of people that were kidnapped that he was making work for free this makes Dahmer look like a fucking boy scout can you imagine if look like at this quote according to George Washington's ledger on May 8th 1784 he paid six pounds two shillings to Negroes for nine teeth on account of Dr. Lemoyne so he paid six pounds two shillings I don't know how much that is who cares for nine teeth so yeah. this says, it's, does this say he's paying it to the slaves? It actually says they don't know if they were ex-slaves or not. Probably paid it to the doctor to extract it. Jesus Christ. But it wasn't, but, but, so there were free black men that lived in America, but how, what was the percentage versus slaves and free men? Who cares? The main thing is this asshole who's in statues That's everywhere insane. was a kidnapper who like took teeth out of people's mouths and put it in his own mouth. That's fucked up. And so like well, you know, everybody's fucked up in our all of our all of our holidays. Like Columbus was one of the worst that. people of all time. Yeah. So this whole like when people are defending the statues, it's like shut the fuck up. But here's the thing, man. Should you allow people to just pull down the statues? Yes. Really? Yep. 
What do you think? Because do you think here's what I think? What if there were Jeffrey Dahmer statues all over LA? No, you make a good point. But what maybe we should educate people on why you feel so strongly about like the George Washington statue or even the Thomas Jefferson statue. A lot of people are arguing that Thomas Jefferson, that you know he he's a piece of shit and we shouldn't respect him either. How do you th do you think that all those statues should come down, or do you think it's more of an imperative for us to understand that in the world of 1776, yeah. or in the world of whenever when did Washington get here? What was George Washington's first years in America? I'm not in any way, shape, or form giving. Anyone a free pass on owning slaves. I don't think anybody that's thinks you're doing saying. that, man. That's not what I'm saying. Anybody who thinks that about you is But what I am saying is, I think human beings, up until... He was born in Virginia. Oh, he was uh, born in America. Great grandfather. Powerful. George Washington. One of the first real Americans. 1656. Jeffrey Dahmer, one of the first real... Fuck it. I'm getting a George Washington tattoo. <laughs> Joe! I'm in. I'm in! What's wrong hey! with you? He's American! No, look, um, can I... I yeah, go the, ahead. The statue question. My, this is what I think. Okay. Either take the statue down right. or, or put around it the number of slaves he had. Build statues for all the slaves he had. So if Ooh. George Washington had 4,000 slaves, there needs to be a field of slave statues around the George Washington statue that you have to walk through to get to the George Washington yes. statue. Or just pull it down. Because you know what? It's easier to, to pull it, it down. No, 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 no. You're right, though. Have the slaves and have some of them missing teeth because they sold it to him because well, they needed we don't, some. We'd have to find out if he really bought teeth from slaves or if it's just regular folks who needed money. Just teeth. have the whole story there. Like, that's yes. all. Just have the whole story so people no, what you're realize saying is what's perfect. happening. Yeah. What you're saying is perfect. Like, if you're going to have a guy who victimized, I mean, everybody did it back then. Everybody of wealth did it. It was a normal thing to do to have people that you owned. As crazy as that sounds to us. Dude, I think that the world before mass communication, before the post office, and certainly before any kind of uh, boat travel, when, when everyone was just either on foot or on horses, was undeniably impossible for us to understand because they were so savage. There was very few rules. People were just dying of syphilis. And every other fucking disease that came around the bend, yeah. whether it was the flu or the plague, there was no sanitation. Everyone was a rapist. It was just a, 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 a wild, barely human thing that would occasionally paint cool things and write things down and compose music, but lived in a savage environment that's almost yeah. unrecognizable for us today. I don't you, look. I, I and again, man, like I'm presenting a counterpoint to you that I, I don't want people to prey upon me for the counterpoint saying, oh, woke, Doug had, had a baby, got all woke. But like, <laughs> but I do want to present a counterpoint in the, in the, in, with the intention of like, let's look at like that, the, maybe that is actually part of the conditioning, which is like, if, if like, so if your country is based on human trafficking, which to this day is happening, well, this country is based on human trafficking. This country is based on, and it's also based on human sacrifice. In the it's sense also that, based on us killing the people that were here first. That's right. And we've been at war for 92% of our history. And many of those wars are based on nothing. So, you know, people are up in arms about the Bohemian Grove, 
But it's like, give me a fucking break. Look at Vietnam. That's human sacrifice. There was money to be made from killing people, and they made money. Right. So we have a country that's based on human trafficking and human sacrifice. Nobody wants to talk about it. The idea is the exact same thing that all abusers do to people they've abused. They want you to, number one, forget it. And if you start remembering it, they tell you you're crazy or that you're fucked up so the idea is that like the world prior to the united states was a savage world savage africa was not savage these were very advanced people but because like the europeans were were savage we're brutal people they went in there and fucking just started chopping people up these are people who had a natural innate trust for other humans and they were like, put your hand out, slap, go get some gold or I'll cut your other one off. That's what they so, did when they came here to North America. It right? was hills have eyes level. Yeah. So the hills have eyes roll into all indigenous cultures. They're in tune with the earth. When shit gets weird, they move. Look, nah, I'm not but, saying. But the, here's the thing. I've been spending the last six months deeply engrossed in Native American books. And they weren't that nice. Not at all, dude. They ate each other. The Nez Perce were like practicing cannibals. The they Nez were, Perce? Were, yeah, the Nez Perce Indians were practicing For, cannibals. Okay. The, listen, man, the Comanches killed everybody. They were brutal. They killed everybody. So they killed each other. All right. They, they, they killed Native Americans. They would Their main thing was raiding. They'd raid tribes and steal and kill and murder and rape. The idea I've heard, and this may not be, I, I didn't look into it, and I, I apologize to the people who told me about this idea because I wish I'd, I'd researched it more, but I'm going to put it out there, is that Africa was a was a really ancient culture that Dude, was Africa's where Egypt is. Yes. Wrap your head exactly. around that. That's and, what people don't re- yeah. recognize. And people were sending people there to get educated before slavery even started. Dude, I, that, before the, they burned the Library of Alexandria, that was the place where everybody that, would go to learn things. Yes, and so we fucking went in there and just wreaked not us, havoc. Not us. It wasn't us. We can't say we. I'm sorry. You're from North I, Carolina. I love that I burped right when I was when born you, in New Jersey. We can't say we. we you made can't. a you made a very profound point, and I burped. No, <laughs> but I, we didn't do it. No, I don't. I don't. I don't mean we. I don't mean we. And but, I, I'm I not understand. saying like I'm directly connected. I'm just saying like, for me, it's like the any time I get around any situation where someone is making it so I can't say the truth. Right. I get really annoyed. Yes. Yes. And, and which is it, why you're a comic. It freaks me out. Yes. Yeah. And it freaks me out. Yeah. And so. The reason that the whole like the whatever the particular movement is, like when Trump is at like the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And that's Lakota, right? That's like sacred land. That's like sacred land. But like they went in there and they chopped up a mountain with a bunch of sl- like slave uh, owners' faces. Yeah. And Trump's like, this is the best mountain on earth. It's like, <laughs> it looked better before you put the human traffickers on it. How right? about the fucking hilarity of him suggesting that his face should be on it just to rile people up? Yeah. There's some part of you as a comic that has to appreciate that. I'm sorry, Tell Joe. Me. I'm going to admit that's true. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I saw that he was suggesting that his name should be on Mount Everest, I or not at Mount Everest, Mount Rushmore, I was I was thinking immediately, like, oh, my God, he's, he's, he's moving them into checkmate. Dude, look at my fucking Twitter. I've been like seven different personalities designed to rile people up over the last month. That's all you do with this QAnon thing. Yeah. Jamie was hoping you would come in as your QAnon no. character. 
It's fine. Look, no, but like, does that should that person be president? No, but with, listen, like, but that's hilarious. When in this madness with all this crazy, there's no such thing as gender world. For a guy to come around and say, "I'm gonna put my face on Mount Rushmore," like this is this is part of that that I like. Well, listen, I'm, I'm, li- so, I'm gonna be honest. I'm, here, I'm that's not what's a beautiful. fan of his lack of empathy. That's what beautiful. That's what's beautiful about you is you're not afraid to admit something that I think is really important to admit, which is like, dude, there are. Like, there are, there's a continuum of reality, and there's swaths of that continuum that are amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in, in, a, in a situation where, like, maybe you're in a kind of, like, relationship that's yeah. not great. But there's a piece of that relationship that is so fucking hot and so sexy and so beautiful in the midst of all the madness that it almost, like, makes the madness make sense, Right. right. That's a that's a or or certainly like there's certain like substances I imbibe that if you look at what they do to my body, it's like terrible. But like that sliver of whatever it is is great. Yeah. So anyway, what I love that you're not afraid of doing is like putting out there like, look, man, it's not like people are one thing. But here's the thing, too. I'm not a willing victim of gaslighting. You can't right. you can't do that to me. Right. I'm not interested. You know. I don't need anything from you. I'm not interested in you gaslighting me. I know when someone's putting on a show. I had an email from a guy who I like who told me to stop talking about Joe Biden because all the problems are because he has a stutter. And I'm like, listen, man, when you're 74 or however old he is, he's yeah. older than that, right? The wheels come off, man, on everybody. Right. I I don't feel as sharp at 53 as I did at 33. How about that? Yeah. The reality is there's days if I'm not on top of my fucking game, I get real spacey. Yeah. What happens in 25 years? Come on, man. Are we pretending that we live forever? You, you, we need young, vibrant, robust people yeah. with a lot of energy who, who are also advanced thinkers. And right now, they don't have any one of those people in the race. We got craziness in the race. Well, no, no, you know, man, like the thing with Biden is like, forget about Biden. Like the problem, like I'm voting for fucking Biden. You gonna suck my dick? I'm voting for Biden. Do we have to do that? Or are you gonna do it anyway? Is, I'll we tell just you, not suck your dick and. Why can't I get a blowjob on I top mean, you of can, voting but for it Biden? Seems greedy. It would be nice. The, look, I'm sorry to be a, aggressive, man. This this liquor, it, like, it's bringing out I something love bad lick. in me. That's what I love about whiskey. Whiskey's been responsible for some of my favorite conversations. Look, man. Shout out to Buffalo Trace. I like the, the reality of the situation is like Biden. I, I don't like his policy regarding drugs, Bro. and I'm very resentful of a lot of the things he's done. And I'm also very resentful of that's the fact that that that's what I'm like being. That's the the binary that I'm being forced to like de- contend with here. That's the resentment, right? Is that we only have these two yeah. sanctioned choices, and if you're a good person who d- doesn't want people to die in the streets, you you have to vote blue. That's it. Yeah. Period. That's it. And, and in the initial phases of it, when I was trying to like, I was hoping Bernie would be the fucking front runner, and I'm like, I fucked Bernie up, dude. Bernie got attached to some jokes. What do you mean? Bernie came on my podcast and he, I, I, I did a very lukewarm endorsement of Bernie. Like I can't do stand up right now, so I'll just tell you this. Bernie <laughs> did this very lukewarm. <laughs> he, I, I did a lukewarm. I said I'll probably vote. I had my friend Barry Weiss on from the New York Times, and yeah. she said, "Who are you going to vote for?" I said, "I'll probably vote for Bernie." 
I said he makes sense. I like what he stands for. The guy's been rock solid his whole life. He's always believed. Like it would be good to have a change where someone gets into office where yeah. you go, this guy really believes in justice. He's not greedy. He's not beholden to corporations. He's a, well, they ran with that, and then all these people that were in competition with Bernie. Started pulling shit that I've said on the podcast. Yeah, drunk, high as fuck. Yeah, that's stand sucks. up comedy. Put it in content. So annoying. Put it in, in in quotes. I remember that. And uh, there was one of them. I read this article. There was like on a real, a real newspaper. Um, where uh, in quotes it said he believes that lesbians lack the lower back muscles to fuck a woman correctly. What? <laughs> this is a piece of my act. It was a bit. It was a bit about a conversation that I had at a bar. I was with a friend of mine at a bar, and there's this lady who's really aggressive, who's making out with her girlfriend, and she yells over at us. She goes, sorry, boys, she only likes girls, and I got my own dick. She says this to us. Yeah. So I go, where is it? And she goes, it's a strap-on. And I said, having a strap-on and thinking it's a dick is like having a lighter and thinking you're a dragon. <laughs> Plus, everyone knows that lesbians lack the proper lower back muscles to fuck a woman correctly. It was like I was in this sparring match, this verbal yeah. sparring match with this crazy lady. That's what I said. You can't just take that part out and put it in quotes and say, and I, say think, that's what think he I thinks. really believe that lesbians lack the proper lower back muscles to be in a loving relationship with another woman Insanity. who's also a lesbian. That's not what I said, bitch. I can't trust you on anything. How am I going to trust you with Russia or climate change or anything when you right. lie about jokes? Right. Because they didn't want a guy who wasn't beholden to the system. So there was two people that I was interested in, Tulsi Gabbard. Who's a, she's been a congresswoman for six years. I love her. She's, she served overseas twice. Rock solid. She's a real leader. And they didn't yeah. want to have nothing to do with her. You know, Tulsi is a plant the Hare Krishnas Good. sing to. Good. I hope they get in. Let's give it a chance. Look, Maybe they're man, right. They sing those Hare Krishnas. I, 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 I mean, I, I'm like really eating my ass here. Because like there was a period where I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not going to let the fucking Democratic Party shove this motherfucker who's like, who's like pro all these. Pr what like happens if he dies? Kamala becomes president. And then does she have to get a new vice president? Who does she I get as a vice president? she would have to get a vice president. She gets AOC. Because you don't I have love to be AOC. a certain. You don't have to be a certain age to be vice president. Dude, I love AOC. I don't give a fuck what anybody says about her. She's wonderful. I love her. She's awesome. Eat me alive. I don't care. Look at me. Who cares? Listen. What I like? I, I think she's awesome. I love I her like, so much. And, and I'm going to get shit for it, too. But I think the errors that she makes, she makes because she has this idea that she's trying to do good. I really believe that. She is. She's also 30. Yeah. How fucking dumb were you when you were 30? Right. You know, one of the things about Bridget Fetessy, who's That's hilarious. That's a great point. Bridget Fetessy is amazing. What, what happened here? You have to be 35 to be vice president. Oh, just like president. sorry, AOC. So you know. Hang in there in the wings, baby. We will vote for we'll you, pick you up, AOC! Pick you up in term I two. I will vote for you. I think she's trying to do good. But, yes. Uh, Bridget Fetessy, who's one of my favorite people to, to talk to, she said that when she read a diary that she wrote or a journal that she wrote when she was 24, she's like, Jesus Christ, I was AOC. And now she's like much more of a centrist. In fact, like she's like, was always mocking woke shit. Right. You know, and she's like, but I was like full on woke when I was 24. I get it. It's a thing of a person being a good person who's compassionate, who wants to do good for people, who thinks they're moving in the right direction. But the problem is it's not in a line with 
the understanding that we have currently of psychology and of how people behave and of, of laws and the, the, the idea of punishment and crime. Like, you have to have some of that stuff. Yeah. You have to have incentives for people to do well, but you also have to have disincentives for them. They have to be punished if they commit crimes. You have yeah, to have man. law and order, but you have to have compassion. You have to have goodwill, but you have to have, you have, to have law. You, you have, have to, to model have. it on good parenting, man. It's yes. like that's, that's, where, that's what it should that's be modeled where, on. That's where it's and and also good community. I think parenting is one aspect of your your ability to develop growing up. You like neighbors are important too, man. Friends, absolutely. Uncles, all those people are important in your life. These, Aunts, you know everybody. Your grandparents. There's they're important. There's a lot of shit going on. There's input coming into a person. I just love like thinking like what's outside of propaganda. Parenting, it isn't outside of propaganda, but you can like as a parent, I can see like, look, I, it doesn't matter what my ideals are regarding regulation. Forest matter. is not going to be allowed yeah. to go into the pool. Unless I'm there with him. 100%. He'll die. He'll die. So there's like real, like, there's like a, a true, like, to me, there's a, a, an eternal sort of path in, in like looking at what good parenting is across cultural cultures. And you realize, like, you know, you, you're an idiot if you think that people in the vast number of humans on earth, if you think there people in that vast number aren't insane, like what percentage are insane? Like, well, you're insane. Everybody's insane. Well, I know, but what I'm is sane? That's the problem. Like, what, what by what is that metric? You know, a, a fucking yard is three feet. I know. I'm sane. I'm talking like like people who are like registered sex offenders oh, or okay. you know what I mean, like that that like pathos, like true narcissist, true sociopaths, like. We live in a world where, uh, from time to time, but it's when, still a spectrum, right? Because, like, what if someone's sane but they're a gambling addict and they keep losing all their family's money every have, year on poker games? Right. We got to figure out a way to help them without simultaneously creating tyranny. Have and, you fucked with ibogaine? No, I don't want it, man. I'm terrified of that shit. I haven't fucked with ayahuasca. I smoke DMT from time to time, but I'm scared of a six-hour DMT trip, much less ibogaine freak. Have you done ibogaine? No, I don't have any like uh, physical addictions that I'm trying to kick. Or real uh, personal addictions. I've kind of got those things dialed in in terms of my workout and you know work schedule and family schedule. It's pretty good right now. I got a good harmony. I got a good rhythm, and I'm going to keep that up. Yeah. But um, people that I know that have really needed it are people that got hurt, and then they got uh, prescribed pain pills, and the pain pills is what got them. I know quite a few people that have turned to the ibogaine. Mm. Two good friends that have turned to the ibogaine and it knocked them right off uh, of the addiction and right back on path. And it's really disturbing to me because it's not, it, it doesn't seem to be killing people and it's not legal. And uh, I think going forward in this country, we're going to have to come to grips with a bunch of shit. Yeah. One of the things we're going to have to come to grips with is uh, we've got, and this is not a bad thing, okay? If any company should is allowed to donate to a political candidate, any company, a fucking, you know... Any company, chocolate company, a company that buy, makes cars, if it, then a drug company probably should too. If they're allowed to sell drugs, maybe they should be allowed to to to, to give money to corporations yeah. or give money rather to uh, politicians that are running for government. Why not? Why? I mean, everybody can do it. Who's to say they can't? And the the fucking guys who make cars can when they're polluting the air. Okay? Who knows? But at the end of the day, we have to go. Yo. 
there's a lot of people getting hooked on these pills. Yeah, man. There's a lot of people ruining their lives in these yeah. pills. And we're turning a blind eye because there's a lot of money involved in these pills. Yeah. And it's weird. It's weird. It's, it's weird like weird. the cigarette thing. It's If we're so worried about 170,000 people dying of COVID, why aren't we worried about half a million dying from cigarettes? Yeah, man. Why aren't we worried about all the people that are not just dying but losing their fucking, their sanity on opioids? How many people in this country are hooked on fucking pain pills? Is it? I mean, do we even know the real number? Because how many people are functional where they're hooked on it, but they're just like taking one or two a day and they're just going to work every day? Yeah. And they just stay in the steady haze of fucking working for fucking, uh, you know, uh, Hertz rent a car and they just deal and they got a prescription. So it's all good. Doctor says heroin's Brave good. Brave new world, baby. Dude, Brave new world. This is uh, all this. These are all the things that I think of. And I, this is a, it gives me. This is the perspective that I have in this day and age right now, as I'm talking to you, a place of humility. Because I, I, I'm more aware now than any other time in my life that no one is in control of this thing and that we all have to just stop thinking that daddy's going to rescue us. That's right. Because there is no daddy. Yeah. Garcetti's not your daddy. Gavin Newsom's not your daddy. No. Donald Trump's not your daddy. No. Nancy Pelosi is not your mama. No. None of these things. These, these are just people. And we have to look at this in an objective. First of all, anyone who's famous, anyone, I don't care if you're Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi, those are famous people. Everybody knows their name. Everybody knows what they look like. That's a wild way to live. That's a wild, yeah. crazy way to live. Yeah. That's a crazy way to live. And then you're out there also dictating what people can and can't do. And you're, you're also saying dictating you're where the taxes go. You're, autom you're not. The idea is like by becoming famous, you become antithetical to the very thing that you're representing. So how can you represent it anymore if you have? You, I'm not saying you can't, but I'm saying that's a, that's a different ride. That's a different, that's a different ride. ride than a regular person. Yeah. If you're, if you're a famous person. And you're all of a sudden at the the helm of an empire that's dropping drone bombs on people. Fuck you. Woo. Shouldn't the greatest government be a government that has an idea of eventually there'll be no more government? There should be, but then you have shit like 9/11. You go, what happened? We get attacked. If we, know, but did we? I don't know. I don't know what happened. What happened? I don't know. Who trained those people? Who designed that? A lot of things happen afterwards that people will say, did those things that happen afterwards happen because, and this is my belief, my belief is that all the things that happened after 9-11 in terms of like uh, the Patriot Act and all these other things, they happened because people were taking advantage of an opening where they recognized that a lot of people were scared and then they started implementing these ideas that they would love to do during peacetime, yeah. but they would never be accepted. That's my- The dogs of war. But this is my interpretation. Some people are under the impression that they actually orchestrated the event and then- Afterwards, implementing these new rules and everybody went along with it because of the event they orchestrated. Now, I'm not saying I know that that's not the case, and this is what's the scariest fucking thing to admit. When you know about Operation Northwoods, you know that the government in 1963 was literally planning on blowing up a jet airliner yep. and blaming it on Cuba. They were going to arm Cuban friendlies and attack Guantanamo Bay. They were going to do whatever they could yeah. to get us into a war with Cuba. This was signed by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They're like, I like it. I do like it. deception. Yeah. I like what you're going to do. You're going to kill, kill people. Woo! Yeah. Let's go to war, baby. Go to war. If they did that in what was it, sixty-two or sixty-three? Who who knows how that's evolved? Right. Why why wouldn't that evolve? Everything evolves. 
Okay, technology evolves. Our understanding of uh, bi- biology evolves. Everything yeah, evolves. Everything I'll evolves. You, you know what evolved? What evolved was not the technique. What evolved was the story. The technique seems to be the same. You look at the news, that Putin opponent, Ooh. he fucking keels over in an airplane, moaning, on a plane, screaming. All he had to drink was tea. The Kremlin apparently says, we wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And it's like, wait, actually, the use of poison and imperialism is a pretty classic, basic technique. Like, not just in Game of Thrones, but like, in general, if you're an imperialist and you're interest is like power you you use whatever technique you have to use to doesn't that technique and using it in that way point to this thing that we're really worried about what we're really worried about is there this there's this underlying narrative that's going on where these elites are battling it out and these warlords yeah and these evil sociopaths that yeah. run the world are battling it out all the well they don't think they're but evil they, but they don't do it uh, they don't just have a guy just fucking blow no. his brains out on the airplane and then just jump right off on the tarmac and then he gets rescued by the Russian police and then nobody says anything about it ever. No, they do it in a weird, sneaky way. Yeah. Where it's like there's some plausible deniability involved. Right. Well, they for, n- number one, they don't think they're evil. Putin doesn't wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, I'm an evil jackal. What are the henchmen of the apocalypse? Putin probably wakes up in the morning. I imagine he stretches. He looks at his phone. He's got texts from his friends. He's like, that motherfucker, fuck that bitch. <laughs> and then he like, and then more than likely he probably exercises. And then he go and he, and I bet a lot of times Putin wakes up in the morning. He's like, I don't want to go to work. I bet a lot of times he's like, God damn it. I just want to fuck off all day. Then he has to go to work. He's stuck being Putin. Trump wakes up in the morning. Same problem. He's like, this sucks. He's drinking Diet Coke, watching Fox News. I promise you. Tweeting he w- out crazy shit. He wakes up in the morning, like takes whatever the fucking drug he's on. <laughs> what do you think he's taking? Dude, I don't know, if but you had I a guess. want some of it. Well, if you had to guess. He's on some, some kind of ephedrine. He's on an amphetamine, I yeah, would say. Amphetamine. I don't know what it is. but Some like, sort of diet pill. Yeah, Was it ever confirmed that that whole thing where they said they found the very re- Dwayne Reed pharmacy in New York City where well, he man, had been uh, taking I'm amphetamines? I'm not going to beat up for, somebody for being no, on drugs. Listen to me, man. He's 74. He wins. Okay? If you can make that much money while you're on amphetamines, and you don't <laughs> die, then they're right. The doctors are right. The doctor's like, it's safe. He's like, are you sure? I want to make money. Yeah. I want to keep going. I don't want to sleep. Like, just take this shit. You don't have to sleep. And he just keeps going. He rattles off fucking campaign hey, speeches I, and hops on a helicopter and flies a, a thousand miles away. Find me a 70-year-old not on drugs, and I will give you $100. <laughs> <laughs> give me a fucking break. You're 70. You're going to die in like 20 years. so true. You're going to die. Like if when I'm 70, oh, my mouth is gonna be like a baby bird underneath any drugs that he yeah, wants to put in. Of course, so, we're, we're both high now. Yeah, we're drugs are fine. Drugs like now. I don't care if Trump is on drugs or Putin's on drugs or whoever's on drugs. It's like the point is like these these the problem is that like we like to imagine like Trump wakes up in the morning and is like let me destroy this country. Trump wakes up in the morning in a haze. He takes some weird drugs. He tries to remember what he's doing. I promise you. Every morning he thinks to himself, why the fuck did I listen to my kid? I guarantee it was his kid who's like, dad, you got to run for president. No, He's like, no, 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 no. You don't think, you think he wants, no. I don't think he wants to be president. No, 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 no. It was Obama talking shit about him. 100%. Oh my God. 100%. When, when Obama was doing that dinner, 
You know that uh, that's that uh, that thing that they do every year where they have yeah, comedians that, go yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. What's it called again, Jamie? The press roast. White House Correspondents Dinner. Yeah, White House Correspondents Dinner, and Donald Donald Trump's in the audience and. Barack Obama's going deep, and he's hitting him with some bombs. <laughs> it was good. Too. It was good. And one of the things he hits him with is, here's one thing I am that you'll never be, president of the United States. <laughs> and everybody goes, oh! It's like, you know that meme with the kid in the hoodie? <laughs> yes! With the glasses? And he's just standing there, and all the other kids are running around going, oh! He's summoned a demon! Can we hear some of this, or are we get in uh, trouble? No? Know. It was a brutal yeah. roast. Is that, is that like uh, public domain or anything? I don't know. Do you think he wrote it? Do you think no. he wrote it? I don't think he wrote it. Oh, sure. He would write that because Trump was a part of the birther moment. But here's the thing. Honestly, legitimately, I hope he was born in Kenya. I hope they pulled it off. Because I don't care. Because my grandparents care. were born in Italy. I don't give a fuck. Right. I don't need you to be born in this patch of dirt. You know why? Because I'm not a fucking idiot. I don't think you should have to be born on a patch of dirt. Look, should you be have to be born in uh, fucking Calabasas in order to be the president no. of uh, Nobu or whatever? That's a bad example. But <laughs> do, you have to, do you have to live? It's a restaurant, a sushi oh. restaurant in Malibu. Do you have to live like in the town? Like what? What are you saying? The old oh, patch of dirt is significant. Where was you expelled out of the vagina? I, I moved here when I was 13 minutes old. Is that okay? What if I? What if I? My mom shat me out in the middle of a plane on the way across <laughs> the Pacific. Who cares? Am I American? Who cares? It's stupid. It's dumb. It's yeah. fucking dumb. Well, it's it, that's like geospatial so, centrism. It, I hope he's born in Kenya. I hope I hope he admits it. I, I hope he care. says, "Oh, and by the way, I was born in Kenya." Oh shit! If Obama wanted to, you know, you have that. Everybody has like one friend. You're like, please come out, come out of the closet, please. Yeah, please. You'll no one feel will better. Care. No one will care. This is there's never been a better time. If Ob I'm not saying Obama was born in Kenya, I believe everything he says. I believe he was born in Hawaii. But part of me wishes he was actually born in Kenya, and he waits until after the election, and if Biden wins, he just gets in the moment. By the way, I was born in Kenya. Oh! And the whole audience just goes, bah! The earth turns into a sun. Everything would erupt. Uh, Man, I gotta pee. Go I gotta pee, pee. Go pee. But what are you gonna do when I go uh, pee? Jamie has editing equipment. Oh, right. He's the wizard. Don't take your headphones off. Headphones, don't run away. Uh, you, you wrapped don't behind the back. Jeremy. That was close. I don't want to we're not, we don't have to end. Okay, great, great. There was one thing that I wanted to make sure um, when we decided to go to Spotify. One, the, one of the first things I thought of is Duncan Trussell has to be episode number one. That was like a legitimate thing I thought because there's something about my relationship with Duncan. It's very unique. Like He brings things out of me. He, he puts me in – when you're around certain friends, they put you in a state of mind – that you don't go into when you're not with them. When I'm with Joey Diaz, one of the things that I love about Joey Diaz, when I'm, I'm always smiling when I'm with Joey Diaz. First of all, because he knows I love him. I've, I've loved him forever. We've been friends forever. Every time I see him, I hug him. So because he knows I love him, when we're around, he just starts talking shit. He, so he gets loose because he knows that I'm his number one fan. And uh, another person like that is Duncan. When I'm around Duncan, there's something like we do to each other. Like we're like some sort of a weird epoxy where you mix it together, where he puts my mind in a place that it doesn't ordinarily go to 
automatic. Like, I think I genuinely believe there's ideas that I form when I'm talking to Duncan, like ideas popping in my head when I'm talking to him that they don't get there anywhere else. And it's, it kind of goes in with what we were talking about, about that other guy's idea of uh, thoughts and, and my, my concept of ideas that maybe they're a life form. Maybe they're just like E. coli that lives in your gut or the flora that's on your skin. And that they, different people have different combinations of those things. Just like some people, you just don't vibe with them. You talk to them, you just want to get away from them as quick as possible. You're like, oh, this person's so annoying. And you can't help it for whatever reason. It's like they say that women, pheromone-wise, like women can smell a man's clothes. And they can sort of, I don't know if this is true, but I read that they can accurately depict if they smell a man's clothes, whether or not they uh, should be attracted to that man, whether or not they're genetically, yeah. they, they, they match up well with that man. But that gets fucked up when they're on birth control. Yeah, that's sex at dawn, When they're on birth dawn, control, right? it gets confused. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it, it's in sex at dawn, but it was a real study. And there's a real uh, concern about that, that people are, you know, you, you, we're, we're losing some of our senses. Dude, some I was our, in a relationship with a woman who got off birth control and stopped wanting to fuck me. Ooh. And I remember like hearing that and like being able to refer to the moment that she seemed to be really into me. But then she got off birth control and suddenly her like real intuition was like, you don't want to make babies this guy. This guy's fucked Whoa. up. And she stopped. She stopped. It was real. Like I remember the moment it happened. It was so bizarre. It was like, it, it was great. I'm glad. By the way, I'm glad. Because like the baby that we made is so beautiful and like have you heard this shit about how the egg picks the sperm have you heard about this how the egg does this is the new research is like you know as dudes we're always like well we make the cum and there's a sperm that makes it to the end of the race and that's the one that makes the baby so in our minds we're like it's our it's like a sperm that won a marathon gets into the egg as a reward for winning the marathon. But now the idea is the egg actually is like the sperm are running to the finish line and the egg sends out chemicals to destabilize certain sperm and picks the one that fits best with the, 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 the whatever the plan of the egg is. Look at that. Human eggs use chemical signals to attract sperm. Humans spend a lot of time and energy choosing their partner. New study by researchers from Stockholm University and Manchester University NHS Foundation yeah. Trust shows that choosing your partner continues even after sex human eggs can choose sperm. It's the goddess, baby. Whoa. Dudes, it's like the last fucking bastion we had was this idea that we had this athletic little bit of our cum that made it's it It's really the mother egg. The picks it's it like, off. Come, come to me. Come to me and the come rest to mama. back. Come back. to mama. It sends yeah. out signals to destroy certain sperm trying to ma that made it all that way. Choosy eggs may pick sperm for their genes, defying Mendel's yeah. law. We're, we're done. But then again, the sperm that get there, those are still at the front of the pack. Yeah, like in Price is Right. Like most who, likely, the egg, you know, the egg's going to like, look, I want right. the best sperm, that's but the best good. one's going to be the one that's there first Dude, anyway. Dude, it's very... Maybe it's, it's both things. It's good. It's sweet. It's, it's, it's sweet. It's kind of both things, right? 
Yeah, but the final decision's the egg. Bitch ass, lazy sperm that just bounces off the head of the rugged <laughs> sperm and like winds up plop. Wow, can't believe you chose me. It's like I didn't shit. Now I have a nerd. And the the egg gets really pissed because it's not a precise mechanism. There's a lot of chaos going on to encourage, you know, entropy and to encourage uh, innovation. That they figure out how to better the better uh, version of the species to get into the egg. Yeah. But sometimes there's a headbutt. And then the dum dum goes right in yeah. head first and bang. You got a kid that's not that bright. You don't want that kid. But then that being said, so on Those one kids are supposed to get eaten by coyotes. On one level, it's great because it says actually the goddess chooses everything. But then on another level, you've got Hitler. Exactly. So that Hitler's mom's egg had a bunch of other sperm that were like, We're not doing a genocide. And what's we the connection with what we talked about before with Hitler? Amphetamines. Yeah. Hitler was it's all high. about, they would inject coke in him and testosterone in him. There's a legendary story about how Mussolini wanted to talk to Hitler about pulling out of the war. And Hitler showed up, shot up with cocaine and testosterone and just, yeah. I don't even, Mussolini know what the fuck he was saying, but he sweated on him until Mussolini relented. Dude, I don't this, know if that's true. McKenna used to talk about alcohol in this way, like the idea, but like, like we survived alcohol, just like the well, he talked about alcohol being the differentiation between the ancient psychedelic cultures, the like uh, Choctaw Hyuk yeah. that worshipped the cattle, which like shat on the ground, the mushrooms grow yeah. from, and they had all this mushroom iconography to when they started. Preserving things yes. and preserving things in honey, which meant fermented honey, which meant mead, which meant alcohol. And then they switched to an alcohol-based society That's when it. they couldn't grow the mushrooms anymore because of climate change or because they were moving and moving in different directions. This is what I think happened. This is where I disagree with McKenna. What I how, think happened, First of all, how confident are you? Not that confident. The fact that you say, I no, disagree with McKenna. I was about to <laughs> apologize to Dennis McKenna and say, I acknowledge I'm a complete dope. Well, he, he disagrees with his brother sometimes. Yeah, but he disagrees in the way an ethnobotanist disagrees with a scientist, not in the way some fucking guy. Somebody literally goes at night, goes to Reddit conspiracy <laughs> and disagrees. Who's literally on a show called Joe Rogan Questions Everything? We investigated UFO materials. I'm sure, like, Stephen Hawking disagreed with Albert Einstein, bro. <laughs> You went into a bunker to talk to a dude who's going to start a cult. And you're like, hey, you guys grow tomatoes? <laughs> no. Like, I'm... I'm... <laughs> I remember coming back. I'm like, what was that guy like? like? He was a really nice guy. I'm like, well, can a nice guy digs a hole in the side of a fucking mountain and parks his SUV? <laughs> this guy's crazy. Bro, yeah, it's so stupid to say I disagree with 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 like one of the great minds, and I acknowledge that. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, to me, like this is where I, this is what I picture happening. So okay, we're storing our mushrooms in jars of alcohol, right? We're storing our mushrooms in jars of alcohol, and the rich people, the elites, eat the mushrooms. They all trip out in their little orgiastic, <clears throat> fucking awesome thing, and then who's left? The people whose job it is to put the mushrooms in the alcohol. And what's yeah. left? These jars that have a little bit of booze in them and some mushroom residue. They drink it. And then they start, you know, like that would be the beginning of like getting fucked up on alcohol. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I, I imagine that like really like if you look at like, okay, mushrooms or LSD or any psychedelic, it teaches you you're a we, not an I. You're a we, not a me. 
Yeah. And, 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 and booze, what does it teach you? You're a me. When you're all pissed off on booze, 100% of the time you're not angry because you're like worried about the conditions of the world. You're usually angry because someone, like what's funnier than when you like insult an alcoholic? How many times have you been around like a... Have you ever heard of alcoholics' feelings where you say to them, hey, you're an alcoholic, and you see that look in their face where they recognize that you're telling the truth? Yeah. And then it really hurts? Yeah. And they get mad at you? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I like the alcoholic outrage is one of the most like de desperately sad things to witness. There's nothing worse than a drunk whose feelings are hurt because usually their feelings are hurt because... Because so, you told the truth. Too. Yeah, yeah. They don't want the truth, and so because their their condition depends on lies. So well, it's a weird, um, like one of the things about alcohol. It's like it sort of narrows reality. Yeah. You know, like if you think of one of the things that I really, really enjoy about edibles, there's a thing that I enjoy where I get so paranoid and so freaked out that I don't think I'm gonna make it, yeah. and then I come down from that. And I get to this place of humility. And that's one of my favorite places to be as a person. When I'm coming down from like a horrendous yeah. edible high, and then all of a sudden I'm like real thankful that it's over. I just want to be friends with people. Yeah. Like that, there's that space. And it, it, it sort of brought, like the world broadens, your danger broadens, your humility, your humanity, your vulnerability broadens. Yeah. And then it comes back to a manageable level, and you recognize that it could be so far worse than what you're experiencing currently. And it's just yeah. your perspective that's fucking things up. Because right now, with you and me right here, no people have ever been more comfortable in the history of humanity. No. no we're both in love. We both have children. Yeah. We're both drunk and high. We yeah. both love each other. It's the we're best. both making each other laugh. Yeah. Anybody in this position that looks at things incorrectly. But, like... Our, our problem is always perspective. Our problem is yeah. always not recognizing how good we have it when we have it. That's right. Dude, this is like, there's a Buddhist teacher, Jack Corfield, who says, tend to the part of the garden you can touch. Mm. And also, Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche, in one of his books, one of the things he said was, look, it could, he, and he meant it, it could be there's an ism that's good. There's an ism that's the right way to be. Like it could be socialism, communism, who knows, capital. He didn't say that, but right. there could be an ism that works. Right, because we, we, can't, we can't accept the fact that the isms of the past are the only ones that are ever going to be available. Right. That's crazy. There might be a utopian ideal that is applicable to the now. Or but, just better. But what he said, what I love about what he said is it doesn't matter if you can't find peace in your own home. Yes. If when you're in your own home, there's yes. disharmony. If yes. you're in your own home, people are unhappy. Yes. In your own home, people are freaked out. Then why would you even think about socialism, capital, capitalism, right. or communism when right. the when the when the pixel of re, of society is the house, the householder? Mm. And if within that pixel there's division, then of course in the world that division would be like made into some monstrous thing. So well, I, even down to the core, to the singular you as a human, who yeah. are, are you okay? Yeah. Do you have your shit together or no? Sometimes yes, sometimes, sometimes no. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. And everybody wants to point at people who don't. Go yeah. look at you. Yeah. You don't have your shit together, Duncan. I know, I know. You I, got three uh, quarters of your shit together. That's not helping me get my shit together. That with your white privilege.
but I'm trying to be better. I believe you, but you must be punished. I'm not sure for how long. Well, that's aggression. Silence. I want silence from you for an extended period of time. I'll give it On to you. On the side. I'll like give it the, to you. The, the further the silence, the more you're going to appease people. You can wait 10 years and no one, like four people will be upset. Look, what, man. 10 months. All, like, to me, like, it's like the whole, that, that whole ball of wax, man. It's like, dude, like, after, once I started, like, the thing is, like, when all this shit happened, and as a comedian, I was, like, really afraid to get into, like, even, like, a little bit of studying the shit people were upset about. Because, like, no, like, comedian in their right mind wants to be identified with, like, some woke-ass comedian. Because it's embarrassing. But then when I started looking into it, and then I found out about the George Washington shit. The George then, Washington shit is super creepy. Creepy. Because there's no way if those teeth were valuable that people weren't murdered for their teeth. That's it. Like there's to, no way people weren't like just held down and they got their teeth stolen or they were told that they were going to get money and they weren't. And they were many of them were had been raped. But here's the thing: is there real value in getting outraged at shit that happened hundreds of years ago, or is it is it a, an acknowledgement of? First of all, the fact that we all agree we can do better. That's what the turmoil... The turmoil exists, all of it, social, economic. The turmoil exists because we haven't really come to grips with whether or not we can all get together and be cool with each other all the time. Yeah. So there's always some sort of turmoil. And when you look at turmoil in terms of like uh, whether it's financial turmoil or social turmoil... We're always trying to figure out, like, who's being the asshole, right? Don't yeah. you feel like that? Like, when you see... What do you mean? When you see anything that's happening, like when you see, um, when, when, when you, when you see uh, a government getting overthrown, when you see war, yeah. you're always like, who is being the asshole? Any kind of turmoil. You mean you try to find the perpetrator of the difficulty right what's causing it and is it possible that most of this shit could be avoided and what's stopping most of it from being avoided when you look at any kind of any time a government like any kind of country in invade any time a country invades another country anytime bombs are being dropped yeah. from drones like what can be done to avoid this that's right what can be done dude i man i i started this fucking Pandemic Philosophy Club is what we call it with like my friends Marcus and Brandon. What's up? We don't even do a podcast. Every Friday, we just get together and talk. And uh, they like Midnight Gospel. That's how I got lucky enough to meet them. Midnight Gospel is an amazing show, dude. Thank you, brother. Can I just say before we get going, I'm really proud of you. Thank you, really, brother. Really proud of you because it represents you as an artist more than like, almost anything uh, any of my friends who've ever done has done because you're so weird. And it's so weird, but it's so funny, and can't it's so amazing. They let us make it. It's amazing. They let us make it. I can't believe praise, they let us make it. Praise Odin for Netflix. Praise Odin. I, praise Odin. But what but, they've done is amazing. But what you've done is somehow or another encapsulate what, some of the things I love about you, how weird you are, how uh, you're not like anybody else. When you came here today, one of the things that I said to you, I go, dude, I go, you're the only guy that like I like listening to your ads. <laughs> That's sweet, Joe. Yeah, I do. Thanks, man. Your fucking ExpressVPN ad is a hilarious ad. It took so long, I didn't even know if it was an ad. Thank you, It was Sensei. just some crazy, but you're the best. I well, wanna, I'm I one of the ones who was You are the, the best 
that I've ever seen at reading ads. Out of all the people that I've ever heard who read ads, yeah. your ads are the most entertaining. You're very sweet, Joe, and I'm not going to get in a, a cock-sucking competition with you, but I wouldn't be here if not for you, and that's the truth, and I'll never stop saying it, and I will never stop being grateful to you. But for... I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be me if it wasn't for my friendship with that's you either. That's very sweet, man. It's true. It's I true. appreciate we, that. We all benefit each other. Yeah, from... but you, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm so sorry. By the way, I had a little bit of booze, so forgive my like impetuousness that I would like suddenly interrupt you but you do have a history of finding like young comedians who are like and you do like help us a lot and we are eternally grateful to you and i don't care if you don't acknowledge it you won't acknowledge it because if you did you're afraid you'll go crazy it's not that i want I'll, I'll tell you from my perspective it's not that i'll go crazy it's that i have to do it there's no if ands or buts it's a path it's like if you're going down if you're on a fucking uh one, one of those uh water slides and you're going flying down <laughs> yeah. You're just going that way. If you're a good person and you love comedy and you love comedians and you have friends and you want to see them happy and you want to see them successful yeah. and you know they're good and you know it benefits not just them but you to elevate them. Right. I'm like, hey, check out <laughs> Annie Letterman. Hey, yeah. check out everybody, whoever yeah. it is. It's like. I want them to know that my relationship with them, anybody who's listening to this podcast or anybody who listens to my stand-up or watches it, it's genuine. That's who I am. So if I find someone who's awesome, I want you to know about it. I don't want to get paid for it. If I find a, a great band, I start talking about it on Instagram. I find a, a great application. Yeah, man. I tell people. It's cool. I have the obligation. It's, I didn't know Not if I did or I didn't. Does that. But I did I don't I don't think I'm in a position that everybody's in. It's a weird spot. And might I say, I'm so glad that Annie Letterman is someone that you've your attention is fun. She is so funny. She's so funny. Her podcast is so fucking funny. I'm sure it is, but dude, her and Whitney, dude, this is what happened. We were at the comedy store the other night. Mike Binder Mike Binder is doing his uh his whole uh, 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 Showtime documentary thing. So we're all on the roof. It was fun, man. I got to chat with uh, Paul Rodriguez. Very cool dude. I really never got a, a lot of time spending uh, talking to Paul Rodriguez he's before. Cool. He's really cool, man. He's really cool. He had some good, con good, uh, good stories about uh, South America and Latin America and Mexico where comedians who actually got jailed. Yeah. Really interesting shit. And Bill Burr was hilarious, and Annie Letterman was on fire, and then there was Whitney Cummings and Jay Leno, and we had a good fucking time, man. It was a real and Mike Binder. It was a really good fucking time. It really was. It was. Um, it was. It first of all, it reminded me how much I loved that place. Like God. I walked in there, I was like, God damn. It, it, I got so emotional when I walked right now, in the door. Man. But when I had Whitney and. Annie together and they're talking shit to each other. I'm <laughs> like, these girls are so funny. Yeah, man. And they love each other. They're really good friends. And, and and I said, Whitney was scheduled to be on the podcast. And then I said to her, I said, do you care if Annie comes? I want Annie to come, but it's up to you. She's like, fuck yeah. So I brought Annie in too. And the two of them together, dude, they're savages. That's, that's the future of female comedy. Truly. And the future of podcasting. Because there's all these like, like that's a popular thing now. Like guys we fucked. They're, they're killing it. And then there's the Call Her Daddy. That show's killing it. Like, they're on a different vibration than you, Duncan Trussell, but there's a really popular sort of segment. Yeah. And these two girls together, two hilarious stand-up comics, talking shit together on a podcast. I'm like, you guys have to do it. But they're also, like, you got to admit, like, they're gonzo. Like, the Hunter yes. S. Thompson thing. Like They're full gonzo. Both of them 
are like terrifying in their own way. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you encounter either of them. I have to help them, right? You have, have, to, to, I have help to help them. them do a podcast. Well, what I mean, it has to do. be Annie and Whitney because the A's make you find it quicker. Ah, the world deserves it, but like, <laughs> I remember going to do right? Annie when it I went to be Annie and Whitney. When I went to do Annie Letterman's podcast, I won't give anything away, Annie. What happened? I'm not. I can't say it on. I, I, it's not legal. But like, I remember like leaving there, being like, "Wow, <laughs> holy shit!" Like, yeah. I remember leaving there just thinking like. Whole, not just that, not whatever I'm saying right now. I'm saying, like, realizing, like, I, I've always loved chatting with Annie Letterman. We have great conversations. But I remember, like, getting into her, where she lived and looking around and realizing, like, well, she's formed some kind of cult. I don't know what it is. She's and really funny, man. She's so funny. And, and, like, that, like, just that moment of, like, wow. My, yeah. Like, you're, you're, like, both of them. Well, that it's the thing is, is like this uh, acknowledgement. First of all, you uh, your your podcast has a cult following, and you've hit this like weird place. And I think you feel very similar to the way I do. That when you find someone who's extraordinary, you want to let everybody yeah, else know. Yeah, exactly. We we both have that. Yeah. We, we all of us have that. Joey has that. Ari has that. Ari is one of the best. If you're Ari's friend and you have a special coming out, Ari will promote the fuck yes. out of you. He's amazing at that. He did it for Joe List. He's done it for Mark Normand. He's helped get guys on my podcast and I blow them up because if you're friends with Ari, you're friends with me. But we're all like that. Diaz, Red Band's like that. Tony Hinchcliffe's like that. Everybody will tell you all the people around them that are killing it. And I think that's real important, man. I think it's an important thing to get out there. There's a, there's a, frequency, there's a frequency that we're all sending out, and it's a frequency of camaraderie. You know, of, uh, it doesn't matter if you're wrong sometimes. or It's just like sometimes you fuck up. Like We're all like trying to yeah, go man. the right direction. You know? When we're talking about that dumb sperm that clashes heads with the <laughs> alpha sperm and just accidentally slides in, yeah. that shit is gonna happen. That's right. All these things are gonna, but we we have to move forward in the spirit of camaraderie, and this is like the big test. Let's can we for a second just draw? I don't care. It's so cheesy, and every you've heard everyone's heard you talk about the comedy store. Let's just spit a second with the comedy store, man, because like for me, and this is the truth, and like you know, I was talking to Ari. He's like. You never went. I'm like, I, I was going up like twice a week, but even if I wasn't. He said you never went? No, for a second, because he didn't. You worked there, dude. That's how we became friends. I know, but from Ari saw me in a really dark period where I was like not showing up for spots, and he rightfully judges me for that. But mm. like, it's okay. I get, was that when you were living with me? That was after I was living with you. I went through a dark period. I didn't take, I took it for granted and I deserve No, his, no, no. But I, whatever but is. But Duncan, Jesus has always been complicated. That's not, it's not, yeah. it's not, you're complicated. You know, yeah. I was having a conversation with someone and they were saying like, uh, it's, it's okay to have a loose chassis, but you got to stay on the road. Yeah, I, I try to stay on like, the road, man. Mm. But I love the comedy store. I love it with all my heart. Dude, it, when, when you and I became friends, we should tell people. 
you and I became friends because I would call into the comedy store and I'd say, hey, yeah. I'm here uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yep. And you'd be like, cool, man. Hey, did you fucking see this thing yeah. that they're saying is happening in Nepal where all these people are getting together and they're yeah. all seeing these... Like, yeah. We'd have these crazy conversations that go best. on for hours. You'd, you'd, you'd put me on hold, you'd take another call, <laughs> and then we would talk about fucking Terrence McKenna yeah. and Graham Hancock. The best. Dude, we, had, we would get baked on the phone where Duncan Trussell was a comedy store employee and I was I was at home and, and we would get high and we yeah. would just start talking about aliens it was the and best, ghosts. And, it was the best, man. That place is a temple for but, real. Dude, but you and I became pen like phone pals. We but that's how we got to be friends and like here we, we got, are right now. <laughs> the funny thing is the conversation we're having is no different than com the conversation no. we had when I was working there, but I was saying to Jamie when you left and went to pee, the, the, the people bring things out of people. And it's something that I don't think people like to admit. But yeah. sometimes people bring bad things out of people, and sometimes people bring good things out of people. Yeah. And when I'm with you, I'm different than when I'm not with you. Yeah, man. I don't like. I, I really don't want this conversation to end. Like, I'm not going to get all <laughs> sappy and cinematic. You fly to Austin occasionally. I'll anytime fly you, you out. want, man. I'll, I'll come. Fly you I'll come out. anytime you want. Okay. But like, it won't. To we me, to, it's I'll, like. This is my solution to all this. I'm just going to yeah. fly people out and put them up and pay for their food. It'll and be great. Get them massages. It'll be great, man. But, like, all that being said, like, we just, I just don't, I don't think anyone can understand what it's like unless they've been there to get off stage at the comedy store. And you have a good set, maybe, but you're working on a joke, and you get off stage, and suddenly Whitney Cummings, who's like a very rightfully successful, brilliantly funny person, stops you and says, hey, what do you think about this addition to your punchline? You know what I mean? Like, those yeah. moments are so, yeah. so like, so, like, because in that moment, there isn't, like, a hierarchy. Like, yep. in that moment, there isn't, like, look, I made, like, a, shows for network TV. Dude, one of my proudest moments as a comic, I was at the improv, and this was, like, 2003 or some shit like that. And uh, Louis C.K. sits in the back of the room and takes notes. And then we get off stage, and he actually asked me before. He goes, "Do you mind if I watch and like mm. give you some like like give you some notes?" I go, "Dude, I'd fucking love that." Yeah. And then afterwards, he had a bunch of really funny suggestions. I, mean, I don't remember if I wind up using any of them, but it was just so fun, so fun to hear him and I talk about like bits and the fact that he would like sit down and watch yeah. these bits. That's it. That yeah. was the. That's the. So to me, like, you know, and I like. I would always tell Aaron, my my wife, I would always say, like, you know, there's no comedy store anywhere else. Like, I, I want to go. I want to be I here. I don't think it's impossible to make that somewhere else. This is the whole reason why I'm interested in moving to Texas. I don't believe that we have to be tethered to this machine that makes things that we don't do. Right. This machine makes music. This machine makes movies and it makes TV shows and we don't do any of those things right. We're in a totally different business and I, I don't think we have to be connected to any sort of legacy Entertainment structure it doesn't make any sense and it's legacy they're just, entertainment they're just trying structure. to siphon money off of you, right? It's just like they, they're not they're missing the point like I want to tell the truth I don't want to just sell things. Right. I want. I want. I want to say what I'm thinking yeah. right now, whether yeah. it's good or bad, or, or angry or sad or remorseful. I want to be able to say it anytime I want to say it, and this is not acceptable in the the the, the regular old school legacy medium that 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 people are 
thinking of as, as mainstream media. And it was mainstream media like 20 years ago or 30 years ago. But what we're you and I are doing right now is writing on a fucking cave wall compared to what's coming. What right. you and I are doing right now compared yeah. to what the fuck is going to happen when Elon Musk starts <laughs> producing this whole neural link. No, yeah. Yeah. And then they, they, they develop some sort of fucking uh, satellite network where everyone's yeah. connected and reading each other's minds yeah. all over the globe. Dude, this is cave wall scratch tickets sh bullshit. I know. And to We're me, playing tic-tac-toe by the fire. But this is what's this is to me like the poignant thing about like neolithic structures is like you see the neolithic structure and you know like fuck man people spent a long time building that and in this in the process of building that they became friends and they shared stories and it was really beautiful but now all we see is some old eroded shit that we don't know anything about right yeah so to me what's beautiful is like you are absolutely right this thing we're doing right now it's it doesn't matter if what like, we're doing is like morse code it's gonna be gone it doesn't matter if it's a million years it, it won't be a million years It'll be, it won't be that long before our conversations seem dated but you know what we're doing also we're doing the same thing that beethoven was doing where they were making music at a time where you couldn't record it so you had to write it down yeah we're doing this some clunky ver like if you could clunky. listen imagine if you could listen to the actual orchestra that was playing like Beethoven's hmm. Fifth Symphony. Oh shit, that's crazy! Can you imagine, ah! bro. Whoa! But also being in context. <laughs> crazy. Of never having heard The Doors. Whoa. Never having heard Hendrix. People cough. Yeah, right. Never having heard any of that. Only being in that era. Wow. And sitting in the audience. Da 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 did I make that up? Jamie, act like... No, no, I don't... It was a terrible like, impression. It was like, who am I? Yeah. But think about but how powerful that is. being there in the moment when it was first released. Yeah. And no one could record anything. And now you it's had echoing. To write it, you had to write it down in some weird... They had to develop a language for to music. say what it was, yeah. I mean, you could be a badass guitarist in 2020 and not have any idea how to read music. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's right. You could like watch videos and just decide I'm just gonna go full Stevie Ray Vaughan. Some people don't want to know how to read it. Yeah, they want to be able to just free. Oh, what's the earliest recording of that? Is this hooked on? Can you play that? Or we we get in trouble? Let's see what you happens. can't play it. That is it. That's it, right? That's Beethoven's Fifth. I mean, bro, imagine being alive back then when you never heard any shit like that. Dude, I was sitting in the audience. Do you remember when Notorious Big IG, B-I-G? <laughs> Big IG, Biggie. Notorious you remember Biggie. when Biggie came out with Hypnotize? No. Do you remember? How old were you? I don't know the year. I don't know. Biggie, I have to Biggie do Hypnotize seems like 95 because I, uh, I was on news radio. And uh, I remember driving to work. What year? 97. 97? Yeah. So, okay. I was on news radio from 94 to 99. So I was on news radio, and I remember driving to work and hearing that going, whoa, they just cracked through some new level. Yeah. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words, they hypnotize me. Great song. Oh, my God. But it was just, there was something about it where I was like, oh, somebody figured out a new level of the video game. Yeah. They spent a ton of money on, they spent a 
Of course he did. Dude, you don't understand what it was like back then. No internet. You would see him on MTV with piles of cash. Yeah. There was no accountability. <laughs> that's so cool. Like, this is the, like, one, like, there's a, a, a concept in Buddhism, which is like, if you want to really. hasn't even started yet. It's just. That's all. That's just so helicopters and how shit. How many helicopters do you need? Look at him. Look at him, Piggy. Man, do you know how many fucking amazing songs we missed out on because Biggie and Tupac didn't get together and smoke pot? How fucked up Just is have that? a couple of drinks. Like, somebody had them tricked that they were enemies. Imagine if Biggie and Tupac were just yeah. like me and Stanhope or like comics. Yeah. Like comics who just like, like what the fuck are we? We, we should love each other. We're the only ones that there are like, go. how many goddamn MCs are there? How many rappers are there? How many stand-ups are there? There's so few. There you go. We should be so happy. We run it. We can't. That's that kind of talk will get you killed. Because that's the last bastion of the thing that wants to keep us limited, man. It's like, that's the idea. Is but like, even them, man. I'm telling you, for them, they need to listen up. I know you want to have control. But sometimes not having control is better. Like, here's the thing in archery. Let me tell you something about archery. There's a thing about archery where it's very few people can what they call command shoot. What that means is when you draw back the bow and you have your finger on the trigger, you just decide when the arrow is going to go. Okay, sure. Most people don't do it that way. And most people who do these big tournaments, like even the Olympics, they teach them to have a surprise release. It's a psychological trick where you're using a certain type of release where either you have your finger on a trigger and you don't push your finger, you just let your back muscles pull it because they're crude muscles, or you use what's called a hinge, where you slowly wow. pull on the hinge and the, the arrow goes, but you don't know when it's going to go. Whereas a trigger, you know exactly where yeah. it's going to go. Where there's something about knowing exactly where it's going to go, where you just fucking <laughs> you tense up, That's you cool. twitch, and it's hard. It's hard to keep yeah. your mind in order where you just go, especially if you're, you're shooting in a tournament, you're in the Olympics, gold medal round. Yeah. Ah! So very <laughs> few people in the Olympics allow yeah. their brain to decide when the shot goes. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I yeah. get what you're saying, too. This, uh, there's a, the mind of no mind, the, the ability to get out of your own way. And for archers, the best way to do this is either in the hinge release or a release with a thumb where you pull through with your back wow. muscles and it makes the thumb trigger go so off. So cool. This thing is dangerous. This thing's dangerous because you could be, develop what's called target panic. And there's people that never, like my friend Cam Haynes, he's a freak of nature. He's never developed target panic. And he shoots like this. He sees things, he shoots at them, and he's perfect. Yeah. He shoots 140 yards, boop, pop, balloon, yeah. and shit. But he also runs a marathon a day. He's like a freak of nature. He's a right. very rare human. But you can't bank it on those people. You got to think about the rest of the folks. For the rest of the folks, the whole idea is like getting rid of anxiety. And what's anxiety? Anxiety is pulling a trigger. <laughs> if you're in a gold medal round, you're like, I just hit that bullseye. This yeah. is it. America wins. Ah! And you just right. flinch. There's just yeah, a, a, little, so cool. a little thing that happens yeah. to you that you don't want to happen. And your arrow just goes four inches shy Got of the it. mark. Like, Got it. Fuck. Love it. Yeah, that's the. So that is the. So like. And I'm sorry, every every podcast I do with you, I talk about Buddhism, but I don't care. I want you to talk about okay, Buddhism. Okay, thank you. So, like, what I love about it is, like, so everybody gets caught up in the first two ideas in Buddhism. The first being life is unsatisfactory. 
The second being the reason life is unsatisfactory is because you think it's a way that it's not. Now, this gets translated in a lot let's, of... Let's break that down. Life is unsatisfactory, and yeah, the reason you think life is unsatisfactory is because... Well, life... So, the, the best way to put it would be, have you ever been with someone in traffic in L.A., and they're angry? Me. Okay. But Me. when have you ever For been... myself. Right. <laughs> but that's literally the way traffic is in L.A. Yes. Yet somehow, like, because you drove that day into traffic, you got into your head, this would be the one day in L.A. where there wouldn't be traffic. <laughs> no. Honestly, I keep it together. But I do. I do. I recognize that it's knocking on the door. It's like, come on, be a bitch. Freak out. Yeah. I, I really do keep it together. But that this is also the real argument for microdosing. Because if you could just microdose, there would be so much less negative interactions with people whether it's on the highway or sure. anywhere no one's gonna no one who's microdosing on psilocybin is gonna yell at you from across the street put your fucking mask on mm, no they're not gonna do you're that you're gonna let them be themselves but dude you, i yeah. want to be i want to be the person that makes people smile i don't, I don't want to be the person that makes people mad i don't either and, and and this is something i'm like consciously thinking about more and more as i get older i i, I want I want us to do better. I like really do. This is one of the That's reasons your... why I have this idea of like starting over in Texas. I have this mm. idea of like disconnecting from all these old hubs and this idea of what we're doing when we're putting out content into the world. I don't believe it. I don't believe it has to be from a media center. I don't believe it has to be from New York or L.A. I don't believe it. And I, I think yeah. I want to prove to myself that it doesn't have to. I, I want to go. One of the reasons why I wanted to go to Texas is because it's like almost like there's a, there's a certain mockery to living in Texas, you know, Listen, <laughs> especially man, for someone like me. I wouldn't want to be you like you, 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 everything you do is too uh, studied. And, and like I like like I like being free of that magnifying lens. But, you know, to me, like whenever I'm thinking about uh like, you know, it's fun to think about what's the root problem here? The root problem seems to be centralization. It's like wherever centralization rears its head, problems emerge. The root problem is compassion. What do you mean? The root problem is compassion, that we don't make our decisions based on compassion. We make them based on beneficial markers of improvement, whether it's financial improvement yeah. or land grabs. or That's the problem. The problem is that we, we, we have these things in our head where this is what's the most important and this is what's not as important. Like love is important, but if you see two people that are, you know, they're in love, but you don't like either one of them, you, do you feel like that's the same kind of love as two right. people you admire that are together? Yeah, right. Like how many people, who do you know? Like, all right, I'll give you one I do. Laird Hamilton and Gabrielle Reese. I'm friends with those two people. They're super athletes. She was a super athlete in volleyball, and he's like one of the, the greatest big wave surfers the world's ever known. Yeah. I'm friends with them. And when I talk to them, <laughs> if I talk to them either on, like, uh, we do a little fa we do a little FaceTime the other day, and I, and I get out of it, I go, that, I want to be somebody who makes me feel, or, or, or I, I want to be somebody who makes somebody feel the way I feel when I talk to them. That's cool. When I talk to those people, I'm like, these yeah. are superior people. Like, Laird Hamilton's a weird dude, but 
He's also like a superior human who does these crazy pool workouts with like 70 pound dumbbells. Yeah. He gets in the fucking sauna at 250 degrees and rides an Airdyne bike with oven mitts on. Jesus. Yeah, they're freaks. He they're- wears oven mitts because it burns his hand? Yes! 250, 250. So <laughs> You eat at some point. He was like, I gotta put on oven mitts. But he doesn't get out of the sauna. <laughs> and I, I said to myself when I got off the phone with him the other day, um, they're really nice people. They're really, really, they're genuine people. And this is one of the things that happens, and it's a weird thing that happens. When you become uh, more and more famous, you get more and more comfortable talking to other famous people. You know, so you talk, sure. to, to, talk to famous people and you realize, oh, they have a hard time talking to people because other people think they're weird. Yeah. So they have to find famous people that are also nice. Right. And so that's how I feel about them. So I get off the phone with them and I'm like, <sighs> Like you can be, you can be Gabriella Reese, and you can be Laird Hamilton, and still come out and be a really cool, friendly, inspirational, genuine person. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to make somebody else feel the way those people yeah. make me feel. Yeah, man. And that's what I felt like. I love that. That's, that's the it. best thing we can do for each other. That's the answer. And that's like, if, if anything has ever come out of this podcast, it's been good. It's that it's given people a perspective where there's a potential where that maybe they're limited ideas of what they're capable of in terms of their own personal happiness or their own success and whatever their chosen endeavor is. Maybe it's not really limited. Maybe yeah. they can just shift their consciousness and through effort and focus, they can change their destiny. Yeah, maybe man. it's true. Well, you know, the reason I say centralization is because like the first and a very natural reaction to being associated with a body would be that you would centralize on the identity that you're in. You know, if I step on your, if I stomp on your foot, you're going to feel pain. Yeah. So why wouldn't you centralize on this identity that you're in? So, and again, like right now with the science we have, it, it can't show us what it, I think it will eventually show that our sentience isn't limited to the, to the body, that we're a field of consciousness that's kind of getting associated with like particular like quantum clouds of meat that we and call And they interface with other sentient bodies in a way that makes them unique to the relationship between that person. Yeah, like, man. I bet you're different with your wife than you are with anybody you've ever met. Well, that That is true. And, yes. But that's also, like, one of the great, like, right now, one of the big ideas. It's such a cool idea, too, is, like, on stage, off stage. So, uh, how are you acting when you think you're on stage? In other words, like, when you're in front of, like... This is the best part about COVID. There's no on stage anymore. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> but it's, that's the only good thing about COVID for me. Well, there, there's a, actually, it. I'll tell you some other great things about COVID. It's taught us that we can telecommute and businesses still work. And that cha- transforms the landscape. But like yeah. the, the, the on stage, off stage idea or, or the way like Chogim Trevorimfeshe puts it is some people at the end of the day, they go home and they sit on the couch and they go, ah. And, but they only let themselves do that at the very end of the, the day of work yeah. because they've produced in their mind a situation where this is me relaxing and this is me working. Right. Here I am with my family. Here I am with my coworkers. Here I, so this differentiation produces a kind of neurotic, kind of uh, like split personality uh, way of being, which is like really all those, you don't need to wait to get home to sit on the couch to go, ah. <sighs> <sighs> that's where you're at now. Like that's actually every single thing, but the story you're telling yourself produces moments where this is a relaxing time and this is a non-relaxing time. 
but it's just a story, Joe. That that's the idea. And like compassion is like, I think the the beginning of recognizing like you know, how many people have you met? I'm sure, you, and I know my life changed when I went to the doctor with my swollen fucking testicle that by the way before i went to the doctor i would look at myself in the mirror and think man if they were symmetrical i would feel awesome like it felt good to have a big ball there was like <laughs> i literally was like god damn it if they were both like this. you were happy about the one big ball it looked powerful i'm not gonna lie man have you it, ever seen joey diaz's balls yeah like that, like the They're way preposterous. He, he feels like that every day. They don't even make sense. So like for a few months. I Jamie, have you seen Joey's balls? See if you can pull up the picture of Joey <laughs> on stage where he's naked with a, with a, uh, he had a. Um, you can't show. You can't I know, I know, but just for me. He had a, uh, a safety pin and a towel around his uh, neck it. like a cape. And this was for my 1999 Warner Brothers CD called I'm Gonna Be Dead Someday. We yeah. took these crazy pictures in the main room of the comedy store. Dude, I was there. You were there for those the pictures? The Matador outfit. I was like, the, there was some drama you about it. You were there it. for that? You guys snuck in and took the pictures. Were you working? You I working? was a talent coordinator. You guys snuck uh, in, took the pictures. You didn't No, we didn't snuck in. We had a, we talked to, to whoever the fuck it was. was. It was me. Was it Scott Day or Tommy? I'm sorry. I feel like I was there when it happened. I could be you wrong, but it? I remember the Matador but pictures. No, Warner Brothers did it. They, Maybe they, I'm wrong. They made calls. No. Dude, I remember the that. The Matador picture was real. I'm sorry, but I remember a moment. That I was, I think I was a talent coordinator. Where <laughs> suddenly Joey, there's pictures of Joey Diaz in a matador outfit. With there's the funniest thing you've ever seen. But Mitzi caught wind of it. That's what I remember. Is there was some drama around oh. the situation. Like the pictures themselves were like not just funny. They were like kind of artistic. They look cool. There's a picture of Joey, <laughs> and he. Uh, please, someone find this. <laughs> It's in. I think I have the CD, so I have <laughs> it. So funny. If it's on the C, it's on the CD, so I have it. Cause I, I, you know, when I'm moving, I'm going through my shit, and one of the things I found is those old uh, "I'm gonna be dead someday" CDs. That's '99. I became Joey Diaz's uh, associate and best friend around '96. That's when I met him. So I, like I could be wrong when I was there. I just remember there was some you, drama. No, you might have been there if you were there in '99. I, 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 when did you start working? I don't remember. I, I don't remember the exact date. And again, like I don't remember. I just remember there was some drama. I think around. it was before your time, man. I want to feel like it's before your time, dude. It could easily be that Mitzi caught wind of the pictures late or something. <laughs> you know, it, like it, it could easily. I just remember there was some drama attached uh, to the. To that the, lady was so nice to me. She loved you, man. She loved oh, Joey too. She loved, she loved Joey. both of us. She had the 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 funnest thing with like her idea of us together. She loved that we were together, that we were friends. She, she loved was a it. wild. She beast. was a wild lady. She was wild, dude. That was a real guru. Like Mitzi Shore was an actual guru. Yeah. Listen, yeah. man. I, I tell everybody if there's a one human being that's the most important human being in comedy ever that wasn't a comedian, it's Mitzi Shore. That's why she's on the wall of this room. She was a I'm guru. taking her with me, man. Not only that, the movers don't take her. I take her. <sighs> Mitzi's coming with me on the plane. Yeah, man. She was that, real. Listen, that's coming with me on the plane. No bullshit. Yeah. Like, the reason why that's up on the wall after the movers have gone is that's coming with me. Yeah. That's Mitzi. Yeah. She gave me my, my future. 
No, she was wild. She was a wild. She was animal. a crazy lady. She was a perfect person to run the comedy store. Well, no, she had to be that way. You know, you can't. Yeah, you can't. The, make, you can't the, have. The, if you go through, there's photos in the album where you can see Joey with his uh, with a cape. He had this. Uh, oh God damn! I know I can. I know I have it. I know I have it somewhere. I'll find it. It's on one of my folders. You know what was in her when you walk into her Just house? Just Joey Diaz I, I, cape balls. I'm looking. You know what? You know what was in her house <laughs> on Doheny when you walk into How her about, house. No. The, the, so on her house, when you walk in, the first thing you see is what do you call it when people sew and they make art with sew crochet, a crocheted picture, and on it it said, "Dying is easy, comedy is hard." <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing you said eyes uh, on. Yeah, yeah. It, it like it is true, and like yeah, that. Man. That was what's beautiful about her is she understood how hard comedy was. I she told did. you the story of her getting robbed, right? I told you that story. Which story is that? Tell me. So again. like, here's how cool she was. And I I can't remember the name of the comic, but she was giving him spots. I can't remember the name of the comic. This was in the early. It's when better I, you don't tell. Yeah, it's better name. I don't say. So this motherfucker needed money. And he robbed the van. She was in the van. Like, apparently, she, he, he like, at gunpoint, took the cash Jesus. earnings of the, of the club at gunpoint. Like, took the money from her. And she knew who it was somehow. She could tell somehow from the mask. He didn't do a good... She just knew. Right. And I remember her saying, like, yeah, he, uh... He robbed me at gunpoint, but he's funny. <laughs> but he's funny. <laughs> he, and, and that was her. But that was her. Like, can you imagine? Like, if you really think about it, you get robbed at gunpoint by a comedian, yeah. and you still give him stage time. What the fuck is that? Well, that's, that's a that's, that's a guru. Missing, that's yeah. a guru. That's not a hu that's not a normal person anymore. That becomes like that. So I, I've never had that sort of an, a relationship with any human ever. You know, I, I sought her out when I was living in Boston. Really? Yeah. You knew about her, oh, dude. When I was an open micer, okay, I had gotten obsessed with comedy for six months before I could ever do an open mic night because I erroneously assumed that you had to be 21 to be able to get on stage. It turns out you can be younger, but you just can't drink. Right. They watch you. But you can be a 19-year-old and do stand-up. I didn't know. So August 27th, 1988, when I turned 21, I went on stage. And <laughs> when, when I went on stage, I remember thinking... I remember like really clearly thinking, like how weird is this job? That right. there's, a pe there's a bunch of people out there that can just talk and they can make a living. Yeah. How weird is this job? What did you think the first time you ever went on stage and you talked into a microphone? Hello? Hi, my name is yeah. Duncan Trussell. So weird. Like when you look back at those times, like how do you feel? You feel like it's not even you. I met that lady when I met Mitzi Shore. And when Mitzi Shore passed me at the comedy store, I remember thinking when I was in 1988 in Boston that there was this mecca. 
there was this place you had to go where Richard Pryor filmed live at the Sunset Strip and Sam Kennison used to do stand up. Yeah. And fucking Howie Mandel went up and Rodney Dangerfield yeah. and David Letterman. Yeah. God damn, I got to get to the comedy store. Yeah, man. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to get anywhere else. There was one part of me that wanted to go to Houston because I had heard that like Sam Kennison did these yeah. wild shows in Houston. I want to go to Houston. But the, the big thing for me was I got to get to the store. And yeah, when man. I got passed by that lady, dude, you know, it's one of the reasons why I feel so compelled to help people on this podcast. It's because I feel like when that lady passed me, I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm a real comedian now. Yeah, man. Like, I don't have to be scared. I just have to keep working. Yeah. I, I, I got passed. Yeah. By the godmother, the real godmother. Yeah. Like, you worked for that lady. That's right. You were there all the time, man. I know. I can't she, go back. She made us... She she created an environment that accelerated comedy. Yeah, man. She pushed comedy because she kept it together, but, like, at the fucking highest RPM, like, at 9,000 RPMs of the engines going... She kept it together. You remember she let what, these comics be wild. You remember when Ari slapped Bobby Lee? Of course I remember. Do you I know that's when he, when he started getting spots? <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> you know I know because I was jealous. I was oh a talent coordinator. Ari, like, I, like I remember Ari's gradually unraveling into his comedic self. And, like, I remember, like, Ari smacks Bobby Lee. I don't remember. There was a fight between Ari and Bobby Lee. And I remember as the talent coordinator, that was when Mitzi starts getting so him spots. He's now a comic. Oh, my God. Somewhere in that, like, in that, like, throwing off of rationality and that, I don't know what it was, man. Like, in, you know, you. The, the, Here's the most important part of Mitzi. She was a woman. She was a woman, and she encouraged chaos. She wasn't in remotely concerned with safety. <laughs> She wanted wild people, man. Well, no, she wanted, yeah. dude. She wanted me to be wild. That, That's what she wanted. She wanted wild comedy. She wanted Kinnison. She wanted Pryor. She wanted everyone that came in between. Damon Wayans. Yeah, man. She he, wanted. She wanted wild. She wanted Martin Lawrence. She wanted wild. She, she wanted. W yeah, she wasn't domestic. Mitzi she was feral. Mitzi was a feral lady. Mitzi was a human. I mean, yes. that, and fair, what we call human now, people think of as feral, or what people. No, don't. I mean, ex I mean, but when I say feral, I mean. I know what you mean. Exceptional. She was, she was wild. wild. She didn't have anybody else's rules holding no, her back. No, she didn't, and she didn't fucking care. She didn't care. She didn't care about she money. Was all, Fuck you. It, it, that's the most important thing about her is like having a club on the Sunset Strip, and not making decisions based on money. Because yeah. let me tell you, man, as a talent coordinator, there were plenty of times where people wanted to film some shit in the main room where they wanted to pay a lot of money. And she'd be like, no, get it, no, tell them the well, fuck. Well, we should talk about that, because that was like one of the things about that club, was that like you could never film anything there. No! That was one of the most amazing things about Ari filming his special there. It was a really cool thing he did. It was also like an acknowledgement that the world had changed. And that was one of the reasons why I was willing to come back. It's because Ari filmed his shit yeah. in the OR. Well, she would have, I, I really do believe she would have approved that eventually. Sure, but somebody would have got involved and they would have fucked it up. She would have <laughs> made him jump through some hoops.
It wouldn't have been that easy. Like she would have made well, him do some and, crazy and shit. And she's right. Here's the thing. She's right. You know, I didn't, I didn't cash any of my checks. You probably know that. Oh, I remember. I don't like when I was working at the store. I, I just wouldn't cash my checks. And then at the, they would go, "Hey, we have like all this money that you." you I just like, can I donate it? To the sound system. You bought the sound system I there. did that, too, but that was, ex that was extra. That was on top of that. Because well, the sound just... system was fucking up. And then you bought it. And all, honestly, Mitzi didn't want you to do that. Because, like, that was the thing. Like, she, rec she was smart enough to know if I let a comedian buy the sound system, I can't, like, honestly give them spots. Like, so... She, I knew that was the case, but I was like, at this point, she's giving me spots every fucking weekend. I just want to help out. Let's not stop playing games. Like, come on. You know what I'm doing. I'm out here doing my best stand-up I can. Just, we got a fucked-up speaker system. Let's fix it. It was I put fucked a, up. I put a DAT system in there. I put a I mini remember. disc. And I, I wanted was... to have it set up so anybody could, like, if you had a mini disc... Remember the mini disc days? <laughs> Of course. Dude, it was so important before smartphones to be able to record your shows. Yeah. It's so big. And you don't record and listen to all of them, but the option to be able to do that is so huge. Even if you're not diligent, you still gain like 10, 20% of like a tightening of your act. Dude, the comedy store at that time, for lack of a better word, was an art cult. Yeah. That's what it was. It was a cult. And like... It was a cult that was like, for sure, ba like all cult systems are based on like a strong, charismatic central leader. And that was Mitzi. People but you know what? As a man, I was uh, happy to re relent to Mitzi. Well, there yeah. Was a thing, but there was a thing for me as like this macho man. It was important. It was, hard. It was important to relent to Mitzi. You had to. But it wasn't just that I had to. I wanted to, to show respect, to show that I, I got it, to show that I know what you did. Yeah, man. Like that lady, man, when I was in fucking Boston in 88, I would hear about her. She loved and I'd be comedy. Like, this one lady did this? Like, yeah, she was married to a comedian, but it didn't work out. And she's Polly Shore's mom. And I would hear these stories, and I'd be like, well, that's crazy. This one lady just figured it out. And she was wild, and she liked to party, and she liked men, and she was just a wild lady. But she was brutal with you. She didn't like your comedy. She would just tell you. You were done. She would just tell you. If or she thought you weren't funny, you she were done. Dude, she put her hand on my wrist, and she goes, you're really funny. And I'll never forget that. Ah. Oh. It was like yeah. 1994. I was like, oh, my God. Well, she wouldn't hand that out lightly, man. That was the thing. It's like she was like that. I've been around it, man. Like, so it's so weird. I, I, I'm so lucky because I got to be around like Ram Dass and Mitzi Shore. And like they're well, similar in a way. Yes, man. they are. They're similar. Well, yeah, the, 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 there's, Dude, a, there's a lot of you differences. Don't, you don't like this idea of what we think of as. Perspect, uh, Realization. Or, yeah. Dude. In Mitzi was an artist. 1994, when I was six years into comedy, her putting her hand on my wrist and telling me I'm really funny changed my life. Look, the, to me, the thing that, like, will never be captured is that it's not just that here you have this, like, tiny woman who is... Tiny. Tiny. But it's not just that you have this being. I would be so careful when I would hug her. 
Yeah. Right? Remember hugging Mitzi? Yeah. Yeah, well, she was a gangster. I mean, that was all like, the thing about Mitzi was like, no, like, imagine, like, the, the best thing to think of is like, think of your most, like, outlaw comedian. Then imagine a person who built a saloon within <laughs> which those comedians could be grown to Dude. be more of an outlaw. There was no Kennison without Mitzi Shore. That's right. But then the most, to me, like with Mitzi, if you were to, and she would never allow this, she'd already, if she heard me saying any of this shit, she'd be like, you're fired. (laughs) But like, if you were going to write a Mitzi Bible, and you wanted to like base the whole Bible on one thing, it was something she told me so many times as a talent coordinator. And I like to fantasize she thought I was funny, but as a talent coordinator, something she told me over and over and over again regarding comedians was... You don't need them. They need you. <laughs> that was her like core thing, which is like the Ugh. moment that a comedian starts thinking that they need the system, then they degrade themselves. They have to understand that their comedic ability and who they are as that persona, which she would say is like their iconoclast. She meant like you're not going to find anyone like this ever again. And that's who she was trying to find. She would say, therefore, you, it's supply and demand, which is like, there is nothing like you, but there's a lot of things like them. Yeah. So if you think that you need them, you will degrade yourself as an artist. That was her main core truth, which is don't get caught up in the thing they're going to try to teach you, which is you need them. You don't need the manager. You don't need the agent. You don't need the studio. You don't need anything. Because you're funny. You're the fucking nuclear isotope generating energy. And if you get lost in this insanity that you require the system to be great, not only do you grade yourself, you degrade an art. But, you know, this is one of the things about recognizing what Mitzi Shore did and a lot of Bud Friedman, a lot of people own clubs. Roddy Dangerfield. Yeah. Is it's not just about the ideas and getting the ideas out in a way the audience can digest. It's setting up a club. It's bringing people in. It's yeah. setting a standard where people know, hey, man, David Letterman came out of here. Robin yeah. Williams came out of here. Yeah. Okay? Bill Hicks came out. Bill Hicks was a fucking doorman here. Yeah. Sam Kinison came out of here. Okay? Yeah. This is the motherfucking comedy store. Yeah. There's a standard. Yeah. And that's a factor too, man. You can't let the artists completely be in control because one charismatic artist with a lot of fucking song and dance moves can trick people into thinking things that aren't necessarily accurate because that's of right. charisma. That's true, man. Like that's She the, figured that out though. Yeah. And we need another one of her, man. I mean, like the You're thing You're never gonna get another Mitzi. But we, we can carry on her legacy. We 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 all learn from her. You know, and I think she was uniquely qualified to run the comedy store because she wasn't a comic. She had no desire to be a comic, but she was married to a comic, and she knew exactly what comics were. Her yeah. son was a comic. Yeah. She knew exactly what comics were, and she wasn't stupid. She was smart, and she was, she, but she also didn't give a fuck. Like a, there's a there's a rare 
group of people that legitimately don't give a fuck. She didn't give a if fuck. If Mitzi Shore was alive today, if we could somehow or another like go back in time and grab Mitzi Shore from 1974 and bring her to 2020, she would just, she would just be running shit. She Dude. would just be running shit. First of all, she would have uh, like 100 girls under contract for like OnlyFans accounts. <laughs> she would just run people. I'll tell you the one time. That part, that part's not true. The I, OnlyFans. The OnlyFans, like, it's conjecture, but I'll well, tell you the one time. Do you have a problem with OnlyFans? The porn site? It's not a porn site, though. It's like girls can do whatever they want. I don't have a problem with sex. Like I, like, I have a problem with my own inability to, like, regulate my desire to come. But, I'm, like, <laughs> I can't get mad at the world for that. Like, that's I had my, a conversation with, some, with someone, and they were saying, well... Also, she has an OnlyFans site. I'm like, hmm. If I had big tits, I'd be like getting paid for those big oh, tits. Oh, I'm so tired of these sex if negative was, fucks, man. Right? They ramped up when they locked on, though, because it became of a course it should. easy job yes. for a Listen, lot of people. If I was 22 and I had big tits, and I like to do squats, and I was sitting around thinking, do I, do I want to work yeah. at Burger King? Or do I want to shake my ass... For ten bucks a month for thirty-five thousand guys. Yeah. It doesn't have to just be that though either. It's not just a porn site. You can do whatever you. It's Patreon for. Right. You know. This is madness. So OnlyFans is wear put a out bikini. A, you can just do yoga. But Joe, in like a dimension where like being funny is getting people to come, you'd be like the mm. top porn star in that dimension. It's just that's a weird one, right? Like getting people to come is so specific. It's what's a big deal? It doesn't matter. It like, shouldn't be a big deal, but yet it is. Like if you find out that somebody came, it's not a big deal. It shouldn't be, but it is. It is right now because we're lunatics. Like we hate life. Like we're in exactly. A, yeah, we're 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 we're, we're so death centric that like. The, anything that's the source of life, which is a hand job, a blow job, fucking, we look at that as like being depraved, you know? Well, it's it's really just some sort of weird canyon ladder in between two fucking cliffs, between this and what is going to be available for people in just a few years. There's going to be virtual sex. You got to have Riley Reed on, man. She's so great. Like, I had her I'll on just, my podcast. You have her on and I'll take my pants off. What I'm going to do is- No, I she's so funny. She's Goggles cool. on. This this is the future. Goggles. You put goggles on. You lay back. You're in another world. Well, yeah. I mean, that's heaven. But like. But is it? Yes. No. What's wrong with coming? Because there's one percent of your brain that knows it's bullshit. Why? There's no real girl, and they don't really like you, and your jokes suck, and you kind of smell, and you didn't brush your teeth that good. Yeah. Yeah. But she's like, I and love the girl's that like, part of mm, you. No, the girl. Oh, no, 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 no. If the girl really did love that part of you, that would be extraordinary. Yeah. See, that's the beauty of alcohol. Alcohol is you're hanging out with a girl who's got a like Hello Kitty tattoo in between her thumb and forefinger, and you yeah. guys are drinking, you're having a good time, and you're like, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. And you just give each other a hug. It doesn't even have to be sexual. That's where alcohol comes in. Where? Where? What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm following you in the the Hello Kitty. The where does alcohol come in? That's where alcohol comes in. 
and like it allows you to take chances and hope mm. that the other person doesn't have ulterior motives. All right. Where you both release your ambitions and run. Let's go to Vegas and get married. I don't even know you. Let's go crazy. How crazy is it we think fucking's bad? It's not that we think fucking's bad. It's that we worry you fuck too many people. Why? Like you, Why is that a you worry? You got tricked too many times. You're like one of those people at one of those David Blaine street shows, and you're like, it's going to be the Queen of Hearts. Trust me. Isn't that wild? It's like, it's the great, it's one of the great things. It really is one of the great things. Like, think of, like, any time, like. You know why? Why? Because we're concentrated more on innovation and progress in terms of numbers. Like, it's so earning, weird. But earning money. And uh, getting new projects passed through, they take precedent over every, everything else. So, so sick. It's weird, but it's just a it's a weird game. This is what I'm getting out of this book, Irresistible. It's like there's things that we have in our head where we're, we're we have these. They're wrong. We have these ideas of what we need right. in order to be sufficient. Like, here's, we're operating from the wrong principles. Wait, or, I'm sorry, Joe. I got to pee. I've been holding go it for like 10 pee. minutes. I'm go sorry. Pee. I don't want it to end, man. We don't have to end. Go pee. Right. This is the first show ever on Spotify. I can't believe I get to pee here. I got to go. I, I looked on your, your, go your pee, before. bro. People go pee. Voting. I wasn't even in the voting. Jesus, go pee. No voting. He's, there's no voting. God, that, isn't he funny? I wasn't even in the voting. Duncan Trussell, I wanted you to be guest number one. It's important. Guest number two. <gasps> Miley Cyrus. That's right. Number two. That's what I said. I said guest number two. You don't even listen. We're like an old married couple, Jamie. I said guest number two. I'm drunk. I'm high. Guest number two is Miley Cyrus. Guest number three, Mike motherfucking Tyson. How about that? Jamie, are you concerned at all about moving to Texas? No. That's what I like about you. It's one of many things. But you're ready to roll. Like, I should just tell the people at home. I brought it up with Jamie. I'm like, I'm thinking about moving to Texas. Jamie goes, okay. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. <laughs> something was coming. Some change. Something was going to happen. What did you think was going to happen? Uh, what was the worst case scenario, like Montana? I, I, no, I didn't think that was going to happen. I don't know. I just didn't want you to not want to do it. I wasn't worried about it. Good. I'm happy. There's a, uh, you know, that's I really hard. I feel like I'm prolonging this out of a neurotic You're not prolonging anything. This is fun. Not, Jamie and I just had a love fest. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I do I was, feel like I'm I doing was, like... I was asking Jamie if there was ever a time where I was telling him we're moving to Texas where he was like, oh, like, I don't want to do that. But he's like, no. But when I brought it up, I'm like, do you th what do you think? And he's like, okay. Like, that's cool. <laughs> 
I do feel like I'm stretching it out. It's like, man. What does it mean, like, man? This is the first episode on Spotify. I, I love it. It's supposed that. to be you. It's I supposed love it. to be you. It's beautiful, but also there's a piece of me that. Duncan, like, I think we can work things out together. I really do. I think you and me together have a unique perspective. And I'm not bullshitting. I agree. And I don't think it's. I'm not taking ownership, and you shouldn't either. It's the, the two of us together. I know. There's a weird thing that happens. I feel it, man. Like, look, it's my favorite thing, which is why I don't want it to end, which is why I'm like, I, like, to, like look, man, I, I'm a Buddhist. I know I'm going to die. What does that I, mean, though? When you say you're a, Bu a Buddhist, shouldn't we have a new thing? You said, like, communism, <laughs> socialism. Yeah, I love it, Joe. I love it. Can we have a new one? I think we can, but I do want to, like, the reason I'm going to speak up for Buddhism in general, <laughs> and I agree with you, and what I love about Buddhism so much is that, man, what's great about it is it invites you to reject it. It says to you, the first part of it is, like, reject this if you can. Like, if you can find a flaw in the thing, reject it. And, and also, if you can find a, like, legitimate rejection then we will add that to the, like, what Buddhism... Tenets of Buddhism. Yes, yeah. so that's what that's, I love about it, because it's more of a process. That's that's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect, and it's it has perfect. to be that way. It has to be that way. But if the, you're thinking about how to progress with ideas... Yeah, man. You have to be able to say, hey, bring me a counter idea that makes more sense, and I'll reconsider it. But it, it's what we were talking about earlier. People are married to their goddamn ideas. It's sad. It's, it's, it's not just sad. It is sad for sure, but it's also it's bad for all of us. And it's, it's one of those things that we should recognize, just like, you know, like uh, negative feedback, like, oh, I'm so fat. Oh, I'm such a fucking loser. Everybody admits that that is not good for you. And right. it actually hinders process. Yeah. And I, I progress. I think that in, it, it hinders progress as well. I think we have to look at things in a more positive <laughs> way. That's so weird, dude. I like it. I was there's this teacher, Jack Cornfield. He's so smart. He's a Buddhist teacher. And I remember t I, like in the early days of the Ram Dass retreats, I would do these podcasts with him. And I remember being like, I want to get in shape. I feel like I'm fat. And what he said to me was get in shape because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. <laughs> Don't get in shape because, because you are uh, angry at who you are right now. Get in shape because you think you deserve to be in shape. That's cute. That sounds like a guy who's never been fat. Listen to me, <laughs> yes. pussy. Hey! He's not a pussy. Competition's real, motherfucker. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to get in shape because you don't. Look, at fat shaming works. That's what people don't like to admit. That, that shame makes you fucking lose weight because you don't want to feel bad. Listen, and then you feel good because you lost all the weight. I have to stick up for Jack Cornfield because he is one of the great I, teachers. I'll stick up for him, too. And you would love him. And you would, you would I love, love him. I love him if he's friends with you. I love him. Thank you, Joe. But I do have to stick up for him. But just, just like an example of how badass this person is. Do you want to move to Texas? No, I can't. I'm going to, I can't, I'm not saying. Are you sure? I don't want to be local. I have an idea. I think you and I together can fix a lot of shit. What's the plan, man? You and me do like a weekly podcast. One a week. Joe and Duncan. I love it. Live from Austin. I love it. But it's not going to happen in Austin. Why not? Oh, we'll Zoom for a while until you come to your senses. Listen, man, we'll do it off camera, this conversation. <laughs> I love this conversation, though. Listen, I, man. Dude, I'm not I, bullshitting. I, I, I I'm not do, bullshitting. I would do just about anything for you, Joe. I would do just, just about anything for you. I know you would. I would. Now, look, I got to stick up for this teacher, though. And we I'm can sorry. Zoom it. We can Zoom it. 
Hold on. What teacher? Jack Cornfield, oh, Joe. Yeah, and the I, Buddhist listen, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Mayor. I love you too. But you gotta understand, this is like I, a, a person has deeply impacted me, and, and and like he was a monk, and I know him as a friend, and like he's a monk. Okay. In the sense that he went. Here's what's cool about him. He went to. He became a monastic Theravadan Buddhist, and he like took a vow of silence for like. Two years. So for two years, he didn't talk. Is it possible he didn't have anything good to say? Oh, no. No, man. <laughs> Jack Corfield! Look, listen, I, I really, like, he really, like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be sentimental about somebody. I'm just somebody. joking. I know you're joking. When he did he die? He's alive, Joe! I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. You said sentimental. I panicked. I mean, sentimental only in that, like, I wouldn't want to do anything that would, like, negatively impact, like, a real... Can we get him on a show? First you would come episode, on your show. You, me, and Jack Cornfield. You would love it. You would How love about him. that? Our first episode that convinces you to move to Austin, Texas. I would I would come to Austin, Texas to would meet you move? Jack Corn. No. What if I bought your house? Would you live in it? Joe, I love that you would buy me a house, but I wouldn't move. <laughs> Isn't that what's cool about us? Like, one of the cool things about us is you could say, I will buy you a house. That's not why I would want to be with you for the house. Or I know. I know, man. And I understand. But, like, for me, it's like, I will off camera, I will talk to you about the reason we made the decision. Oh, listen. We did. You made an amazing decision. Yeah. Your decision's way better than mine. But I don't. I'm jealous. I don't want to be local. Like, to me, I like. I get it. That we, let's we, do a Zoom show. Let's do a Zoom show. Or listen, let's. You and I I'll have known each other for so long. We could do both. Yeah. Or. Either. Exactly. We could do Zoom shows. That's what I think. We could do live shows. I just think like the the right now, the best thing for the world is not to imagine that you have to be in any given GPS coordinate. I think that Yeah. The best thing for the world is to begin to realize like we don't need to be tethered to a a, a, a particular locality. Like right. this is the problem. It's like it's it's a bit of the problem, but it's also in recognizing that it is an actual like it's a thing. That you factor into the world that you see, but how relevant is it to day-to-day -day operations? Right, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Like that's the to me like the gift of COVID has been like people have begun to realize like keep Wait, your circle small. Google is doing fine, and no one's going to Google to go to work. Twitter is doing fine. No one's going to the Twitter building to work. Netflix. What do you mean? Do they do they have jobs? Dude, people are all working remotely. No one's oh. going to Netflix. Oh, what you're saying is that the businesses are doing well, but no one's going to the the, the that, actual business. They don't what, have to. Why right. do they have to? Exactly. Right. Dude, that that to me, that is the if you want to like start really like restructuring society. Mm. Let's start with a superstition that you need to be in 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 a, like a, like proximity yeah. of another person's body. But goddamn, that kills New York City. Yeah, it kills LA kills too. It, it kills, kills LA. It kills LA. That's why I want you to come to Austin, dude. I will be Duncan. at whenever Duncan. you want. I'll come to Austin, Duncan. No, come bring your baby. Uh, he would love. I can't wait for you to meet <laughs> Little Forest. He's so brilliant.
But but my point is, look, man, my point is, like, we can't be centralized. Like, look, you're going to be in Austin. I'm going to be in a certain place. I don't want to say it yet. It's but, a bunker outside of Nevada. Yeah, Somewhere near Barstow where the bats take over. We're going to fight against centralization so that we don't have to get chained to shitty cities. Like, that's the whole point is, like, look, if anything happens after COVID that's beautiful, it will be that all the commuters say to their bosses, wait a minute, for the last six months, I've been zooming in for these fucking conferences and your business is doing just as well as it did when I was driving an hour to get there an hour back. And then the moment that happens, we break the back of addiction to being in a metropolis. Now we have a global society. Now it's not just that you have to have some person who's like living in an Angelino. It's like you could have someone from any part of the planet centralization seems to be the fundamental problem in the sense that it was it worked we needed to centralize prior to the internet but now we don't need to centralize no it's one better needs for everybody if we take into account every idea it's better for everybody if we take into account all the dumb ideas and smart ideas and let them battle it out yeah Let's find out who's right. Yeah. And you got to be real careful with people who think that they're right and the other people are wrong. It's what we were talking about earlier <clears throat> that bums me out the most about the Democratic convention. Is that I would just like – forget about whatever you don't like about Trump. Tell me what you're going to do. Right. Don't tell me how bad the orange man is. Tell yeah. me what you're going to do. Yeah. How are you going to fix it? How are you going to fix it? Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about Flint, Michigan's water? What are you going to do about the fucking earth is heating up? Hmm. What are you going to do about there's do? no fish? Where's the fish? Right. What are you going to do? Yeah. Nobody has an idea. They just want to talk shit and make sure everybody's trans. I would rather them talk shit and make sure everyone's trans. <laughs> Then be like what's happening now, which I is, don't mean that trans people. I'm with you. I know you look. You're the, here's what's funny to me about your whole like pushback against the trans community. It's not. It's only pushback against trans people competing as females and fighting. That's it. But and other athletics a little bit, but fighting in a big way. To me, the part of it that's like interesting is I know you well enough to know that if and you prove me wrong here. But if there was a technology that, that could turn a guy into a woman? No, they could not just turn a guy into a woman, which is very funny because right now that's what we're doing. And it makes sense because it's like right now what we know is men and women, right? So that's right. where we're at. So right now as far as our understanding of what can a human be, if you want to break it into a binary, we've got men and women, right? But that's pretty limited to me. You know what I mean? And I get wanting to be a woman. And I think that you, Joe Rogan, if there was a technology that could instantly turn you into a woman, yeah, you wouldn't hesitate to turn into like a woman. I'd like to feel a dick inside me. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Me As a woman? Yeah. and I, I don't it. think it made me gay. No, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make you gay. Trust me. As someone who's felt many dicks inside of them, it doesn't make you <laughs> I'm just kidding. But if like, you could be a woman and actually be attracted to a male for 18 hours... Yeah, you're in love. You would, imagine, you would do it in a second. Imagine if you have an Oculus Rift, and uh, yeah, they make you go through a bunch of waivers, and they say, "Duncan, um, if you do 
take the next step. Signed. What happens is you become a woman who actually feels the way a woman feels when she's attracted Signed. to a man. And a guy with a dick like a battering ram. Let me try He's just going to send it home. See what happens. And you can't wait. You want to feel him come inside your upper rib cavity. Like, I want to feel it. Sign me up. Yeah. Who cares? The point and, but, is, like, you would do it. some men, the weakest among us, would be scared of that experience. Right. Well, They'd be scared that that experience weakens them and turns them into something that they they, they dismiss. But how hilarious but really is just, it that they sign up? Sorry, Joe. No, no, it's, just, it's their own issue. No, it's the, the, the experience that literally made them exist on the planet. Yeah. They feel like if they were to feel it, it would be something against who they are, which is insanity in the sense that the very, the very feeling of a cock blowing cum into inside a, your body. You switch spots. That's with what your makes woman. humans. Imagine if the only way a woman was willing to marry you. Is if you become the wife and she becomes the husband, right. and you switch consciousness. You have to I feel wanna, it, Duncan. I love you. I love you too, Priscilla. I want to know what it feels like to be you. Yeah. I want to be with you. Yeah. But I want, I want to be you for four years. Yeah. Let's four, swap imagine identities. Imagine a four-year contract. Yeah. Where all of your secrets get downloaded into your wife's brain. Let's swap. <laughs> He likes feet. That's not a secret. Imagine though. That no, that's the idea. Is like the point is like right now we're like terrestrialized. Like, like we're the reason we're hanging out on planet Earth is not because we decided to be here. We're hanging out on planet Earth because there's not other planets that we could fly to. to but be even on. if we could, we haven't figured this one out yet. Right, but it does slow down. If there were other planets and we could get there. Trust me, this is what's funny to me about, like, Lindsey Graham. I love Lindsey Graham. He's such a fucking asshole, but I, I, feel for, I feel a weird connection to him. He's such a fucking asshole. But, like, Lindsey Graham, I have the feeling that if suddenly there was, like, the ability to travel through space, he would leave the planet within seconds. He would just be gone. The Lindsey Graham is like, here's what I think about a religious guy? No, he's a politician. Lindsey Graham is just, like, like... Piggish. Isn't he religion? No, nah, he's no? like poor Lindsey Graham, man. He's like he like got. He has he, a weak chin. I have a weak fucking chin, no, man. You don't. Yeah, dude. Like Wait guy. till I shave my beard. No, listen, bro. That guy. No, take. Lindsey Graham. Look, I know Lindsey Graham. He like got sucked into a dark vortex. <laughs> he's a sweetheart underneath it all, and also he's like he's like a gay dude. You know, he's like a gay dude who like has. But what I'm saying is what like. Is he what is he saying? What? He's a gay dude that has like a mar Lindsey Graham causes problems because he's like, a gay dude that what? He like is a he's a he's a suppressive being that like is like aligns with closet. shit. Closet. No, not a closeted thing. It's not the gay dude is in the part. The, the the it doesn't matter if Lindsey Graham's gay. That's what I'm saying. But you brought it up, so it must matter. No, what I'm saying is like his shit came out about him being gay and like then he had to fight it or like there was like something I felt bad for him. In that regard, I feel bad about it. But don't you think for him even like it would be if he just said, I'm gay. Yeah, it'd be the best. Or I'm not. Like that's the, that's the argument against these two ideas. If you could turn right into and a left. woman right. and get fucked like you just Woo. said, would you be gay? Good question, bro. No, you would just be a woman who got <laughs> fucked. 
But like yes. somehow, if like you're if you've decided to centralize on your masculine identity and someone fucks you, now you're gay. The whole like conceptualization of gayness and straightness is just monkey talk. Is the problem the word itself? The problem is the binary. It's like the definition. Like it's a gay straight. It's a binary, dude. It's like look, I don't know. I like. Uh, whatever the fuck it is that you think is like limiting your ability to experience pleasure on the earth is Satan. And it's like if that thing is telling you that you're a dude and this is the only way you can feel joy, but on the, like simultaneously you're like hanging out with a guy who's like the same gender as you and you're falling in love with him, and then you're <laughs> you're pretending you're not because because like some devil voice in your mind is telling you that's Satan, man. That's right? evil. That's fucking evil. It's right. dark. It's dark. And I'm not like deriding Lindsey Graham's sexual proclivities. I'm just I saying. No, he's not actively gay. I don't know that. All I'm saying is like when Why I Why are you pay, shaming him? I'm not shaming Lindsey Graham. I feel like you are. No, I'm not. I'm saying if I there feel were, like it would be nice if you admit your privilege. I hope Lindsey Graham is listening to this because <laughs> I'm not insulting you, my friend. You can hear from my voice that I'm not insulting you. I'm just Hello, saying. Hello, darkness, my old friend. No, Joe, I'm telling you, if Lindsey Graham could fly off the planet, he would. That's what I think. Would I, he I went, fly off the planet with a man's mouth on his penis? Who but, wouldn't? <laughs> I don't care who it is. If that, I don't care if it was what fueled the spaceship or didn't. That would be amazing. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> How awesome would Imagine that be? Imagine if it was the mountain from Game of Thrones. That guy's blowing you as you fly through space. How? And your orgasm extends to eternity. Yeah, the whole like gay straight thing really falls apart. Pig Floyd, I wish you were here. No, it's a sound of silence. I was trying to work it in there, but I can't find the cube. But you, the gay straight thing falls apart if we stop being terrestrial. Like, the moment you're not on the planet anymore, it's all planetary-based memes, man. It's like the yeah. moment we're, like, released from the gravity well, all the stuff that seems so important to dumbasses, yeah. which is like, what? You you thought you would put your mouth on a penis? You must be crazy. <laughs> Imagine if it felt amazing. Imagine like, man, I'd never blow a fucking guy. And then you get that dick in your mouth. And the moment that sperm hits your tongue, it's like pop rocks. Yeah. Pop, 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 pop. And your brain goes, oh. You and I, man, we will suckle on a... We will suckle on a mucus thing that's like a like the that's vagina. Put, uh, uh, we'll do that. Uh, all, and we'll, we pride shoot. we pride ourselves on it. We the pride end ourselves. The of a water park slide. That's what I love so much about <laughs> Christina Pazitsky's Instagram. She does these like fucking hilarious TikTok clips that she recovers from TikTok, <laughs> and there's a whole genre of TikTok of these creepy fucking pervs who are like showing how they lick pussy, and like the whole TikTok is based on them like going, <clears throat> it's so fucked up. But it's like a guy will, in the masculine sense, will go down uh. on, on a girl, yet the concept of having a dick in your mouth, it's considered to be like fucked up like you must be like a complete like you something about you is weak you know and i think we're gonna have to contend with that as what's a, this that's the dude <laughs> what's he doing he does like how like he like watch just you gotta watch it man what's this, he do uh, i don't know i just i just checked her, this guy her does Instagram like now. like eating pussy tiktoks that's what he's doing yeah, yeah watch watch just watch this one doesn't do he it like he like eases into it 
Her, by the way, her Instagram, the TikTok she does, like, she should do a whole show based on her. Like, she, she like, curates the most fucked up TikToks you've ever seen. Isn't that important, like, TikTok, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or any of these things? Isn't that important? Uh, just a random one. How did I do that? It kind of is, right? It kind Ooh, of, yeah. Like, lowering the boundaries, like, uh dropping down the boundaries for people to be able to enter into the world of expressing whatever weirdo idea they have or a video of them yeah. doing backflips onto a fucking whale, whatever they're doing. Yeah. yeah. It's the best. I, 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 I don't like TikTok in the sense that like my wife is in, it. She's into TikTok and I don't like it because she's always <laughs> looking at TikTok. And then I'll be like, really? You're looking at TikTok? And she'll be like, you're on Twitter all day long. You should get off Twitter. You should read this book. I hate Twitter. This book, Irresistible, it's a mind blower, man. It really is. Because it, it lets you realize that as much as we're at each other's throats right now, I don't know how much of it is our fault. And I think mm. we could have been a lot better off if someone decided, instead of trying to make money, that they would recognize that this uh, strategy of... Uh, whether it's social media likes or Twitter, you know, Twitter, Twitter, or Facebook, or, or whether it's th showing you the things you get angry about and you comment on on Facebook or YouTube, like whatever we're doing, like ultimately we're changing the path of the way th people think. Right. We're way more malleable than we like to think we are. Right. Way more. Right. And I think people that have a voice, whether it's you or I or Ari or Bert or Tom or anybody who has a podcast in particular, because if you have a podcast, at the very least, no one's telling you what you can't talk about. Right. No one's put Duncan. Uh, I, I love that segment. But when you're talking <laughs> about people like not conforming and trying to yeah. figure themselves out, people are thinking you're non-binary right. or somehow or another you're like you're like you're not woke. Sorry. I'll repeat what I said. I'm sorry. I'll revise. We're in the middle of a storm, Duncan. Yeah. Well, we what the main thing, the, the most important thing I think in the storm, and it's easy to forget, is is that like you and I and, and everybody we run across, I've yet to meet somebody who's a real monster, man. There's a few, but even them, they just need hugs. They're also very unique. When you run across, it's very unique, and like the anytime I feel like this is where I'm like I'm attuned to this. Anytime I get the sense someone's wanting me not to express myself that's where yeah. i get really locked yeah. in and really like and i get the whole like anti-woke thing because nobody wants some fucking liberal baptist piece of shit to tell them how to be but you know man like the moment i'm on my instagram i did a black lives matter thing that's the only time anybody told me to shut up no one told me to shut up before that but the moment i did a thing that was in alignment with like black lives matter there was all of a sudden like this weird similarity mm. of people hitting me up being like, you, you fucking woke me. There was a lot of, sh of blowback from that. And, and also when you, when you say a lot, like how many? Enough that like I noticed it. And right. But if you tune in at not any, a huge percentage, any part, like 30 messages, how many messages? No, not 30. Just enough where I really, I'm going to say like. Five? Fifteen. Fifteen. Enough where, right. like, I realize... But how many Instagram followers? 
Do you have? I don't remember, dude. I can look it up right now. Like, not two hundred thousand or something. That's I don't a know. lot of people, man. No, but but I know what you're saying. But it was like I realized that like my thinking regarding being like even remotely and a political activist was being shaped by my fear that a tiny percentage of my audience would reject me. Mm. And that's what I'm saying is like, I was letting my ship get steered, not by my own intuition or not by my own sense of like, fuck man, right. like that fucking George Floyd video, that's unforgivable. That's just it fucked is, up. But you know, it's, it's, it's both. It's unforgivable. Any man that would do that to another man, like that man needs help. I, I bet he didn't think he was going to kill that guy, but he tortured that guy for eight minutes and 46 yeah. seconds. It's like that guy needs, he needs, uh, he needs a DMT trip. He needs something. He needs to recognize who He's he a is. Killer. He, it's also, Duncan, I think, I think we're asking people to do things they're not really qualified to do. They don't have the tools to handle it. They yeah. don't have the infrastructure to handle the load of pressure that comes right. in. I just feel like all these people that and then right now we're we're so anti-cop. It's like it's over the top. Well, look, man, what I love about you is that you're like not afraid to say a thing like that. And like I think if we're going to go if we're going to move forward right now, we need cops. Man. But if we, no, if we're going to move forward what we need is not just cops. We need compassion. Yes. Like the, 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 well, if we're going to move forward what we need yes. is it's like, look, man, you're you're right. This country was completely founded on human trafficking. You're right that uh, your your idea that like the the way like uh, if you're a, if you have a, a particular complexion in this country, shit is immediately against you. You're completely right about that. You're right. Like the thing is, is like this is the problem. Is like, and I think this is an important question for everybody to ask themselves: is how do you act when you're right? That's how that's how you can really tell a person. Like you know, the, you know what I think? Honestly, I think we are looking for change the way we see change in ourselves. Like we see a potential for change in ourselves. We see something wrong. We go, oh, I gotta correct that. And then we think that society can do that too. But society is like a battleship. Yeah. It's like a five hundred meter long steel structure that has to yeah. Yeah. Planes land on it. That's it. It's got that's a, it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's a good description. It's got a turn. Yeah, that's, that's it. So that's hard. it. And then people are like, yes. fuck you. We don't like people yeah. from fucking yeah, Muslim man. countries. Yeah, right, right. Fuck you, trans women are real women. Yeah, right. And it's this battle to try to like navigate this enormous metal structure yeah. through the fucking ocean. Right. And that's where we're at. That's where we're that's at. That's why you got to do a podcast with me, Duncan. Anytime. I'll do anything for you, we gotta man. We got to work this out. We can work it out. I mean, the, the answer is... Jamie, I'm not wrong, right? No, but... The answer is compassion, Joe. Yeah, lots of ways to do it. No, this is what I'm thinking. You and I have a very unique frequency. Yeah. Let's this do is, it. This is why it's important. Because when you and I get together... And I, I firmly believe you and I could do this every goddamn week. I love it. Especially if we only saw each other once a week. It's the best. I'll fly you in. I'll you fly can in. come to Austin. We once can a Zoom. We can Zoom. We can do whatever. I'll fly to North Carolina. Whoosh. 
I'm not going there. I'm going to Colorado, man. I meant Chuba. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I, I love it, Joe. I, I mean, I to me, like, you know, that's what I think so great about the fact that you got to be the person that you are, that you got to be the, the spotlight, got to be on you as it is. And, and the reason it's on you and the reason I take such, I really, like, not much offends me, man. But when people start attacking you, I do, like, I have to fight against my offense because I know you. And so when people are fucking at arms against you, I feel really depressed because I know you. And I, and you, like, you are one of the most progressive people I've ever met. And so when, you, when people start falling upon you uh, because you have, like, fucking nerds like Ben Shapiro <laughs> Which, by the way, you shouldn't have that guy on anymore. Right. He's a dork. Come on. But come on. Those conversations are important. I it, think what's beautiful about what you're doing is you're opening. I would not open up the, the – by the way, Ben Shapiro, underneath it all, I know that you and I would probably have fun. But I know that right now where you're at in your incarnation, you're a fucking dork. And the whole, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's a dork. He's a dork. But what's so confusing – He's a nice guy. But what's, that's what's confusing about him is because you like – him you, a lot. You look at his – like, you look at him and you're like, he's all, like, beating up what's-her-face about the thing and that embarrassing thing. What? But, the, the the music video, he's like, and they oh, were doing fornication. <laughs> you see me and Ali Mikofsky talking about wet-ass pussy? Oh, God. <laughs> it, like, it, like that thing Shapiro's do. It's so embarrassing, Joe. And, I like, that dude is, like, an embarrassment. But the, what I, I don't think what people admit when they look at Ben Shapiro is, like, there's a piece of you that's like, I'd, I'd have fun with him. Like, it'd be fun to drink with him. He's probably cool. But he's, like, right now. I, I don't think he drinks, but he's a nice guy. He's a, what, whatever it is. He's he a is. good person. I'm not bullshitting. I, look, again, I think our job right now is not to alienate. We have to, like, involve. And, that's why I have him on. That's, a, that's why I know you're doing it, Joe. He's an, I'm telling you right now, Ben Shapiro is a nice man. He's a nice man. I see him. I hug you him every be, time I see him. And I don't hug him to be fake. I hug him because I genuinely love that guy. I think He's a nice guy. Look, I think some of the stuff he's propagating... And his like philosophies are, is like legitimately deranged. Bro, he's wearing an outfit. It's a costume. It's not. I mean, he Ben Shapiro could never take off the yarmulke, shave his head, tattoo his chest with an eagle, <laughs> right. wear a bikini. <laughs> he's got an outfit. I just want. To but it's not his fault. I'm telling you, we all come from a different spot. We, if, if life is a race, it's not like everybody's on the same starting line. Like, people are on starting lines that are like a mile behind yeah. yours. They're so far away. They're all different. And they, it, here's the thing. Even if people are wrong about many things, or even, I'll explain this better. Even if you disagree with the way people feel about so many different things, yeah. It doesn't mean you can't be their friend. It doesn't. And uh, I'm telling you, we got it wrong, that's so man. Sweet. Here's what's important. What's important is whoever that person is, they got to be sincere. Now, as soon as you feel like someone's a grifter, yeah. you got to cast them out. Right. you got to cast them that's out. Because cool. they got to figure that out on their own, and they got to apologize. That's cool, man. You got Listen, you can be wrong, but you have to be honest. And if you're just bullshitting... Then I can't hang out with you. Dude, hey, let me ask you. Ben Shapiro's not bullshitting. I don't think he's bullshitting. I just think he's like a little like antiquated <laughs> in his idea. Look, man, I, I, I like, I'm not like the whole Ben Shapiro thing. I, like that's of all your guests. It's the he's one. a great guy, man. If you met him, if you and I and him went to a steak dinner, 
We'd have a great conversation. I, I, I hung out with him at the, um, the, the what's that steakhouse? The Bo- Boa? Boa in Hollywood down the yeah. sto- from the store on Sunset? I had a great time with him. He's a good man. I don't care. I like, I like genuinely like him a lot. When he texts me, Ben Shapiro texts me, I look at my phone, I'm like, Ben Shapiro, ah, I like that guy. I like him. I Look, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to create what I think could be created by humanity, we have to create the engine not of rejection but of acceptance, which meaning that, like, if you got a charismatic Ben Shapiro avatar in the video game, in the simulation that we're in, there's a way to reabsorb him into reality that isn't like the way people currently see him. If he's willing to relinquish his ideology. Yeah. And like, he has a very strict religious ideology. Yeah, he's stuck in this like, little thing. But I think that's helped him. That little thing. Look, if you <clears throat> figure out a way to do something that helps you past most of the people that you're competing against, yeah. but ultimately hinders you against the people the people who learn your lessons plus other lessons and aren't hampered by ideology and they pass you. Like you have to there's a moment we have to figure out when you're gonna let go. He seems to have a very like clear mind. That's what's cool about him. He seems to like have a very insightful mind. I like that. I just feel like something about him it like smacks of like the Nazi intellectuals. Yes. It does, know? but he's Jewish. And here's the thing I love. When people get mad at me that I talk to him. I'm like, listen, just listen to what we're saying. Listen, he's not a bad guy. He might not agree with him, but me and him are having really, really good conversations yeah. about wh- why I feel like you can't tell an 18-year-old kid, just pull your pants up and don't shoot anybody. Yeah, like, we're, we're having these like really nuanced conversations, and he's allowing me because he knows I like him. So you're like the Bohemian Grove. But it's no, he knows I like him. Like, Ben Shapiro and I don't agree on many things, but he knows if I see him, I go, what's up, man? How you doing? I hug him, and it's genuine. I I really care about him. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. So if we care, if he and I are sitting, like, right here, and we talk about stuff, he knows that if I don't agree with him, it doesn't change my feelings about whether or not I'll hug him or I love him. That's it. That's it. Yes. That's the problem we're all facing. We're all facing this problem where we identify with ideas. Whereas I think mm. I think we can just do our best to make good with where we stand right now as a human. And when we encounter other humans, let's take ideas and put them in front of us. And let's cross our arms and let's go over these ideas without any attachment. I, that's yeah. where it gets hard because... Most of us don't have enough personal satisfaction in our own accomplishments to relinquish this idea that our ideas are not ours. That our ideas are just a, it's just a mathematical problem. It's a fucking Rubik's Cube. Yeah, it's, a, it's a fucking game of Clue. Like, who knows who did it? Is it Charlotte in the fucking library with a, a, a rope? We don't know. So this thing that we're doing as people today is we're scared. And one of the things that happen when people are scared is they pull back. You pull back, you, 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 you put up fences, you wall off, you protect your yeah, tribe, yeah, yeah. your tribe gathers, you decide what you can say, what you can't say, yeah, and you decide who's the enemy and who's, who's good and who's bad, and, and everybody walls off. And my thoughts are that's a trap. And that is just something that we've been involved with forever. From the beginning of time, from single-celled organisms to 
small mammals to human beings. We've been involved in this weird trap of competing against each other in the wrong way. Competing against each other in a way where ultimately somebody gets victimized. I think the best competition is keeping the other competition alive. Competing against each other while helping each other. And everybody gets by. Everybody gets better. And even people who are not doing well, you tell them why they're not doing well, that will force you to do better. Right. All of the people that are trying to take your position, if there's a ladder, you say, this is why you fucked up. And then you'll do better because they'll do better. And right. then everybody does better. Yeah. There's no stagnation. I get it. It's just like the, the part, like you're in a, you're in a like brutal position. You're in a really brutal position. Like, and no matter what, I don't see how you can resist it. Like the problem with your, your position is you have this like powerful voice. That's the problem is like you're, you're a signal booster. And like, I also got a NASA suit and I can hold my piss for four hours, son. How the, how have you not pissed? But 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 to me, like the the bizarre, like the difficult situation you're in is like, you get Ben Shapiro on, you signal boost that whatever that is. I don't know what he is. By the way, I don't, he's ben not Shapiro, a bad guy. Ben Shapiro, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to attack you. You're fucking like whatever the thing you did with like attacking the music video. Was that pussy? That was an embarrassment. That was a mess. That was a mess. That was a mess. I get it. It was really sex negative. It was so <laughs> stupid. He seemed like such a nerd, a dork. I mean, like and also anybody who's gonna like do that, you like feel like they they negate whatever their philosophical ideas by attacking the thing. But Who gives a fuck? However, he's doing the exact same thing that Trump does when he gets attention. He's saying something about something that's culturally relevant, and he's taking a contrary position, and he's generating likes. He's generating interest. Right. He's like a, a, a he's a he's a salesperson for negativity. If I was his best friend. And Ben and I were sitting around. He's like, you think there's post test? <laughs> I'd be like, see, yeah. okay. I, okay, yeah, you probably should. Because, like, ultimately, people are going to fuck with you. But my, my position is it's better if you have vulnerabilities. Yeah. If, if there's something you've done that's really stupid, it's probably better for you when you shit on things. Yeah. And I think that's a good argument for coming out against wet-ass pussy. That... What's it's wrong with wet ass pussy, nothing, by the way? Nothing. Nothing. But a guy like Ben Shapiro, he shouldn't be right too many times. Part <laughs> part of his charm is his failure. Part of his charm <laughs> is occasionally he's got to say some shit that only a fucking dude with a yarmulke says. It's not that he's a bad person. What do you mean I a dude love with a yarmulke? There's a lot of Jew Jari's Jewish. Listen, listen, I love Ari, but he doesn't wear a yarmulke. Okay. You're saying the yarmulke means fundamentalism. That. You don't have to wear it. So now you we're in space. Wait, you we're <laughs> flying. You've gone from rejecting. Like this. Here's, here's us as a golf ball, <laughs> <laughs> flying through the universe. Gotcha. Wait. Impossible. Well, look, man. I don't. I didn't want to get. I don't care about fucking Ben Shapiro. I don't Thank care. Thank God you're the first episode on Spotify. Thank I don't God. care about. I, Thank I, God. I, I legitimately. We're four hours in. Who At cares? Least. Plus, four I don't hours care. Plus. I don't care about Ben Shapiro. But I don't you care. should. He's a nice guy. Who That's cares? My no, he cares. Listen, if I hug Ben Shapiro, I really hug him. I love that guy. He's a sweetie. I'm sure. He's a sweetie. <laughs> but when he's I also meet him, he's a nice guy. Look, man, it doesn't matter. Like, here's a deeper point, man. I, and I don't mean to do this every time I'm on, but, but you have such a such a crazy power. That if you're not careful, 
folks from deep, dark wells of perspective are going to infiltrate your shit. Dude, have you watched that great documentary on uh, the like white Aryan folks? Man, it's fucked up. Like this. Dude, why crazy... you gotta go there? Give me that lighter. Here you go. Like, yeah, you you look at like these people are very organized, man. It's like they're organized. Is what I'm saying, and like, I'm and again, I'm not saying Ben Shapiro is this person. He wears a yarmulke. He's Jewish. What? I don't know much about him. I don't care. Listen, I don't all, care. Listen to me. Listen to me. All those people that are organized. They can come hang out with us. Give me a hug. You don't want to give them a hug? Relax. Why? Just relax. All those people are just people, man. Like a white supremacist? They're lost. They, imagine if you gave a white supremacist five MEO DMT and let them sit on a couch. One of them brown suede couches. They'd take three big hits. And then as the first one, as they're exhaling... Yeah. 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 And they get sucked into the center of the universe, and they realize there is no center because there is no boundaries. <laughs> it's all connected. That's You're crazy. in a soup. You're in yeah. an infinite soup of ideas and biology and thoughts and prayers and love and yeah. hope and happiness and jealousy right. and anal sex and it's all together yeah. with cartoons and pop music and cheeseburgers yeah. just a bunch of different experiences all fucking stitched together and some you're sort saying of there's a, a redemptive macrame. possibility and then the then the aliens land yeah look man this is the way i see it I don't know, man. Who gives a fuck? Like, really, it's like, you know, the 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 reality of it is, is like we are in a very bizarre period period in time, which is that you and I, we became friends on the phone, having these same conversations, and now you say a thing that flies in the face of the of the particular like default reality of our time, and you start trending on Twitter. You know, like that's like some of our communic like the way I know you right now. Is like you trending on Twitter where I'm like, what the fuck happened? But the joke's on them because I don't read Twitter. You don't go on Twitter at all. I don't read it. I post things. Like today I posted Allie Letterman made some masks. It's just weird. I post her masks. Joe, it's just weird because it's like you're like a. But it's not me. It's what they think I am. It's who they decide I am. Yeah, but you have to watch out because people are going to like try to exploit you that's the main thing is like people recognizing what you are who have political agendas will infiltrate your shit and then start blowing out their radioactivity into the world right that's a fear like radium like face rotten shit yeah yeah exactly like they'll get in they'll get in there and then like all of a sudden like you accidentally start exhaling shit that's like that that you know you don't agree i know you don't agree with like ben shapiro Listen, it's not that I don't agree with Ben Shapiro, and I definitely don't on many things, and he and I talked about it. It's that I don't want to abandon him. Oh, that's, that's cool. I don't, I don't think he's worthy of abandonment because I think he's a good person. Right. And I think many of the things he says, he says because he's rewarded 
for saying controversial things on the internet many times make sense in you know a logical way if you don't take into account all the different situations that lead to a person becoming who they are in 2020 right slavery and jim crow laws and all these different things that we all have to deal with but i think he's a good person i really do and i think many times like the things we say were half defensive and 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 and, and half promotional you're saying things because you think that people are going to react in a certain way yeah you don't necessarily mean it and you also say things because you've seen the contrary to that poorly worded and you decide you don't agree with that and right. so you want to counter it but i think the problem is in ideal I, ideologies more than anything as if i'm really being objective i always feel like our problem is purely in ideologies because we just get committed to one side or the other and ideas to one side. You're right or you're wrong. And I think if we could just divorce ourselves from ideas and divorce ourselves from all ideologies and just look at something like honest. Like you come to me and I come to you and I go, hey, man, what's up? I go, what are your intentions? My, my intention is to live a harmonious life with my neighbors. And I said, mine as well. Yeah. Okay, good, beautiful. And you hug each other, and you go, what do we have to do about taxes? What do yeah. we, like, man, if we lived in a community where I felt like, hey, if I pay more in taxes, people will have their kids in a better school, and uh, the water yeah. will be pure, and you know, there would be less crime, I would fucking 100% sure. sign up for that. Of course. But I don't think the people that are taking that fucking thing and running with it, know what they're doing. That's right. That's the problem. You believe in the idea of democracy. You just don't believe in the organizational facility that's like administering democracy. I've been to the red line of human beings. I know where people fall apart. I know the red line. Yeah. I know when the RPMs hit. Yeah. I know when people yeah. bitch out. And I know I'm not going to bitch out. And if you're gonna bitch out, I know, I know you're. If you're bitching out and you're also making, you're making laws, right? You, 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 what are you saying? What, what are you doing? What's yeah. going on? Who are you? Why are you deciding what people do? We shouldn't have any figureheads. That's it's right. dangerous. Yeah. Alpha chimps are dangerous. This Take it from me, a person with a big platform. Yeah. You shouldn't listen to me. You shouldn't listen to you. You shouldn't listen to Burt Kreischer. No. You shouldn't listen to Tom Segura, Ari Shafir, or, uh, or Joey Diaz, or uh, name all the people you love to listen to. Sam Harris, don't listen to them. Meaning, listen to their show. Apply to whatever they say your own objective opinion. But how weird is it that people will focus that you have Ben, ben Shapiro on this podcast, Duncan, but they don't. don't they don't focus that you have Bernie Sanders on? How weird is but it? But they that, do. They do focus. But what I'm saying is, like people in the left will say you're a monster that you would have Ben Shapiro on, and they completely forget that you gave one of the great potential socialist presidents of our time, a platform that you supported, they forget that. And Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard. To me, that's the, part, are that, my favorite that's the part that drives me nuts. Is it's Listen, like, why do they forget that? Because I'm a savage. That's why. What do you mean? I'm a savage. I'm a fucking cage fighting commentator. All I right. do. I commentate for UFC. I do stand-up comedy. I do wild comedy. I'm a wild person. It's a different thing. I understand 
It's just that we have to stop trying to push people down in order to push ourselves ahead. And if we just all look at it like, look, there's things about all sorts of aspects of society that I don't agree with that smart people disagree with. Right. I don't know if they're right. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know. I would like to talk forever to people that are vegans. Like mm -hmm. my friend John Joseph, he's the singer of the Cro-Mags. He's a fucking interesting dude, man. You know, and he, he's, a, he's a, been a vegan forever. And he's like a super fucking strong guy. Like uh, mentally, physically, does triathlons. I want people to think different than me. Right. I want them to. Right. I want bad motherfuckers to have completely separate ideas of how the world should or shouldn't work, what is wrong or isn't wrong, what's right or isn't right, what's privilege, what's bullshit. I want everybody to come to the table clean. Right. I want everybody to come to the table warm. I want everybody to hug. I really do. And I think we're all scared. And I think it fucks up everybody. And if everybody who wants progress doesn't want people to feel good about running into each other and talking things through, we're going into this thing with the wrong energy. Right. The right energy is going into this thing going, listen, I didn't ask to be born. You didn't either. <laughs> right. Here we are, 2020, yeah. trying to figure the world out. But let's just admit the, the idea of wrestling between gay and straight Black and white, male and female. Those yeah. are so dumb. I don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to do that. I want. I want to be. I want to talk to honest and dishonest. I want to talk mm. to secure yeah. and insecure. That's cool. I want to talk to loving and hateful. Yeah. I want to hug people that need it. I want to figure out a way where we can get through this in a better state than we were five years ago, yeah, ten right. years ago. Let's get through this with food and water and realize we didn't need a fucking Amex platinum card. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't want to fucking. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want it. I don't want Google Home. You're gonna be president. No, I don't want to be president. No, it doesn't. Matter. I don't want any president. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. I want no president. They're gonna run this in your anti-campaign, but you're gonna. I could see it happening, man. We should postpone the election and try to find a better way to do this. No, do the fucking election. Get Biden in there. Get a non-lunatic in there. What we need is. Um, romantic tension between a 24 year old like super <laughs> super liberal super attractive woman yeah. and like a 32 year old navy seal who's also married and no one cheats on anybody but they have the sexual tension and they keep it together <laughs> and they work their way through veganism what the fuck and <laughs> What are you talking about? I'm trying to fucking fix the world, Duncan. I'm trying to tell you that all the things that we see, pros and cons, pluses and minuses is. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, like, we got to the election and suddenly it's this erotic romance between this 24-year-old. so much better than a fucking agree, guy man. with fake hair and some dead man. Weekend at Bernie's I agree with, you. with a cop Why shoving did... her hand up his ass and walking him to the aisle. Here, here's the thing that I don't understand. In sports, somebody in any fucking sport, 
if they're not doing great that night, the they coach pulled. pulls them off and puts someone better in. Here's the thing, Duncan Trussell. No one wants that spot. Their replacement? No one. Why? Who wants to be president? I would love to be president. <laughs> The fucking look at your face. Oh my god, Jamie. I don't want to go through an election, but like I would like the Listen, Jordan. Elections are so archaic. That's yeah. fucking wood stoves. Yeah. But I would love to be president. Being president would be so fun. Would it be? Here's the best part. You could exonerate all your friends. That Immediate. is the, the most ridiculous thing about being president. You can the best. You can just decide. You're out. I'm gonna pardon. You're out. By the way, he's a bad guy, but he's a good guy. And here's a really important thing: the Trump administration just let out one of the great LSD chemists of our time. Who's that? I can't remember his name. It's so sad. If you good. look it don't up, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't no, say it. No, you should say he it. He blew up being that guy's spot that was throwing cigarettes on the ground in Utah. No, look, he deserves <laughs> to be. His name deserves to be spoken. Do you and know who contacted me recently? Who? Do you remember the Neuro Soup story? William Leonard Picard. Do you remember? Uh, I'm so drunk. Me too. Do you remember Neuro Soup? Yeah, yeah. She was a girl who was on YouTube, and her and I. I went back with her. This is an interesting thing. She had a, a, a detailed account of how she put DMT up her asshole. She dated William Leonard Picard. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy that had the LSD lab in the middle yeah. of the bunker. And the DMT accelerator pedal. He contacted me. Okay. and From prison? I don't know. I just got a, a, an email. And um, it's not my main account. But I was like, hmm, maybe that's real. But that lady... Um, she had a whole YouTube series about different ways she took drugs. Yeah. And one of them was she took DMT up, up her, her asshole. Whoo. It was a bad trip. <sighs> she had a bad trip. Yeah, but part of me was like, that girl. DMT up the ass. That's a rare human. That's a great night. A rare human looks at that DMT nugget, that little cocoa pup. Whatever it is. <laughs> Honeycomb Cheerios. I want to. I want that in my life. I want to be around someone who's like I. This. That's so free. Put it up your asshole. Would you even consider it? Yes. Really? I would put DMT up my ass. I've thought about it after I heard about it. It's I, a good way to let the universe know you give up. <laughs> <laughs> It's a video game. It's a part of the video game where you're Dude, like done. Come move to Texas, please. I'm gonna North look, Carolina is bullshit. Have, where the to, fuck you're moving why to? Why do we have to be localized? You don't want to live in Tennessee. I want to. Hey! No, I look. We don't Listen, have to be locked into any if place. If I bought you a house, we don't have to be locked into a place, Joe. Okay. I appreciate you. And by the way, I know you. I want to fix things. I know that you. Buy houses of your friends. I, I want to fix things. So sweet that you would say that. But look, we don't have to be spatially I disconnected. Can, I think we can fix things, Duncan. We can. All, you're already. Look, man, you're already fixing things. You're, I you, think you can help me. I would. I will help you in any I'm way. I'm better I can. with you. I'm better with you than, than without you. 
Listen, man, I'm better with you than without you. But like, that's real. That's real. It's true. You and I both talked about this, not just on podcasts, I think, but even like on just phone calls. But that when we do podcasts, I feel like you bring me to a place that I don't really get without you. Yeah, we're friends. I really, I really feel like that because I've known you so long. Like I remember when you had this breakup. And we lived together, and you called me up, and like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, fuck, man, come live, come with, live me. with me. Yeah. I was so happy. I was one of the comics that you evolved. And when, and also, like, in that, that moment where I was living with you, it wasn't, like, some kind of, like, national lampoon vacation thing. You were, like, really serious with me. And you were not serious all the time. But we had a few, like, really serious talks. And yeah. in those serious talks, you, like... Help me realize that like I had to stop being so flippant with my life and it was really good and you weren't fucking around it was cool and it was very sweet and I'll never forget it man and and uh well you what, know what I wanted to say to you that this was this will when you see someone who is at a bump in the road many things can happen right yeah and for you I wanted you to know that like you can most certainly get upset along the way at different, or you can be almost, um, almost immune to yeah. all the bumps in the road. Yeah. It's really how you decide. And if you decide you're this fucking Peter Pan character and just like float through this, like there's ways that you're lucky in ways that other people that live in Afghanistan and the Congo will never understand. You They'll weren't letting understand. me. No, man, you weren't and, letting me do that. But you and I, when we were hanging out together, I was like, I was like, I, I remember the moment you called me. There wasn't even a half a second between you say, I was like, Yay, Duncan's gonna live yeah, with me. Yeah, sweet. Yay. That's sweet, man. And I wanted you to get in the tank. And I, and want, I got. Yeah. Oh, I'm that's not, great, man. I love it. And like, I, I'm not trying to like, your perception of it may, may even be different from mine, but like. One one thing that happened, I have a few memories of that incredible gift that you gave me. One of the memories is riding up to your house. I don't even know how you got into my car that you would be in my Mini Cooper, which was red at the time. I remember that. We're driving up I to your house. I came to visit you. We're listening to Elliot Smith. I'm playing Elliot yes, Smith. Yes, he's talking about fucking morose things. And you, I, this, so I remember like, and I've been listening to that nonstop. So we're riding up this hill to your mansion and listening to Elliot Smith in my mini coupe. So this is like, a, I, this is before your podcast, but before you had become like what you are now. Just imagine folks listening, riding in a mini Cooper with Joe, <laughs> Joe Rogan in a cherry red mini Cooper trying to play Elliot Smith for him. Because it's really been moving you. I'm not playing it for you because, like, any other reason. This is what I've been tuned into for, like, a long time. <laughs> and so we're riding up this hill to your, to your mansion. And I remember you look at me in this way that only, like, real friends can do this. <laughs> and you look at me and you go, you have to stop listening to this. Yeah. You are like, you can't listen to this anymore. Like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is, like, hurting you. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't from a judgmental place or a place of musical brilliance. It was a friend being like, dude, you are depressed. That and guy gives out a vibration. You know, yeah. he, was, he was incredibly depressed. 
and and incredibly talented a terrible oh, nexus so good so good and he was a trap yeah, but like yeah. it's a trap but it is a trap it's like you can squeeze out some really super positive juice and then to the left of your body you're filled with cancer like that's that's the yeah, problem man. that's the problem with people that there's there's so many different things where people are depressed and morose and they're talking about really dark things but dude like, it wasn't mm. just you like so i get to your house i'm in this mansion all of a sudden you had a that was this when you had a fucking piranha tank do you remember that you had piranhas yeah, i remember so all of a sudden i'm in a like mansion where there's a piranha tank and eddie bravo i remember because i was going up like to fake to like hide smoking because I, I was addicted at the time. And Cigarettes? So, yeah. And I remember, like, I was sneaking up to smoke. And at some point, Eddie Bravo, I'd, like, gone up this hill to, like, like hide smoking. And Eddie Bravo walks up the hill to me and is, like, imitating smoking to me. Making fun of me for being addicted to cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, you know, you know, what but Joe, you know what happened? Like, if I lit, so this is where I really go back and I think, Eddie Bravo, in that moment, I'm like, what a prick. Don't tell me not to fucking smoke. <laughs> Cut to me sitting in front of a doctor being like, well, you have cancer in your balls. And mm. I, and I, and I remember like li referring back to that moment where he was like, stop smoking. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, w which was cool. It was like, like there's so many like in those moments. Well, there's a thing where you can do, where you can protect people temporarily from their emotions, but you won't protect them from the consequences of yeah, their man. actions that you see that maybe they don't. And yeah. I think we're all responsible for our friends' blind spots. And when we see blind spots, we go, hey, 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 hey. It's only so much you can do, though. There's only so much you can do. Now, you, Eddie Bravo could have like turned into a dragon, and you, then like stop smoking. Are creepy, right? Nicotine's a very addictive drug, man. It gets you. It gets, gets you, you in yeah. a weird way. But he was legitimately trying, yeah. to get me to stop smoking. Eddie Bravo's a good man. That was a sweet moment. Like when I look back, I always like when I look back pre-cancer, I always think of that moment. It's like, man, you thought that guy was such a cunt. Like you thought he was such because a because you didn't want to quit that habit. Yeah. Yes. But yes, like if yes, I, yes, but yes, I always like. But think, you look back, like he wanted me to do better. He didn't want me to get one of my balls chopped. Yeah. I got I got lucky. I got lucky because like it didn't spread through my whole body and I didn't die. You have two choices right now. I can pee my pants or I can run to the bathroom to the and bathroom. we stop it and then we come back. No, don't right. stop it. Oh, I've never talk, had it where you go to, to the bathroom. Talk to Jamie. We're full, what, five hours in. How many hours? It doesn't matter. I gotta be it's so bad. Time. Be right this back. This is amazing. I've Talk been dying. I've been dying for this moment, Jamie. Oh. Just so you know, like through the years of us doing Rogan, I usually am the one who has to go to pee. Oh my god! But in this moment, here I am, in a, in, with the thing happening, and uh, you know, it doesn't. What does he do in this spot with, with the guest leaves? What does he does he say? Doing? Pull something up. You're doing no. He filled. Just talk. He just yaps. Yeah. Well, uh, he's gang, really good at it. <laughs> subscribe to my Patreon forward slash DTFH. We have a Tuesday. We have a meditation. Uh, Wednesdays we're doing a Dune book club. It's amazing. The book Dune by Frank Herbert is incredible. Uh, Fridays we have a family gathering. It's just us hanging out, but. Join us there. Uh, you know, the truth is, it is a simulation, you know. And we told you that before you linked into the thing. And uh, we told you it would wipe your memory and that you would feel like you were 
uh, helpless in the sense that the thing you are right now, you don't know what the power that you wield. So you, you chose that, just so you know. And we said that in this moment, we would do a thing where we alerted you of the fact that you had been, you had intentionally decided to dive into a simulation, making you limited. You're very powerful. You're Thor. In the, in the human world that you're in right now, you're actually Thor. You, uh, you're, you're a powerful Norse god that has gotten sucked into a very temporary like magic spell that isn't even that powerful compared to the powers in the world you come from. But right now you have become convinced that you are a limited identity in the mortal realm, which you requested, by the way. You said, I want to be an insurance agent, real estate agent, school teacher, psychologist, fireman, cop. I wanted to be an, a pilot, somebody who was a flight attendant, someone who worked in a museum, teacher, somebody who was a historian, a failed writer, a failed comedian. You, and, and you became this temporary thing, but the truth is you're a god and you're confused. Joe, welcome back! Oh, oh my god, I peed so hard. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I just want everyone to know if you're like if you like no one should have this amount of uh, influence. No one. No one should be able to right. say things that affect politics and no. social ideas. You're right. I'm I don't I don't I agree with you. Right. I didn't want to do this. Right. This is a weird thing. Yeah. But I'm doing my best. What That's are you going to do? I'm... Stop? <sighs> I'm not stopping. You're going to retire? Because, like, no matter what you do, it's like jujitsu. You can't go for a choke just right away. You can't just dive on the choke. Yeah. You got to slowly cook the person. Slowly. Work through positions. What's the choke here? Rear you're... naked. Rear naked. You get the mounts, you let them buck you off, you get half guard, you hold on, you escape, side control, you try to mount again, they turn over, you get their back, hooks in, squeeze. Jesus takes Christ. Time. Takes time. But All things take time. Don't you worry, though, like, that, like, what if, like, and again, like, we've been going on so many hours now, so now at this point I'm just pulling. How pulling. much time has this podcast gone on? Four minutes and 40 seconds. But don't you Four worry. Hours uh, <laughs> Four hours and 40 minutes. Joe, don't you worry, uh, though. Spotify's that... first episode. We're right. I was right. I knew it. You knew it. I'm like, Duncan I has wanna, to be number you, one. Do you know you, you had to be number one? When you invited me on, I didn't even, I tried not to think about it because I was so flattered you by it. You have to be. I felt darkly flattered. And then I, and then. I went on your like subreddit. I saw the Don't read that. the votes for Those who are would crazy people. I saw the votes for who would be on the number one thing. I wasn't even listed, Joe. Those people are fools. Eric, no, they're not. I, I actually listen, listen to me. They're fools. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Look at this fucking knife, yes. dude. Tuck but, more custom knives. Shout out. Did, but like, not to like. I do feel like a kind yeah, of. Those people are fools. They're wrong. Listen, I feel, I feel you, like you have helped me in many steps of the way because uh, you and I, as friends, 
um, you know, we, we, we came from different backgrounds, but yeah. we're both very compassionate and very interested in exploring alternative ideas, yeah. both of us. And we, 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 you and I have had so many conversations where you said something to me and I've went, hmm, damn, maybe, huh? And I've had to reconsider the way yeah, I was focusing in on something. And because I respect you, and this is something I've said of Ari as well, and, and, and Joey, and even Eddie Bravo, and Jamie, and all the people that I'm around. If, if you say something to me, I consider it like I'm thinking of it in a different way. Like if you say, I don't think that's a good idea because of this, I go, huh, okay, S tell me why. Right. And I, I, I'll let it go. I, I, I'm, I don't want to be, I don't want to cling on to that early idea, man. And I think that's half our problem. That's half our problem. You know, I've always felt like a weird sense of guilt about Eddie Bravo, man. Because, like, Eddie Bravo. Uh, Want me to do that? Yeah. Yeah, thanks, that. dude. Give me that. I always felt like a weird sense of guilt <laughs> about it. Jamie said, yeah. I thought he was going to cut his finger off last time he did. Yeah. I, I, felt, I felt like a weird sense of guilt about Eddie Bravo. Because, like, and I don't agree with all his conspiratorial ideas. No, I don't either, but, but neither does he. <laughs> but, dude, this is an important thing. Like, this is an important thing. Like, not only did he tell me to quit smoking, and then I got one of my fucking balls. And I got one of my balls chopped off. Well, he was right about that. But Right, but I, I mean, want to tell you like, another hey, thing he don't said. don't eat shit. He said cheers. another... Cheers, brother. He said another thing to me. I, I do feel like it's worth mentioning. I've always felt a weird sense of guilt, because I, I think I judged him harshly, and it makes me feel like a, a dum-dum. But, like... <laughs> Like, because he's like a jujitsu master, you yes. know. So like, I always he's, thought, you know, he's my master. Yeah. So like, I if someone said, "Who's your master?" I'd say first John Jock Machado, second Eddie Bravo. Yeah. One of my best friends is my master. So I always felt, I always had this trick, at the very least, a trickling sense of like, man, I think you're wrong about your judgment there. <laughs> but but it's like, dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. He can kill you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that also talking. That's to, the problem. Anytime I've been talking to him, I'm always a little bit like nervous. At, at any moment, I could die. It's like a pet snake. Yeah, like what if some at some moment you do like go insane and decide to kill me? I won't. I do won't. You know who I feel like that around? Who? Joey. Joey Diaz. Yes. What do you? You think he would kill you? No, 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 no. But he's so wild. Yeah, he's so crazy. He's like, he's like a bear. I want to keep feeding. Joey Diaz is like, you know. He's like, the goat. You know that, right? Well, I do. Like, you know, he had he's, the, he's the greatest of all time. There's no one who's ever been funnier. I've, I've seen Joey Diaz hit, like, frequencies. I've never seen anybody else hit. Yeah, he was hanging out in... Uh, Colorado with like like around Shambhala, which is like the place like my meditation teacher's teacher was teaching. In Boulder. Yeah, man. <laughs> so we encountered some like beings there that were like really advanced and like he had he he actually he like digested some of that stuff. Like he's wild. Joey Diaz is wild. Remember like to me like the thing that like you know, one of the aspects of this particular moment in the Kali Yuga that's so fucked up. This is Kali Yuga, right? Yeah. It has to be. Well, Kali Yuga, like a lot of people get... Explain. So Kali Yuga, it's the age we're in right Explain now. Explain the Yugas. So the Yugas are like vast spans of time, and we're considered to be in the Kali Yuga. Now, the but, other... But this is like something that was actually, actually predicted... 
Yeah. Several years ago. Yeah, well, well hundred, like thousands of years right, ago. Right, but, but so. in terms of like people recognizing this right now is Kali Yuga. The Kali Yuga. There's, yeah. there's, our, there's like, you know, differences in what part of the Kali Yuga we're in, but there's no difference in that we're in the Kali Yuga. So, Explain the Yugas. Explain, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the Yugas are a period of time that um, uh, one of the ways to like, that they get represented is like, uh, imagine a dove flying through the sky with a silk scarf in the, in the beak and the tip of the scarf brushes against the peak of the Himalayas. So the amount of time it takes for one of those peaks to get pushed down to a valley, that could be considered a yuga. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's actually a, in Hinduism, it's a, it's a period of time and people argue about that length of it's time. It's negotiable. It's negotiable, but there are certain symptoms for each yuga. And so <clears throat> the Kali Yuga the uh, symptoms are uh, you can't remember very well. Your, your memory's all fucked up. You're impetuous. You're fat. You're fast in your decisions. You're easily addicted. You know, if you look back at the uh, history of Hinduism, the Vedas were originally sung, mm. so they were memorized, and people would sing them. They would sing them, and they weren't written down. Writing is considered a degradation. Yeah. Yeah, it was written down because they heard it, and then they they like it was written down later down the line. The idea was you didn't need to write anything down because you would memorize it. I, mean, yeah. I remember when I was a kid in high school, my friend Brian Cattrall going through all the numbers he'd memorized, and it was so many. He had so many phone numbers memorized because we didn't have phones, so you had to memorize numbers or write them down in a little pad. So what we consider to be technology is really a crutch to make up for our idiocy in the age of the Kali Yuga, which is what we're in right now. And a lot of people get confused because they think Kali means Kali, the goddess of destruction. How many Yugas? I'm not. I think four, four. three or four. What? What? Do you know? I don't know the. I don't know the answer. I only know the. <laughs> Jamie's like, this is an eight-hour podcast. <laughs> Even I'll look this up right now. You have to give him overtime pay. I've been trying to figure out too. Uh, not that I want to end this at all, but this being our first Spotify podcast, it kind of has to be too. We have other things. I don't know how they're going to yeah. deal with this file and whatnot. So. Well, we, we, uh, just so you know, we're right now at five hours <laughs> into the podcast. Right? How many I don't hours? Want it to yeah. yeah, five hours. Yeah. We should just make it two, two and a half hour podcasts. I feel like I've been stopping right? it. For, Shouldn't we? I don't know how to. I, mean, I don't want listen, it to end. Spot, Spotify, I know what I'm doing. This is why I brought Duncan on. I'm going to miss you, man. That's the <laughs> main thing. You're not going to miss me. I'm going to be around you. you. Come on, no, dude. You, know, coming you don't want to live in South movers. Dakota. I'm sorry. I forgot. I for didn't want to. South Dakota, South Dakota, my sweet home. You know what? Fuck Arizona. Sorry. I'm going to sorry. South Dakota sorry. and I can't sorry. wait. But dude, it's rough to come in here and see people pack. Because look, man, here's the main thing. It's like... We're not packing. On the storm. Yeah, dude, but it's not. We're not not packing ourselves up because of some, like, like, like Tanner S. Thompson thing. We're packing ourselves up because the country we were born into has fallen into the throes of a really dark period induced by a once in a hundred year pandemic. That's what I'm saying. But why do you want to live in a place where none of us are living? Why not think about this? I I know why I don't want to live in Austin. I know that. Why? Why? What? Why? Well, because I'll tell you why, Joe. If you really want to know the real dark reason, because you announced it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Had you not announced it, it might be a different story. 
But you Listen, and Elon was, Musk, Elon's going to get out anyway. Yeah, but Elon's coming to Austin. Yeah, You're coming to Austin. We're talking about it. <laughs> I know. So welcome, like Austin. Tom Segura. That's Silicon Valley. So, no. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that is what you have created by your sure. name. I you know uh, Matthew McConaughey <clears throat> has a great idea. What? He wants to make a primer for people moving to Austin where he say, hey, don't turn what you escaped from into the place you're going to. Oh, shit. That's brilliant. Yeah. Don't yeah. turn the place you're escaping to exactly like where you fled. Yeah, man. Yeah, Brilliant. I get it. Brilliant. And that's he's right. <clears throat> Austin's going to yeah. we we were talking about earlier. We we were talking about defunding the police and defunding ICE and defund you know, it's like all this nonsense that people are like let's just like figure out a way to be nice to each other. Yeah, man. I agree and I don't think that's based on any locality. Now, no. the Austin thing, I like offline I'll tell you my decision because I did offline. I, I did think about it, Joe. I thought about what it. What turned you off to it? Well, you know, my my feeling is it's it's I'm stammering because it's like telling you why I would reveal where I'm headed, and I don't mean to be like <laughs> like all magical about that, but like the main <clears> thing. <throat> the, the, Listen, let me say, where you are headed is a great choice. Thank you, brother. I've been, and you fit I in there it. like a pea in the pod. I might wind up being there. You might. I'm baby. ready to keep moving. Because that's Listen, that is this what is I the feel. thing I think about the Spotify deal and 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 just the idea of what a podcast is moving forward. I want you to be involved. That's why yeah. I wanted you to be number one. And uh, thank like, you, legitimately. Joe. You and I have some of my favorite conversations, Thanks, brother. My, yeah, man. I love you, man. I love you too. We've been friends for a long fucking time. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'll be involved with anything you're involved in. Let's do it. I, and I, I meant that. And th by the way, Let's not have to, fun. not not to go back to Eddie Bravo apologetics, but I didn't finish my <laughs> point back then. And I think it's an important <clears throat> point to make. <clears throat> he said to me something that was so fucking weird when he said, it. and this was on top of him taking on a missionary stance with my inhalation of tobacco smoke. So by then, I was already like. Over a little defensive. I was defensive, and yeah. I, I didn't. I, I was like, I was too dumb mm -hmm. at that time to like recognize, like, shit, man, this guy's got a fucking like, he's a jujitsu master. So what he's saying is not coming from like a place of someone who like hasn't like worked really hard at a particular. Right. He's saying just don't kill your body. Yeah, but one thing he said to me, which is, I always think back to it because I really remember when he said, I was like, you sycophant, and what he said to me was exactly what's happening to you right now. What did he say? He said, you have no idea what's going to happen to him. He's going to be like, like, he's going to be so huge. And I remember him saying it. This was this was fear factor. It was not like a safe assessment, man. It was like when he said it to me, it felt culty. Mm. It felt fucked up. It felt like. It felt crazy. Right. And it was, I, I remember him saying it to me and like being like, man, you're, cr I didn't say it because I was afraid of him. I'm thinking like, oh. you're fucking crazy that you would think that. Mm. But he, you know, it's weird that he's right. You know, that's what's weird about it is like, this is your first episode on Spotify. And it's crazy, man, because like I get to, and I'm honored, deeply honored that you invited well, me. There on. was no second choice. Do you know that? Thank you, brother. You were first choice. 
I'm deeply on across it. the board. I, when they said, who do you want to have first on Spotify? Before they said Spotify, I said, Duncan Trussell. That's so cool, Joe. I appreciate well, I it, man. You, man. It's so cool. And I, I really believe that what, what I said, that I think you and I have different shows. There's something about you and I together that it's different than just me by myself. Yeah, man. We That's why we're friends. We, we're not just friends, man. Like we've known each other for so long, and there's no doubt we've tested each other back and forth, yeah. and up and down, and left and right. We know we love each other. Like you know, if you, if you call me up at three in the morning, Joe, I need your help. Like I am I know fucking that. there, dude. I'm that. a commando. I know that. I'm ready to drop in from a helicopter. I'm yeah. gonna save you. Yeah. And because of that, like because of our long relationship, we've been we've been friends for so long, dude. I mean. How long? When did we? Like nineties? When did you start working in the store? Nineties, dude. We've been 90s. friends since the nineties. The nineties, so more than twenty years. Yeah, we've we've gone. You have seen me go from being the town court of the comedy <laughs> store to being someone supporting themselves off of their comedy man. Like you, you've seen me go from like you. You were friends with me when I was like. Uh, when I was when I was like, no one would have like ever gambled on anything happening with me other than no failure. not no one just no one stupid i saw it right away when the moment i first saw you do little hobo <laughs> <laughs> yeah Dude, i saw you do little hobo in the or and i'm like oh my god yeah man but you keep doing that. that to me like that's the thing is like you keep doing that like that's the reason that you uh you deserve what you have you really do like all the haters, all the people who are like... I get the haters. So it's cruel just, to it's, you. It's like, it doesn't work. The, the the trick is, it's like, I get it. If you're not a... Like, someone explained it to me. They're like, when you look at people that are doing really well, especially if they all socialize with each other, it becomes like a walled garden. And it yeah. feels like it's alienated. It feels like you're you're isolated. You're locked out. <clears throat> and it makes you feel bad. It makes you feel shitty. Yeah, and that's the problem. That's but the problem you didn't with a lot do that, people. dude. You hated me. You just so you know, like when we I first met. You. No, you didn't hate me, but you were <laughs> irritated by me. Because like you don't remember when we first met was in the belly room. I was with Princess Corey, Corey Como, and like uh, I was trying to at the time I was really into like it wasn't even called trolling them, but it was like saying a thing opposite to what you should say. And I remember like something you were about- You a contrarian. I was being a contrarian. And something came up about marijuana. You mentioned marijuana. I'm sitting with Corey Como. I'm always, I was already nervous around you. Because at the time you were like, you know, you were, you, you were still like, at that time you were still like in this incredible trajectory. And like, I made a stupid joke about how weed was like bad. You know, I'd come from, like, I was like, you know, I, there's never been a time that I haven't been high for years. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially then. But I made this dumb joke about how weed was bad. And I remember you looked at me with such, such, like, a scathing look of, like, because you had just started, like, understanding how wonderful marijuana was. And you really thought I meant weed was bad. And I remember Corey gave me this look of like, no, Duncan, no, don't, don't do the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was a terrible moment because you uh, weren't, you weren't in a place where you could even like, you weren't tolerating that because you were, were getting high and starting to realize that it wasn't probably what well, you. I think when I first started smoking pot, I became a zealot, like real quick. Yeah. 
because I realized I had been lied to. That's it. And I had misunderstood the un- the, the idea of what marijuana was. I, I became a zealot. That's what it was. You were a zealot in yeah, the look you gave for sure. me. I remember the way you looked at me. I realized, like, God damn, he, I bet he hates me forever. No, never. But today, in the same situation, I'd be like, ah. Yeah, right. But then I would you, think it was funny. You were yeah, defensive. Yeah, yeah, I was a zealot. But, but, I was certainly a zealot. Once I first experienced marijuana, I, I became a zealot. But you and I had such awesome conversations. We had most of our conversations when we first became friends on the phone. That's I would right. call you up. I go, yo, dude, I'm here uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. What's up? What are you doing, man? Like, dude, I read this Aldous Huxley book. And you'd start telling yeah. me about some crazy shit. Yeah. And you and I would just go, I mean, it would be like a, a significant chunk of my day on like Mondays when I would call in. So you and I would have these cool conversations. So you take me on the road with you. We go to the <laughs> Irvine Improv. We're driving back from the Irvine Improv in your car. I'm so stoned. You're playing Terrence McKenna. Terrence McKenna is talking about the singularity. And he's talking about like uh, this idea that we're accelerating towards this point in the future. Novelty. Novelty. Yeah. And I'll never forget that ride back from the Irvine Improv. I'll never forget it because like (laughs) I'd never heard that Terrence McKenna speech. I knew about Terrence McKenna roughly from like you know i i had encountered him in my earlier years as a psychonaut but like something about that particular lecture that you're playing something about leaving something as weird as a comedy show and this idea that he was saying and this is the part that still sticks with me to this day which is you know look we are heading towards a point of concurrence of events that is known as the singularity and that the closer we get to it the more we're going to experience these things tachyon particles being blown backwards through time that will produce these events in history that we call novelty and something about that ride back and just that moment me listening to it i started thinking it wasn't like i even thought this isn't real i thought that is real and so here we are now 2020 in the middle of a pandemic, you've become what has been described as the Oprah for men. Oprah. For Oprah. And you are like you are someone who like great leaders and principalities are trying to get into this podcast. Do you remember when you lived with me and I started buying Buddha shit? I started yeah, man. buying like <laughs> You already had the Buddha shit. But I started buying all the. I like bought a Shiva. I bought this giant bronze Shiva. Yeah. I brought. They're like, and you go, hey, you know why you're attracted to this, right? Yeah. I well, that's what. That's the thing that weirds me out about you, man. That's the part that where I'm like, oh, I get it. It's like, well, there was some realization that happened, and you're picking up on that, and so because you're picking up on that, you have Ganesh out here, and you have all these like eastern symbols but i just think they look cool no no i don't that's what i think well yeah you think that you think they look cool but also you happen to have this massive audience uh regardless of whatever that is i just remember that uh that ride i remember that ride back (laughs) and i remember it's like i remember like thinking like you know i think there's something real in here like i think what mckenna is saying is probably true you know and i think this uh pandemic I think this pandemic represents something he predicted, which is we're in a novelty wave right now. This is, it's yeah. been it's been a century since the last pandemic. No one here knows how to deal with this, so now we're in a novelty wave. And maybe well, we got lazy. 
We yeah. di- we didn't take into account all of the possible variables. And a big one with this administration was uh, pandemics. Yeah, man. But not just that. It's like the problem is like where you're kind of in a bit of a bind is that all this human attention has been placed upon you and you have to wrestle with your identity because if that's why I need you to move to Austin. Like, you don't need me in Austin, my Come friend. Come help me. Come on. You don't need help. I can't do this together. I'll help you. I'll be, I'm always there for you, man. But the, the problem is, is like you have this burden of attention and it's like, it's a, it's a real, like, for whatever reason, like some, like you've, people have decided you're, you're one of the magnifying glasses focusing this beam of attention into the world. And so within that is all this room for a disaster. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> For disaster is the perfect way to put it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Someone pays attention to every aspect of your life. There's so much room for disaster. Yeah, man. But I think at a certain point in time, uh, it's like there's a sacrificial lamb, uh, a person who lays himself down on the cross. Is that you? No. All of us. It's all of us, but you know, it's a, it's a really, you are in a bit of a bind because the pro it's like, look, man, here's what I love about not being George Washington. I didn't have to make the decisions he made there. I'm reading Mm. this book, Dune. It's so beautiful. Like if someone says Duncan, I know you only have 14 teeth. I don't have to make the decision, but I can sell you all the rest of them. I don't have to, I don't have to be 14 shillings. I don't have to be Jesus. I don't have two pence. I don't have to be 13 pounds. I don't have to be any of these people, man. I don't want to be them. I would not assign myself to that incarnation. But, but like in Dune, I'm reading this great book, Dune, by Frank Herbert. It's so good. And in, in this desert world, there's these beings called the Fremen. They're like they 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 like have become they represent complete complete attunement with nature. And so at, at this wonderful point in the book, this imperial like galactic a representative of this imperialism is like sitting in a like canyon with all his wounded men. They're almost done. And the Fremen, <clears throat> one of these tribal beings is saying to them, you have to make a water decision. And what they mean by that is your wounded men, you have to pick one of them to die and will render their body into water. Because in this world, there's no water. So you have to make a water decision. And the, the Fremen is interacting with a being in this pure way, which is the only way you can act if you're truly in tune with nature. You're innocent. And, he, and it isn't like dark or anything. It's like you have to make a water decision. Right. And the being is saying to him, like hesitating. And the Fremen is saying to him, do you want me to make the water decision for you? And they don't mean it in an mm. aggressive way. They mean like, would you... You love these people. Would you give up the decision right. to us? Wouldn't you be enough to make the decision yourself? Fortunately, in the book, one of them dies, and they they're able to like rend their body into water. But what I'm saying is like these being the position of power, and all, the whole series of Dune is based on this problem, which is like if you get saddled with any kind of power, even if it's a, even if you want to pretend it's a kind of clownish power. You are still in a very difficult situation because you have to make a water decision. Like you will have to, like, if you're Trump and you're a clown president, or if you're Obama, you're some uh, advanced president, or what if you're on Lost and there's only twenty of you? Yeah, man. Someone's got to become water. 
You have to make a water decision. If you're if you're the president, there's 335 million people. Everything you decide is a water that's, decision. That's a little easier. But if you're on Lost, yeah, there's 13 people left. Yeah, man. It's brutal. It's brutal. And like, no matter what trick you try to use to deal with it, no matter what trick you use, you're still forced into this terrible. It's a predicament, man. It's a Chinese handcuff situation. It's like it's Chinese handcuffs are bullshit. It's not a Chinese handcuff that's ever been invented. It's gonna hold me down. It's a creepy place. Chinese to... handcuffs are like this. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, I know, man. But it's ultimately, it's like, <laughs> damn. I always feel bad. It's like I never want you to trend on Twitter. Whenever I see you trending on Twitter, it really sucks for me because I'm like, fuck, is he okay? That's what I hate about Twitter. Is like people will trend on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? It's I like, do. I get it. I hate yeah. it because I'm like, shit, was he in a car accident? I think just stay off Twitter. Yeah, you're right. I got to stay off Twitter. I just don't think it's good for you. The problem is you're, you're interacting with people that don't, they're not communicating, first of all, and foremost, maybe. They're, they're not communicating with people that are right in front of them. <laughs> So they don't feel social cues. Right. They don't feel empathy. You're they right, feel, And so they're they're talking in this weird way that's only existed for like fucking You're right. 10 years. It's at Duncan it's Trussell weird. on Twitter. Follow me. Duncan Trussell on Twitter. No, you're right, two man. S's, I agree with you. Two L's. Two S's, no, two L's. No, Jaron Lanier. You know, like the idea is like, get the fuck off social media. I agree. I I'm don't a, think that's right either. Is it weird for this Listen, to do? I think. I think. I think it's inevitable. I think it's too big. Too much of a part of everything. I think there's no... I don't think there's a future in telling people to stay off it. I think there's more of a future of telling people to understand what it is yeah. and manage it. To look at social media, to look at Twitter and, and Instagram and all those things and understand what they are. I don't think you have to get off, but you should... You should spend a lot of time outside of that. I got to get out there, man. It's not good to read comments. It's not good to um, Google your name. I no. don't think that's good. And that's how, when you see me and you see I'm okay, that's why. Because I don't do that. those things. You get crazy. Should we cut ourselves for a Spotify? Should we like do like a little blood brother ritual where we cut our <laughs> fingers and like we mix our did. blood? That's how you got your fucking COVID test earlier. Let's do it. We're like COVID. We're, we don't have co we Jesus, don't have COVID dude. anymore. Should no, we like no, 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 no. do a slice? No. no Come no. on, it's good. Jesus. Why not? Duncan, got to do, do all Trump. great. All great rituals are based in like some kind of blood bond. <sighs> do you think there's this? Uh, honestly, if you didn't know me, if I wasn't your friend. Would you think there's a responsibility that I have that I'm not meeting? No, I think you're meeting it. I think the problem is like, no matter how, like it's like the it's hilarious in in the in in Star Trek. You know, Captain Kirk. They, they if you're gonna be like someone who, who like gets to be a commander of a starship, you're given a problem that is unsolvable. So no matter what you do, it's you can't win. No matter what, like when you get to a certain level of power, any decision you make on some level is wrong and right simultaneously. This is quantum computing, my friend. So I do not, you know, in my analysis of your podcast and all my deep judgmental qualities, I do not see what you're doing as being wrong at all. I see sometimes you make naive decisions that I would like make what? too. What would you say? I think sometimes you have people on who later are found out to be like 
at least in the moment they were on the show, a little like fucked up. Like for sure in the early days. I had an issue in the early days where I didn't want to admit that I was getting as many views as I was. And uh, I would do a show, and I was just like, no one's watching this. And I would have some crazy person on. Yeah. And maybe uh, there was a few that I was like, mm, I shouldn't have talked to that dude. That dude was fucked up. Yeah. But that was a learning process. You know, that was there's – there's a thing about doing a podcast where there's no school for it. Right, there's no yeah. way to figure out how to do it perfectly. It's not like learning how to play piano. It's real linear. There's all these weird ways to do it, and no one knows. So, unfortunately, I was like, I guess like second generation. First generation is for sure Adam Curry. He's the pod yeah. father, and then there's like uh, Adam Carolla. There's a few other people, but I, I came right after that. Yeah, 2009. So. No one knew what the fuck we were doing, and I think there was a. There's certainly been some times where I didn't want to admit that it was reaching as many people as it was. Yeah, you can't think about that because it makes you feel crazy. Well, that's why I want to have you on because I knew we were going to get drunk <laughs> and get high. And yeah, the man. first episode would be as preposterous as an episode could be. Yeah, and then from this you can like have people on who are like real pundits or whatever. I mean, or look, not. man, anyone I've ever I've ever talked to, any time I've ever been in the situation where people are talking shit about you or, or like questioning my friendship with you because they think because I because you had this person or that person on. If I'm friends with you, something's weird with you or me or whatever. I all I always and will forever. Stand up for you, man, because I know you, and I and I and and to me, it's like, look, what like you got into this ridiculous predicament, like you're in a you're in a bind, man. You are you are in a bind, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful bind, but it's a real it's a real problem. And but like because of your heart, which is very open and very sweet, you allow this like. You allow everyone to have you allow a lot of people onto your podcast that don't make sense according to the zeitgeist, and so people get mad at you, and they pounce, and and I, I always feel so rotten about that because it's like man you don't understand this is a real progressive, like you're looking at someone who is exactly the being that you would hope would be the like result of like great government and great education, and you're fucking attacking. An ally. That's the part that gets me up, that, that where I get really bummed, is it's like, man, you have to understand that person. Look, you should, if you ask me, I feel like Duncan, should I have Ben Shapiro on? I feel like, no, Joe. <laughs> no. There's so many better people to have on than that guy. But, but that doesn't mean you can't have those other people on, too. Well, if you listen to me. But I would say to you, I go, listen, man, I know what you're saying, but you, if I just took you to dinner... You, me, and Ben Shapiro went to some fucking kosher I'd joint. Love, I'd love hanging out with him. We, I, I guarantee you'd like him. No, I know that. He's a good guy. No, we, The I problem know. is not him. The problem is all the people's reactions to him and him. Right. Those, there's two things going there's on. There's two things. The things that he said and the reactions. Yeah, man. And the fact that he's kind of weaponized their reactions. Yeah. Look, he's a good guy. Look, I don't, I, to me, it's like, I, 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 would, <laughs> I would be so bored if you only have people on the show that I agreed with. It would be such a <sighs> shitty show. But I, I do have a, a rule where I, I won't have anybody on anymore 
unless I feel that they enter into those arguments with good faith. Yeah, man, and, I know and that. I, and I feel like Ben Shapiro, he enters into all discussions with good faith. He's not an insulting guy. He and, he, he and I have had interesting conversations about gay marriage, interesting conversations about um, uh, all sorts of uh, aspects of society, yeah. racial relations, Black Lives Matters. And, 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 and he and I have talked about it in a very respectful way, even though we disagree. Yeah. There's been no, there's been no insults. There's been no shittiness, and I think that's the problem with putting a guy like that on some sort of a standard traditional talk show. You have him on and some social right. justice warrior, and they argue with each other, and you got a host, and you break every seven minutes to go to commercial. Yeah, you don't find out what he's about. He's not a bad guy, man. And he gets shaped as much by those seven-minute segments where you're battling yeah, it out I get, with someone trying to get sound bites yeah. as you and I do by three-minute spots at the comedy store trying to pass open mic night. Based on this podcast, you would imagine that I have a chip on my shoulder about Ben Shapiro, which no, I really don't. I don't like, think you do. I don't think And you the do. reason I brought up Eddie Bravo is only because, like, uh, I think, like, what you're doing is really sweet and good. And I think your heart is in the same place it was when I met you a while ago, which is pretty bizarre. Like they would somehow maintain a a thing that's an integral. You know, I, I've met, you know, you meet people out here who go through rough patches and they're not who they portrayed themselves as initially. They're actually like con artists or fuck ups or like bad temporarily. I think people get better, but sometimes they're bad temporarily. But you, you really like have like maintained this, I think a really beautiful kind of uh, North Star regarding your ethics and your c consideration things. So, yeah, man, I, I'm like, I'll do anything for you, really. I'm one of your great devotees. I'll kill for you, Joe. I'm, I'm one of you yours, started a cult. Though. I'm one of your great devotees. Yeah. I, I, I really am, too, man. I, I feel like, like, legitimately, honestly, I, 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 I feel like I've been tested where I've been given an opportunity to yeah. help other people. And uh, I feel like it's, uh, it, there's no controversy in my mind. My mind knows the right choice. Yeah, man. And so I've always tried to promote all these different comics. And I think that that's what we should all do with each other. I think I don't think we need to make all the money. I think you need to make some money. Yeah. I need to make some money. What do we need, man? We need barbecues and fucking margaritas. But we I've never, se I've we never need seen hugs. But I've never seen you be selfish. System. I'm not a selfish person. I've seen a lot of people be selfish. I've never seen you be like, this is the thing. I don't care. But here's how I'm selfish. I'm selfish and then I'm not selfish. Because I know that being selfish is negative to you. Oh, right. It's you, bad for you. It's dangerous. Right. It's sloppy. Yeah. It's weak. It's some bitch-ass shit. So I never, I'm never selfish. Right. Because I'm selfish. <laughs> because I don't want myself right. to be a bitch. You discovered a like thing. I yeah. figured it out when I, I yeah. was uh, jealous. I figured it out when I was younger. I remember watching comics who were better than me when I was like 21, and I was thinking like, God, fuck these guys. How did he come up with that joke? And then I, and I, I don't remember when it happened, but it was early, like 21, 22. I remember catching it and going, oh, I caught a bad pattern. Like, I got this pattern where I'm jealous. Yeah. Instead of, like, or I could be the way I was before I ever got into comedy, which is inspired. Yeah. Instead, I was jealous. Right. And so it it made me realize like oh I've got a bad pattern that I'm I'm chasing this bad pattern. Do you remember that time Joe that we drank a bowl of blood in front of that Moloch <laughs> statue? 
It was chicken blood. Yeah, it was dying anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Look, I feel like hey, it's like I'm, I do. I do. Is I, this the longest podcast ever? Look, it doesn't matter. What are we at? We're done. I gotta pee again. Let's I wrap have to it pee up. Again Let's wrap too. it up. But what are we at? Five and a half hours. It's over. We I did think it. Kevin Smith was five hours. Ah, we won, Joe. Thank God. You think we you did should it. do this in two podcasts? I think we should. Whatever I you want to do, that I, I don't care. Right? Listen, Spotify, don't get greedy. We give you a six-hour opening you, podcast. Spotify. Five Thank and a half you. hours. Thanks, my friends. It gets better. There's going to be actual scientists on the show if you uh, keep listening. I will talk Duncan Trussell into doing regular podcasts. No problem. Either through Zoom you already or did Skype. It. Anything. I, have, I, I have thoughts. I have ideas. I want to help. I would have this conversation if we were recording. That's the funny thing. I've, I've only been, I, I feel like I've been extending it. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I want to keep talking. I know. Me too, man. We'll we're see. Help. All right. Hare Krishna. My friends. Jamie, I'm sorry. Kept Big you. kiss. We should have done the blood ritual. <laughs> I would have cut myself. We fucked up. <laughs>